Welcome to the Vintage Rebellion Podcast. I'm Richard Hutchinson and I'm your host for episode 106, Nerds Matter 2. Joining me as always is Peter Davis. Good evening, Pete. Oh, Richard, 106? Oh, crikey, a stick. Pete, what's the most interesting way you've ever left a job? The worst way I've left a job? Hmm. Well, I've only had two long-term jobs, so one was done... Uh, with a bit of a bit of a party, uh, well, I got a lot of Star Wars items to leave. But the other one was a very bitter dispute, uh, Richard, where I deleted everything at the uh, the company I worked on, which was quite uh, well, quite facetious really and vicious. Mm. But yeah, uh, out of two, um, I guess the first one was fun because uh, me and a bunch of other people were dressed up on our last day of work and left that way. Awesome, that is that is interesting. Yeah. Next on the list is Andy Spoons Norton. Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Richard. Andy, obviously we're around for you. What's the most interesting way that you've got a job? <laughs> it's an interesting way that I've got a job. That's a tough one. <laughs> is getting any job interesting? I'd rather not, not have a job. Probably. Did you kill I'd someone, be... Andy, to get a job? I've, I've been uh, I've been headhunted. That was quite that was quite interesting. It is, yeah. yeah, but did you kill anyone? Uh, the, the uh, it's quite flattering as well being being headhunted. But actually, question. I've never killed anyone. Oh. It's probably the it's just uh, being uh, having a mate who used to work at Juicens was was the best way I've got a job. I think that was uh, yeah. Do you, want, do you want to come and work with me at Juicens? That's uh, that was my uh, sixth form job. Uh, that's 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 the nicest way of getting a job. And come and join us. And it's good evening, Jason Smith. Hey, Rich, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jason. Jason. What's the most bizarre thing that's ever happened at work, previous or current? Most bizarre thing that's ever happened at work? Um, well, I've, I've worked at several investment banks, and some very, very strange goings on at an investment bank. Normally, actually, the first place I worked at the Christmas party, they used to have this big, massive Christmas tree, and every year something would happen with the Christmas tree. Like there was one year, some guy fell in the Christmas tree. Um, you know, he was drunk fell on the tree and then popped out the tree at the end of the night. Somebody threw up in the tree uh, the following year and all the electric lights blew up. And then the year after that, a couple were caught shagging in the tree. So, uh, yes, strange goings on at Christmas time. We're just coming soon. Very, very bizarre, that, Jason. And next we have Andy Preston. Good evening, Andy. Hi, Rich. You all right? Yes, I'm fine, Andy. Andy, do you have any regrets leaving any of the previous jobs you've had? Well, Rich, I'm one of those very, very rare people these days. I, I have only ever had the one job, believe it or not. I joined my current company straight from uni, 
Uh, I have looked elsewhere over the years. Um, I have also uh, had approaches to be headhunted, but uh, it's, it's either it's not been right or my current employers have made it worth my while to stay. So, uh, yeah, I have never actually left a job. You know how a part-time job? Not even been a paper boy? Part-time jobs. Yeah, I was a paper boy way back when. Used to, uh, yeah, get up at the crack of dawn and go and get the bag of papers and walk around the dark streets in the rain. Bloody miserable that was. But uh, always the little, the little bright sparks. Having a, having a sneaky look at page three. That was always a, always a high point. The worst was the Sundays with all those Sunday Sunday telegraph. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dreadful! I remember you couldn't even fit them to the letterbox. <laughs> no, no, no! Oh dear, just the dread Sundays. And then the other terrible job I had when I was in my uh, when I was at uni over the summer because I'd be done from doing in summers at you know uh, I went potato digging. Um, so not physically digging up the spuds myself. Uh, what they do, they've got a great big machine which digs up the potatoes and they come up towards you on a conveyor belt. And your job is to pull off all the bits of soil and stones and the horrible, nasty, diseased potatoes and chuck them off so that all the potatoes go along the conveyor belt and then they just drop into the bags at the end. So either you're leaning over this belt pulling off all these bits of stone and soil and that, or you're pulling off the bags and bagging, uh, and sealing them up and putting them in a new bag. It was absolutely backbreaking. So I did, did that for one summer. Paid all right, but yeah, wouldn't be doing that one again. Andy, uh, one of my relatives many years before I was born was a scarecrow for a job. <laughs> <laughs> I like that was one. actually a scarecrow for that several years. Like cosplay. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I'd sit, yeah. sit out in the field and just say, uh, you know, oi, sort off to the birds every ten minutes. There we go. Well, that pretty much sums up this team, doesn't it? I've only had one job, and then you talk about three. But never mind. Let's go on then. So, introduction question. Obviously, you know. There's been a lot of posts on Facebook recently. A lot of uh, you know people asking questions, and I thought, you know what? Things have changed since we first discussed this. I think I first remember discussing this one with Ian Sanderson a long time ago. And it might even been on our very first podcast when we discussed this with Ian. And the question is, what's going to happen to your collection when you're gone? So, sub-questions. Have you left instructions or advice? Or, perhaps, are you planning on cashing in before the big burst finally happens? So, I'm coming over to you, Andy Preston, first. And so... Have you thought about this? Have you left any instructions of advice? Or are you taking it all with you? Yeah, definitely thought about it, Rich. I don't think I am going to cash in. Not unless either I completely lose interest in collecting and just need to get rid of all this tat in the loft. Or if the market, if the prices really start coming down very quickly, I might want to get rid of some of the stuff. The one circumstance when I really would sell up is if we suddenly find ourselves in need of a bit of cash um, so uh, obviously family comes first as for longer term plans when I become one with the force I have left my wife with some details uh, for a mate of mine uh, who's a dealer and uh, you'll see him at all the events at um, the Echo Lives and so on 
a guy that I know that I trust, he would take the lot, he would be able to sell it and uh, obviously get his cut out of it. But I know he'd give the family a fair price. So that, that's that's the plan. Basically, you put it in, put the wife in touch with this chap who will come take it all and give her a hopefully a nice check. Checks? Checks? What century are you living in, Andy? <laughs> I can give you a check right now if you want. In fact, I've got a, I've got a check on my desk for £16.48p. It's been lying there for three months. I, I, I'll give you that if you want. Well, well, that'll keep the bull from the door for a little bit longer. Mm. <laughs> Spoons coming over to you next then. So have you had a think about this? Have you uh, had your head turned at any point? Or is your wife eyeing that collection and looking at the next gas bill? Do you know what? She told me to uh, build a shed at the bottom of the garden and put it in there the other day. Wow. You know, is that in my special room? Yeah, that's not happening. No, there's no, well, there's a passing interest. Clearly she comes to the shows and things and uh, was sad to miss out on Echo this past weekend as uh, Olivia was at a birthday party. Uh, So, yeah, I think she would like me to sell it all because she sees it as me spending money on it that could be spent elsewhere, which I suppose is a a fair assessment but I have we've had that discussion and I've said yeah if I get run over by a bus give Vectis a ring Nick Dykes no doubt will pop down and pick it all up and take it to them just just take it off her hands you don't want to be messing around uh, dealing dealing with it all but um, yeah I'm, I'm in it for the long game I think as, as you know and I've never been tempted to sell up a bit like Andy's just said if you know if uh, fell on hard times I, I suspect I would do touch wood not about to happen so uh, yeah I think it's going to stay here maybe if we ever downsize that'd be, that'd be time to, to look at moving it on but essentially yeah go, go up to Vectis I suppose there are other auction houses available but that, that seems to be the best one for uh, getting good prices now Pete uh, I mean obviously you're a Generation Z collector and you, you appeal to Generation Z fans what have you thought of your collection? yeah I don't have anything particularly of an amazing note so I think I think Jason should encourage his friends in Milton Keynes to uh, to stick all my Amadala items in a corner um, to be a unique Amadala area. I thought and you I were going to see it to run Andy Spoons off having a bus for a second. <laughs> well, that that might happen. Um, and then I can haunt. Then my collection can haunt the people of Milton Keynes because uh, they deserve it. But yeah, that, this you know I've I've told my brother and my mother that uh, if so, yeah, if I did die in the next couple of weeks, that's uh, to contact you lot on the podcast and then you can just find someone to sell it whether it's worth anything I don't know but uh, I'm sure someone would give some money for some of it somewhere but yeah that's that's the instruction if I die contact anyone with Vintage Rebellion and they'll sort it out <laughs> so bad luck boys it's up to you <laughs> to get the best price um, but yeah there's not I mean there's, yeah, I've got some mocks there's, there's a bit of value here and there the figures are worth a little bit you know so there's a there's a few grand in there somewhere, but nothing like you you lunatics. But I think there's a there's a certain, I mean there's a couple of people who collect Amadala stuff might be interested in some of my more rare collectibles. But I think it'd be quite good if if someone could find a corner of a toy museum and stick it in there for a while, because there's yeah there can't be many Amadala areas in a museum. All you lot have got the same stuff, so I've got you know something a bit unique and a bit strange. So in your faces. And Jason, um, I mean, obviously you're with your new lady wife at the moment. Have you discussed it, or is it way, way, way too soon? Well, I had I had left instructions with my late wife that she should call Vectis if something happened to me and they would just turn up, pack it all up, take it off and sell it. 
Which would be interesting for Vectors, given I've got like 2,000 card backs. I don't know if they could whack all those in one auction, but... Anyway, so the, that was with my, my, my previous partner. With my current partner, we're, you know, it's, 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 she's just moved in, or moved in a couple of months ago. So it's kind of early days. I don't even have a, I don't even have a, a will at this point. Um, I need to sort that out. So nothing, nothing, nothing set in stone with any of those things at the moment. And, um, in terms of my collection, I can see that if I, I'm in a, I'm in a kind of detached house in central London. If I moved out of London um, into a place which was smaller, which didn't have as, as large a collection room as I've got, I can see me just downsizing the collection and just selling at least part of it or maybe all of it. Maybe, maybe using the money to, you know, to go uh, go traveling or stuff like that. So, um, and I'm, I'm kind of older than most other people. So I'm kind of like, at the point at which I retire and do that, hopefully the market's still fairly buoyant at that point. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my thoughts on it, anyway. I'd love to hear some of our listeners' thoughts on it, because I'm sure a lot of people have got some, you know, different tastes on it. And we all started off with the, uh, I will never sell it for any reason whatsoever. But, you know, as you get older and the prices have started to come down without a doubt, perhaps some people are looking and thinking, hmm, if there's a, you know, sudden huge mass selling on the market it'll be interesting to see what happens but yeah. rich well you i mean you've got mm-hmm. you know you're, you're in an area where it's literally uh world war three every week in your school and you're bound to get stabbed or murdered at some stage by a child so uh so i mean how much have you still got your stuff have you sold it no no i've still got a lot of my stuff i have sold stuff that i just was not interested in and should never went down the route but i've still got a lot of my stuff i've basically got two distinct areas now so i've got a, an office which i've said anything that's in the office will never be sold it, it stays there and i couldn't give a toss if it ends up being pe- if, it, if it's worthless in 20 30 years time um, and then i've got another pile which i look at and i might let a piece go every now and again so that's the pile that i know i'll take care of and it'll take care of itself but i did have to sell some stuff off about two and a half years ago just basically to raise a bigger deposit for for the house that we moved into so yeah, yeah richard your, your dark horse comics should better buy a house shouldn't they oh, absolutely yeah i've got to have, you know I've, I've been collecting those for when did i buy my first comic empire probably about 1999 Maybe a touch sooner. So yeah, because a lot of those, a lot yeah. of those are going for crazy ridiculous money. Crazy yeah. money, ridiculous yeah. it is. But as soon as I sell one, it'll go for like a quid. But you know, that, nah, that's nah, because those things don't go down in value. Mm. They'll just they'll just stick there forever, and they mm. just keep going up <laughs> until until Star Wars doesn't exist and no one knows what they are. They become like Wild West Willy comics that you can't give away. Yeah, absolutely. Well then, so let's move on around to a new acquisitions. And uh, Jason, I mean, you've been to what two shows in the last month, month and a half? You must have picked up a lot of items over the last, you know, since we recorded, which seems like a long time ago now. Since we recorded last time, I think I actually had listed out all the things I got. Me and the North be with you. So um, since then. I've only picked up two items, and then, of course, I was at Echo Live, so there's more. So I can kind of go through that list. So pre-Echo Live, I managed to pick up a Palatoid Layer 12-inch doll in the box. So that completes my run of two 12-inch large-size action figures to go along with Luke. So I'm very happy with that. That's very nice. Can I just uh, say, Jason, that was tremendous pickup. I saw that post 
two weeks ago now possibly and I thought wonderful it's a really really nice item I'm glad you got that yeah thank you um, and then I got a um, ESB metal box I got a Yoda combination safe so that's a very nice one of little metal tin boxes and the only one I need now is the space trunk which has Boba Fett ProBot the droids and IG-88 on it and it just seems the other one which has got Luke, Han, and um, I can't remember who else on it, but basically that one seems to come up all the time, and the one that I need doesn't come up at all, so I'm still looking for those. Then Echo Live, we'll be talking about Echo Live later in the show, for at the moment I'm just going to give you uh, my, my actual pickups rather than all the swag, which I'll be talking about later on when we talk about Echo Live. So my actual pickups, I got um, a blue base for the Palatoy Droid Factory. I just thought, I've got a yellow base, so um, I just thought rather than having a whole new playset, I'll just have the base, and then I've got both the bases. So it's just a, it's a spare base that, that I've got. I finally got uh, an HCF Return of the Jedi character set. So this is like HCF stationery. It's on a card, and there's like uh, there's a pencil, there's an eraser, and the, the, there's there's a notebook. And I've just found it very hard to actually get a character set. I've got one now, so um, that's very nice. I've got a copy of Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back for um, ZX Spectrum. Um, now this is very this is kind of like uh, quite funny because I, I I have a separate collection room for all my uh, my Sinclair collectibles, so ZX80, ZX81, Spectrum, Spectrum Plus, Spectrum 128. And uh, I was kind of, I've got these um, Spectrum games, and I'm like, what collection room did they go in? Because they can go into the they can go into the Star Wars one, or they can go into the Sinclair one. So I've put them in the Sinclair one for now. Um, someone did suggest what I had to do with all of these collectibles is actually double up on them. So I, I actually need two copies, one for each collection room. But there you go. I got a Yoda Omni bubble bath. These were kind of on sale mostly, oh, almost exclusively in America, except for except for Leia, which seemed to kind of make its way over to the Midlands. Both me and uh, Mark Newbold had those when I was a kid. So I thought, you know what? I know the rest probably weren't available over here, but I'm going to have a full set of those. So I managed to pick uh, one of those up. Um, I've got a Star Wars hardback novel, which I got off. Mr. Preston, thank you very much. So I'm, I'm now collecting hardback novels. I think, I think Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi are much harder than the Star Wars one that I've got. And then I finally got a copy. And this, this, this put my, because uh, I go, I go to Echo Live with a suitcase. I think this put my, my, uh, my actual suitcase on the way home at over 30 kilos. I've got a copy of the, the, the Red 5 Kenner Guide by Gianni and, and Venturi and, um, Gregory Armstrong. Uh, and it's, it's it's billed as a coffee table book. It's the coffee table. It's just it, I mean it, it's a thing of beauty. And it came in an exclusive cover for um, Echo Live, which has like the the Echo the Echo Live uh, badge on the back. So it came with two dust covers, and it came with a set of posters as well. So uh, I'm very pleased with that. And um, and then I've also got another book. Um, and the funny story here was uh, I was in the um, take part in the, the Echo auction, and I got called about halfway through the auction. At that point, all the decent Star Wars stuff that's gone, you just go through and you pick an item up. And I walked through there, and there was a copy of uh, Dean Edwards' uh, Air Fryer Cookbook was in the raffle, so I picked that up. So I'm very, very pleased with that. I don't actually own an air fryer, but I've got an air fryer cookbook from the one and only Dean Edwards. 
So what is it about this Airfire cookbook? Why is that so special? Well, it's it's written by Dean Edwards, who's like, you know, he's like my, my nemesis in um, uh, Addis uh, Bubble Bath collecting. So, you know, I've got to keep it with Dean Edwards because uh, he's got the Princess Leia uh, Bubble Bath bottle. He's also your nemesis because he connects Toy Tony. Oh, that is also true. I mean, I, I said that. I mean, you know, I've, uh, he keeps asking me to sell, sell me my uh, what Toy Tony's I've got left. So, you know. Yeah, anyway, he is the, the anti-Jason. The anti-Jason. He's much better looking as well. So, you know, there you go. Pete, you've got a huge list here, which is very unusual for you. Do you want to uh, rattle it off? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all wonderful. As you say, Generation Z Tat. Um, there is a couple of vintage items on there. One of them is, um, I don't know why I bought this, but I just thought, I just, I, I'm a bit into trading card wrappers at the moment, but uh, off the Toys of Tatooine to guys, there was a Dutch Return of Jedi cards, open packs. I thought, ooh, that'd be, uh, quite nice. Have a look at that. It's quite unusual. From Echo Base, loads of stuff. An Empire Strikes Back Atari ST game, which uh, it just looks looks nice. Um, and it's Empire Strikes Back. Also managed to pick up a modern 12-inch layer because I just wanted the belt offer and the shoes for my vintage layer to give a bit more updated look. I got gifted by Phil Parker. had an amazing stall, which I was running around trying to find Grant every five minutes because I kept finding crisp packets on it. And he had because <laughs> you know Grant is into his crisp packets and he's after a oh what was it spaghetti flavored monster munch i thought he had one but he didn't anyway great store so much good stuff on it you know and i'm not talking black series and pop vines i'm talking um food packaging comics oh everything everything in my dreams richard everything in my dreams uh also got uh, thanks to jason uh episode one pepsi and kfc cups brought over from canada very nice uh, a load of trading card empty card wrappers I stole off Mr. Preston. Um, a couple of RSO singular cassettes for Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, which I actually paid money for off Preston. Can't believe I actually gave him some money. Don't worry, I got him back for that. Uh, the best thing, I think, for £2, and this was a voluntary purchase because the guy said, oh, just give me something. Uh, this was a Walker's Lights bright green multi-pack wrapper in amazing condition. This is one with Amidala on the front of it. It looks like it, you know, it, someone had very carefully opened it, took all the crisps out. So don't often see those ones anywhere. Uh, also got some uh, food packaging boxes, uh, loads of food packaging wrappers for more sort of stuff. Fantasy ball box. Uh, it's all episode one tat. Uh, but the best thing was this enormous four foot plus Argos display of uh, Queen Amidala that was that was supposedly hung in the stall. And uh, that was from a guy called Robert Goff. But yeah, just uh, some real good quality tat, really, which I think Echo should all be about. You know, there's too many stalls at Echo which just have the same thing on. But when people get into the into bits and pieces, it, oh, it makes it so much better. You know, rummage boxes, crazy posters. I missed out, I think, on a episode one shopping bag by about two seconds, uh, which had a prominent Amidala on it. Uh, but yeah, so picked up a lot of good stuff from a scrapbook, really. Yeah, lots of nice items there. You've had, sounds like you've had a great time in Echo, but we'll oh, come on to that later on, I think. Andy Spoons Norton, what have you picked up? Wow, it's been a very exciting uh, month for me, but starting off with, with a nice item, but not the most exciting. I just picked up um, a set of four Keshigomu razors uh, this month. In fact, they arrived this week. So uh, a TIE Fighter, my first 
R2-D2, but I'm a TIE fighter. I'm up to, I think, nine different colours on those now. A Y-wing and an X-wing. So they, they, were, they were quite a good, good price as well. Just off eBay. Good old eBay. Uh, the second item I'm over the moon with, as you know, I've been collecting my hand hoths for a long, long time. Uh, the 30B is the most elusive of all hand hoths. The, uh, the, I don't think we've even seen a card back for sale. It's really, really tough to find. And one with a cut bubble popped up on uh, on eBay for a best offer. I made a I made an offer, didn't hear back within five minutes, and thought I'm not going to see another one of these. I'm just buying it. So uh, it it's now proudly on my shelves. And at the other end of the scale, I also picked up um, a Kenner Power Force Two hand hoth, which I didn't didn't own. I've got quite a few of those now with that Korean one arriving recently. So uh, the start of a little focus there. I don't really want too many more, but that's uh, yeah a little bit of modern. Yeah, modern is this is modern, but it's worth a mention. Shadows of the Empire for the N64. Been after one of those in a box with all the leaflets for a long time, and, and finally got one for a decent price. Another one of the uh, Star Wars catalogs for the diecast maiden mailers, the second issue one with a little pink stripe across it. Um, also, again, this little bit of modern. I've got a, a run of applause mugs coming on. So I picked up the Luke X-wing mug, which is very nice. They're great collectibles. Those do recommend them. Uh, and then from Echo. Uh, these are, yeah, I think these, these count. So first of all, uh, I've got a proof sheet of the Celebration Europe 1 passes for all the different days and uh, um, traders and you know, guests, whatever, uh, from Darren Simpson. It's really nice, quite thick card. It would have been cut up and used as the, as the cards. I'm going to get that framed up and hung in the house somewhere. Um, I also got my copy of the Red 5 Kenner Toy Guide, like, uh, like Jason. It's this enormous. It's got instructions for for only reading it on flat surfaces in case you break the uh, break the spine, uh, and it's got something in it which I've been interested in for years. Like my teeth just arrived. If you can hear some uh, clattering of knives and forks, thank you, Molly. It's got the uh, the two pack guide. Now I've known that this thing exists. It was in Todd. B's book was it the one that's never that's never come out uh, it's top secret information it's really nice to see that in there actually so there's quite a few hand hoths that I, I don't have on those um i've also finished my star wars and empire strikes back poster magazine runs not that i had a huge amount to start with courtesy of nick dykes and the very reasonably priced andy preston on our stall at echo got a couple of acrylic cases one for a, a very special item arriving this month hopefully a load of shadows of the empire stuff from andy p as well thank you very much andy that's really nice um a prototype retro boba fett from pete that was also very generous that's on the it's looking at me now sat in a box in my room a gold custom hanhoff pen topper from Oldie Yoda, more about him later. And that Molly who's just dropped my tea off. She treated me to the Micro Machines Luke's binocular set, which was very kind. Here she is. Thank you very much, Molly, for that. So, uh, yeah, good good haul for me from Echo. And that that's my lot. Well, we've done really, really well this month. Um, you know, Echo's always, you know, good to you boys, and you seem to pick up a lot of stuff there, but it was good listening to all of that. For myself, I haven't picked up anything this month, which isn't you know completely unusual but it is in a way because i was subscribed to a, a run of comics from forbidden planet which just suddenly ended um and when i checked online i realized it was a very short batch and they didn't transfer it over to season two i just assumed automatically that if you subscribe to a run they'd automatically subscribe to the follow-on run which didn't happen so i'm a few issues behind on that one andy p i'm guessing you just walked around that go pick nothing up and headed home 
I picked up a few bits at Echo. Um, not an enormous haul, but uh, pleased with what I got. So from Nick Dykes, I picked up an Icarus uh, memo board. Um, this is uh, bagged in the poly bag with the blue header card. Um, that's one that I haven't got. Also on the Icarus theme from Darren Simpson, I got four of the little framed mini prints. Um, and again, in the poly bag with the blue header card, uh, which I was delighted to get because that completes my set of bagged prints. I also got from Darren Simpson a vinyl Star Wars cap. Uh, now, this is an unusual thing, something actually that I'd never heard of before I was chatting with Darren at the show. So apparently these were sold in cinemas at very, very early screenings of Star Wars in the UK. It's very cheap plastic. You've basically got a red cap with a black uh, peak. And on the front of the red plastic is a vinyl sticker, uh, a white sticker with Star Wars written in black text. It's kind of the Star Wars logo, although the letters are a little bit further apart. Complete bootleg. Uh, but uh, as I say, I've never seen or heard of one before. Um, so very pleased to pick that one up from uh, Darren. Also from Jason, I got the signed Cinema Alchemist book by Roger Christian and autographs from the Nelvana guys uh, from May the North Burview, uh, which Jason picked up for me. So we're very grateful to him for that. Other than the swag, that is everything I got at Echo. Um, so I will move swiftly on to my other purchases this month. A boxed Towel Sigma Darth Vader money bank. Got one of these already, but this one is boxed. I uh, never had the box before. Um, it's an anodized silver plated bank, a uh, figural image of Darth Vader uh, in a black box. And it looks pretty much unused. Uh, a lot of these have tarnished, gone a bit black, but this one is still very, very silver, very gleaming. So uh, that was a nice pickup. A Palatoy Empire Strikes Back Shelf Talker. Uh, there are three of these. I've got two already. So this is the third one to complete that little run. This is the version that's got uh, one, two, three, four. It's got eight Empire Strikes Back logos along the front length of it. Um, so uh, that is uh, another nice run completed. Crew shirt from the Han Solo movie. Um, this is from the costume effects department. Uh, also a pair of Clearo soaps. Uh, these are the original 1978 uh, Clearo soap models, C-3PO and R2-D2 in the blue packaging. And these are shrink-wrapped, uh, as they would have come from a catalogue supplier. Uh, they've got a couple of labels on them uh, with the catalogue number, 740909. Uh, so very unusual to find them wrapped uh, and packaged together like that. like to find out which catalogue they came from. So that, that's, that's something I'm not entirely sure of. And then the other thing that I have picked up. Uh, oh, no, before I get on to that, just a couple of uh, magazine items. Uh, I got a copy of the TV Times from early December 1977. A nice picture of Bob Hope on the front. And in there, there's a nice feature. There's a Return of the Jedi competition, a nice colour photo of the droids, and you could enter that and win yourself a trip to Los Angeles. And there's also a little feature on Clapperboard, uh, which was being shown with a, uh, a special. Chris Kelly talks to producer Gary Kurtz about the making of Star Wars due to open in London on December 27th. Uh, so 
another nice addition to my magazine collection. Also, a copy of a publication called West End Show Guide uh, from Rank Leisure. So this is the cinemas that they own across the West End. Uh, this dates from late 83, and it's got a couple of little bits on Jedi, including a full-page uh, Return of the Jedi competition. Last, but very definitely not least, uh, something very uh, special to me. When I was a kid, I had the activity books. Uh, there was Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Darth Vader. And they all had an activity book, originally published in the States by Random House, and then the uh, British versions were by Armada, and various activities in there, puzzles and games and recipes to cook and card tricks and all, all, sort, all sorts of things. Loved those, enjoyed doing the uh, activities, doing the baking with my mum, and... I have picked up from the last prop store auction some original hand-drawn artwork. Uh, not the front cover, but uh, a lot of the inside illustrations drawn by a lady called Patricia Wynn. Uh, so these are on a fairly thick white paper. Pencil, originally, you can see the pencil faintly underneath the ink, uh, inked over, and then the lettering is, um, it's either letter set or it's uh, uh, typewritten and uh, physically glued onto the picture. But there's, there's some lovely artwork in there. Nice picture of Obi-Wan and Darth Vader crossing lightsabers. Uh, there's a picture of the uh, X-Wing doing the trench run. Another picture of uh, uh, Darth Vader who appears to be showing Luke a, a card trick. Uh, some uh, a little run of Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, gradually disappearing after he's been struck by Darth Vader's uh, saber. TIE fighters flying around the Death Star, a couple of stormtroopers, uh, and then a, a sort of maze thing uh, where you follow a different line, see where you end up. So the stormtrooper barracks is the trash compactor. And you've got Princess Leia, Darth Vader, a couple of stormtroopers. Lovely, lovely artwork. Original art that was uh, then reproduced in the book that I had and countless others worldwide. So uh, my first piece of original published art, and I'm absolutely delighted with it. That's me for this month, Rich. Well, I'm a bit surprised there, Andy, because I thought when you were a kid, stuff was on slate, not paper. But, uh, yeah, nice items yeah, again. Yeah, very, very, very early days, Rich. Early days of paper. Early days of paper, papyrus. Right, the bit that perhaps I am the only person on the planet that this has been waiting for, but the end of action figure face-off. The final one. I thought you'd have the final countdown on there, actually, Andy P. Not uh, the final one, but never mind. Who would have guessed that? These... <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to give us a rendition, Rich, you go ahead, but someone's beat you to it. Yes. Now, who would have Did guessed... Did not recognise my dulcet tones there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> when you said the final countdown, I thought you meant uh, the, the, the film from the 70s where the battleship went back in time. But, you know. Oh, yes. Good show, Jason. Yeah. Now, who would have thought these four would come out last? And I think I probably do like all of these, to be honest with you. So it's going to be a tough one. So we've got Annie P with Luke Ponjo. Annie Norton with Reyes. Always my favourite Jabagoon when I was a kid, always. Jason with the, the Man in Black, Darth Vader. And Pete with Rebel Commander. So we're going to go in that order. We're going to start with Andy Preston. And come on, lads, let's make it one minute for all of you for the first time ever. Take it away, Andy. 
Luke Poncho, or to give him his full title, Luke Skywalker brackets in Battle Poncho, close brackets. Often overlooked, this is actually one of the best Luke figures in the original run, and I'm going to tell you why. Firstly, you really, really need this figure to properly reenact all of the Endor scenes from Return of the Jedi, especially the most thrilling moment of the movie, as Luke and Leia pursue biker scouts on their speeder bikes, whipping through the trees at breakneck speeds, only inches from disaster at any moment. Luke's wild ride ends as the Jedi leaps from his bike just before it explodes in a fireball. Quick thinking, he ignites his lightsaber, lops off the steering vanes of the pursuing biker scout, sending him spinning into eternity. The figure itself is beautifully sculpted, showing Luke in his Jedi gear of boots, trousers, belt and tunic, actually much more screen accurate than the Luke Jedi figure that came earlier. Over this, he wears the poncho, accurately portrayed in brown and tan camouflage, held together at the waist by his black belt with its utility pouches, distinguished from the layer poncho version by having three notches to her too. He carries the coveted black palace blaster, the same sculpt as the grey, but oh, so much more valuable. Doesn't come with a lightsaber, but you can easily give him one from Luke Jedi to complete the look. The head sculpt is a good resemblance of Mark Hamill, although I will admit Kenner certainly missed a trick by not repeating the removable helmet that they gave to Leia. But if customising floats your boat, then simply swap out the head for one from Luke Jedi, and you've got a perfect throne room Luke figure, ideal for battling and then saving his father. One of the famous last 15 available on Trilogo and power of the force card with the luke skywalker rebel leader coin depicting him in his poncho riding that speeder bike luke poncho is an essential addition to the line no end or diorama can be complete without him definitely punching above his weight this guy's a worthy winner this month a good attempt a good attempt andy that was more than a minute it was definitely more than a minute luke, just for the dad joke at the end though that's yes. because we get ni- that's because we get ninety seconds, Rich. Oh, you get ninety seconds now, do you? We've got all know, the I'll way just... all the way through ninety six figures, and you. <laughs> you know what? I I'm... just I don't know how I've just got like high expectations. I mean, normally I've got low expectations, and you just fantastically fail to meet them every month. But I thought would it be in the end of the month? I was expecting it to be you know full on and and deck. You know, boom. Uh, I don't know, Andy. Andy, you've done better. You have done better. Right, and you know, take away with my favourite three-eyed alien. Well, I'm really pleased he's your favourite three-eyed alien because he's very regal, is Reyes, he's King Reyes, and he's got his gold scepter, and he's like, you know, he looks, he looks very, very kingly. And as this is the last figure face-off, I'm pleased that D. Martin Meyer on Rebel Scum has one of his best ever descriptions. And coincidentally, listening to uh, Rebel Force Radio this week. And he's, the D is Dave, I think. I heard Jimmy Mack say Dave Myatt. So I assume that's the same one. Anyway, D. Martin Myatt. A lot of expanded universe enthusiasts might try arguing that Reeves was nothing but a lush that hung out at Jabba's palace for all the free hooch. And judging by the way he was always swaying about unbalanced, it's hard to disagree. But consider this. The poor guy had three eyes, so his depth perception would have been screwy. Maybe if someone had figured this out when he was in grade school, he'd have been given corrective glasses and become a lawyer or something instead of a lush that hung out at Jabba's palace for all the free hooch. 
He is a great figure, though. And who doesn't love a partial anagram? Took Reese with his three eyes. Does that sound better in Geordie? He's got a kind of cow's head with floppy ears and more ears, or are they horns and a bit of a snout? It seems logical that he's got great big green or brown wellies, because all the cow pats he and his grand pals produce. Isn't that great? He's a gran. I love my gran. Rather than hooves, he's got massive hands. Should have been a boxer. But he holds that dainty Reese rifle so well. Check out Rebel Scum as Luke Jedi as the perfect snooker opponent. Another one with a snooker arm pose. But even better than Luke, Reese has a grand blood stripe on his special brown trouser suit. Came out of 65 back. Look out for those with the Japanese Sakuda sticker. Also the Emperor offer a Meccano cards. Trilo is my favourite. I can see why his backstory is as a drunk as he's holding a cup of booze on the card image. Now, I really struggled to find some vehicle box art with Reese on. I like my box art. I thought surely Kenner didn't see him as just another Jabagoon. But result, he's there on the Jedi Falcon Tatooine box art. One of the best scenes for the best Jabagoon. Now you see that was passion. That was passion and research, and that was wonderful. I like King Riggies. I think that's got a bit of a, you know, King Riggies needs to be brought into um, Ahsoka or you know the new yeah movies. spin-off spin-off series maybe. Absolutely like that, Jason. Well, that was uh, that was two minutes. So to make up for it, I'm going to do Darth Vader in thirty seconds for you. Okay, go for it. You ready? So here we go, Darth. Vader, so he's, he's, he's the OG baddie for, in cinema history, the biggest cinema reveal of all time, and he's a first 12 action figure, so he's available on absolutely every card ever. And you don't need variations on this guy, he's just the big menacing guy in black. If you were playing with your action figures, you needed a baddie to attack, and there can be no bigger baddie than Darth Vader. 30 seconds. I didn't even think it was 30 seconds, honestly, Jason. 30 seconds on the nose, yeah, on the nose. Well, it doesn't matter, you know, how long it is, Jason. It's what you do with it that counts. Or so they say. Pete, Rebel Commander. Well, I'm going to take all Jason's uh, not used time. Use it on my time. And give a good couple of hours. Right, so, uh, Rebel Commander, otherwise known, did you know this, as the hero of Empire Strikes Back and, and... Return of the Jedi. Did you know that, Richard? He was in Return of the Jedi. Uh, Bren Derlin is his real name. Of course, played by uh, John Ratzenberger, who, of course, was in Cheers. So uh, one of many Cheers actors who have appeared in Star Wars. But let's talk about the figure, because these guys just been ignoring the figure virtually all night, especially Jason. Uh, look at that moustache. Can you think of a better moustache in Star Wars? Well, you could argue that uh, other great moustaches are on the Bespin Guard and, of course, on Lando. Great moustaches in the Star Wars vintage line. But, of course, I said something really controversial to start. Brent Derlin, he was actually played by Ozzy John Ratzenberger, and then he was played by another actor in Return of the Jedi. But um, the character wasn't actually given too much time, but he was in there. Believe me, the Rebel Commander was in there, not in his Hoth gear, in other gear. Now, going back to the figure, I think it's got a great detail. I used to think he had long, lovely brown hair coming out of the side of his head, but obviously it's not. It's a headscarf, but hey, we can imagine and make him look pretty. He's got his goggles. He's got his moustache. Third or fourth mention already. He's got his gilet. 
Um, and if you look close at the figure, which people often don't, he's got detail on the belt. He's got his little boots. He's got his padded knees. He's got his padded elbows. He's got his padded shoulders. This is all wonderfully sculpted detail. He's even got his little neck scarf as well, which you can see underneath his chin. And, of course, his little hat and his side piece. This is one of the most detailed figures, I think, in the sculpting, where people just think, oh, well, Commander, he's just quite white. I think he's arguably one of the most detailed sculpting, even in his simplicity. But yeah, go check out Brent Durlin, hero of Return of the Jedi, one of the best figures, greatest Star Wars moustache. Brilliant, Pete. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, wonderful, wonderful moustache in Star Wars. And, oh, you know, what a moustache. Perhaps, perhaps a couple of people might say that Lando's got to run for the money there. Oh, look at his moustache. It's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a spiff moustache, is Lando. Yeah. This guy's got a full-on bullhorn moustache <laughs> for men. Well, when I rule this with my heart and head, there's only one worthy winner here. He's came out on top, I think, probably in most of the action figure faces off. I just imagine this person coming home after a hard day at work and just looking at all these figures and being prepared for, you know, I might get this one randomly this month and the next month I might get that one. I think this person on the weekend perhaps takes notes, rewrites them, rethinks them, perhaps does a little bit of rap to the to the action figure face off, adds sound to it. You know, God knows what he does, but I'm going to have to go once again with Andy Spoons Norton. King Reyes, wonderful, wonderful, you know, ending to this whole section. Uh, you've done yourself justice there, Andy. I'm, I'm welling up here, Richard. That's definitely the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Well, thank you very much. I was, I was quite pleased to have Reyes. He's, he's quite a tough one to finish on, but a great one, I think, as a, as a demonstrated. A tough one? He's got three eyes. How can you not win with a thing with three eyes? That's Darth Vader. Sure, Darth Vader. Well, that, that was, was the... He was, was doomed as soon as he went to Jason, let's face it. Well, I thought at, he least, put... at least mine was mine was on schedule. It was actually... It was 50% under schedule. It was in 30 seconds. I, I digressed a bit with like a little bit. The, the, uh, the Maya. You know, I, I thought he needed a special mention. And actually, Jason, you need to be taking special attention of anything to do with... Uh, the D Myatt, who might be coming up in the quiz. Yeah, let's have a little quick Google on that. Sorry, what was it? Sorry. <laughs> hats off to you Andy well done that's uh, that's that's top Googling and copying from oh. Riddle Skulls. It was, it, was yeah. a toughie, it was tough finding him on the box art. I thought, no, surely something with Reeves on. Come on, Richard. Who knew that Brent Durning was in Return of Jedi? Come on. Oh, Come I on. admit I didn't. I didn't. Top yeah. knowledge there. Good research, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did anyone know that? He rings a bell, but I wouldn't say, no, I did. <laughs> well done, everyone. It's been, a, well, actually, well done, Andy, for coming up with it in the first place. I think it's been a, a very successful feature of the past. Yeah, what's, what's next, boy? Two years? How many have we done? How many? What's that, 96 divided by four? Come on, mathematicians. 24. Uh, Give me a calculator out. Yeah, two two years. Two years worth. Yeah, but what's next, Andy? What's next? Ships? Play sets? Well, I've, well I've, I've done two years worth. Somebody else's turn next. Can we do well, it? Can, can we do an action figure weapon? <laughs> Accessories, maybe. <laughs> Blasters. We could we could move on to ships, although whoever gets PDT-8 versus the Imperial Shuttle, I feel sorry for. Right then, guys. So, before you get too sidetracked, I think, Andy, you've mentioned the quiz. 
You've mentioned Rebel Scum, wonderful, wonderful resource. I think it's time to head over at the quiz with Andy Spoons Norton, and I'm led to believe that you want us to have chalk, a blackboard, abacuses, calculators, you name it, you've asked for it to get it. Indeed, this is going to take you take you back to school, not necessarily the questions. Do you want me all did GCSEs? Jason's not O-levels, are you, Jason? Are you that old? He is that old. Is I he? Did, I did O-grades, hires, <laughs> and uh, six-year studies, because I was Scottish. Oh, you might, you was, might struggle a bit, some of these. I was the last year of O-levels. I didn't realise in such... Uh, such elderly company. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was second second year of GCSEs. But anyway, so this this quiz gets harder as we go through. Oh, we're joy, gonna, joy. We're going to start off with some multiple choice, like any any classic GCSE. And we're just trying, because it's, I want to make this truly random. Okay, Richard, you go first. Ooh. And uh, we'll go in alphabetical order. Go, go, go and work that out. So it's uh, Richard Andy, Jason, and Pete. That's the order we're going to go in. I won't forget anyone. So, Richard, multiple choice. Question number one for you. What three figures came with the villain three-pack series two? Was it A, Sam People, Death Squad Commander, and Hammerhead? Was it B, Sam People, Boba Fett, and Snaggletooth? Was it C, Stormtrooper, Boba Fett, and Greedo, or was it D, Walrusman, Boba Fett, and Darth Vader? None of them seem to fit what I had in my head, but I'm going to go with, I can't imagine, I can't remember seeing Hammerhead in a three-pack, so I'm going to go with B. You would be right. Well done. One point to Richard. So, next question to Andy. What three colours did the Force lightsaber come in? Was it A, red, blue, and purple? Was it B, red, green, and blue? Was it C, red, green, and yellow? Or was it D, red, blue, and yellow? I do know this one. The answer is C. You are correct. So it's GCSE. Should we all get these right? Star Wars experts, that you are. So, Jason... Actually, this might be tricky for you. Number three, how was the Imperial Troop Transport made canon? A, appeared in The Empire Strikes Back. B, appeared in the classic droids cartoon. C, appeared in the Clone Wars animated series. Or D, appeared in Rebels cartoon. Because I was thinking it appeared in uh, an episode of The uh, Mandalorian. I believe it did, but it was made canon before that. I'm going to say D, Rebels. Oh, well done. Thank you. I was thinking you, you, weren't, you've not, you didn't really watch the cartoons, did you? I thought it was... Oh, no, <laughs> I, uh, I had an educated guess there, so... It was also in the Marvel Comics. It was, yeah, it was there first, wasn't it? But they're certainly not canon. They're not canon, no. With monkey face Jabba. Um, and Pete, actually, this is this is quite a tricky one. Um, who is the tallest 12-inch figure of the following large-size action figures? We've got A, Luke Skywalker, B, Princess Leia, C, Stormtrooper, or D, C-3PO. Oh, that's tricky. Oh, crikey, on a stick. Uh, well, if Leia puts on her extra, extra long heels, then obviously she's going to tower yeah. anyone. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, I thought Luke was a little short for a stormtrooper. Oh, yeah, he is. Again, you know. 
He's quite tall, though, in the figures. He is 12 inch, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. Uh, they are the 12 inch figure line. Well, exactly. But, uh, who's slight? I mean, are we talking like centimeters? Is it? I mean, you know, uh, millimeters. Not, I mean, yeah, there's not a lot in it. Think, think of the characters. Well, yeah, well, of course I'm thinking of the characters. Look, that she's tiny. She was well, tiny. Well, she's not that tiny. Yeah. Uh, but if you add, add a bit of extra hair on the top, she's even taller. Or a hood on top. These are, uh, these are having measured my 12 inch figures, as I, as I do regularly. Uh, Leia's, ha- Leia's buns are, uh, are by the side of her head. She does not have a bouffant head. They yet. are, but if you put a hood up, it makes her quite tall. <laughs> Did you measure hood up or hood down? Hood down. I've, I've measured the height of the action figure. I've got C3PO. He doesn't look that tall. It could be any of them because you just made this silly it question. Could be, it, could uh, be, it could be any of them. Which one is it? I think it's one of them. I'm just going to go Stormtrooper. But I want to oh, say you're very, in, in, you're very close. It's actually C3PO. He's got that funny sort of bobbly bit around the top of his head that makes him taller than the others. You've learned that's something. That's a ridiculous today. question. That is. <laughs> it was a ridiculous question. Um, which you didn't get right, so Brilliant. that's zero point for Pete on that one. Excellent. But plenty more chances to get some scores on the board. So next uh, next round of multiple choice. Richard, how many proofs of purchase were needed to send off for Anakin Skywalker on the Kenner 77 and 79 backs? Was it A, 4, B, 5, C, 6, or D, you've guessed it, 7? I'm not an odd numbers kind of person, and I do know some things if that's for four. So I'm going to go with four or six. Which one? Four or six? I would say probably four. You're close. It was five. Five. Yeah. Got right. Three. You did well. It's close, but no cigar. It's so getting harder, you see, as we go through this GCSE. I think you've, you've all got, apart from Pete, you've all guaranteed a C. Pete can maybe pull his marks up a bit if he does a bit better. Uh, oh. Andy. I was a straight A student when I was uh, at school, so wow. high expectations here. Talking, talking yourself up here, Jason. I expect to see you winning this now. Andy, what three figures came with the Heroes three-pack series two? So we have A, Luke X-Wing, Ben Kenobi, and Han Solo. We have B, Luke X-Wing, Princess Leia, and Han Solo. We have C, Luke Farmboy, Princess Leia, and Han Solo. And we have D, Luke Farmboy, Princess Leia, and Luke X-Wing. That is tricky. I'm trying to picture the three-pack. Trying to Google more, like. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> no, I, I don't know much about three-packs, but um, I, I could picture the one that Rich, Rich got. Well, as it was the second series, I think they're going to have second series character in there. Uh, so one of the second eight figures. So that's got to be Luke X-Wing. So it's going to be A or B. I'm going to go for B. Oh, great logic. It was A. Oh, I wouldn't Google have got... fast enough, Andy. Go do, you, you, you bought yourself some time there. <laughs> I wouldn't have got any of that, those uh, three-part ones, to be fair. But uh, you've done well. It's good, good logic. Right, Jason. Which of these is not, you should get this one, a pencil topper? We have Han Hoff for A, B, yeah. R2-D2, yes. C, C-3PO, yes. and D, Bib Fortuna. The answer is C, C-3PO. Well done. He said he's a straight-A student. He's proving to be a straight-A student. 
which leaves us with Pete. You're going to get this, Pete. Oh, You're what is the height of a card back <laughs> in the three things that I've chosen at random? Go on. You like your sweets, don't you? Oh, yeah. Which, which of these is not a candy head? A, Darth Vader. B, Jabba the Hutt. C, Max Rebo. Or D, Cy Snootles. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen a... I don't think I've seen a Max Rebo, because I'd probably try to get one of those. That's kind of comedy. I've definitely seen a jab. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a Max Rebo. But then again, what are you going for? Oh, yeah, I'll go for Max Rebo. He's off the ball. Yes, well your faces. Suppose it wasn't, what's the height of a candy head? <laughs> that might be the next question. Yeah, so it will be. Well, actually, now, now we're on to the, uh, some quiz questions. So uh, these are a mixture of difficulties, hence the random selection of your, because I, I think some of these are slightly easier than others, so I'm expecting the flack already. So, Richard, which hand did Luke lose in The Empire Strikes Back? Oh, God. Um, it was his... I'll try to think when he's sitting on the... Uh, right. That is what I've gone for based on my Luke Jedi action figure. You are correct. Andy, and I think this is, you might be the only one who, well, maybe Richard might get this one, but I think you'll get this. Who played in The Return of the Jedi the Rancor Keeper? I met him at the weekend, got him to sign my poster. That was Mr. Paul Brook. Well done, yeah, that's, that's why it was in my head. Who's that have got easier for him? Come on. <laughs> Would you have got that, Pete? Oh, yeah, because he was sitting right there. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> right, I think, I'm pleased, I think you should all score on this one. Because, Jason, yes. what species is Yoda? Oh, I don't actually know. The only one I can, or I can think of was that guy on the Jedi Council who was called Yaddle. I want to say Yaddle because I, I, I really That's don't know. Y- Yaddle, Yaddle is another one of the Yoda species. Is that right? I'm saying Yaddle, yeah. Yeah, well. It's a very normal question, Andy. It's a trick, trick question. It was a trick no question. No one knows. Exactly. Nobody so, knows. Very naughty, that is. You still do your issue. Oh, if Pete gets this right, you're all neck and neck. I won't get this right. This, so this one could be easy, or it could be hard. <laughs> do you know your Ewoks? What no, colour? Oh, no, I did <laughs> How tall is? No. Oh, my what God. What colour is Romba? Uh, well... <laughs> like all Ewoks, a brownie, a brownie, brownie, ready brown. There's <laughs> a, a few different colours, aren't they? What are you going for? Well, he's a sort of ready brown, isn't he? Uh, I just, I don't need any ready browns. Are you saying he's brown? He's brown. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> what sort of question is that? <laughs> what colour aren't Ewoks? Well, there's, there's Warrock and Romba in the last fifteen or whatever. One's grey and one's brown. I wouldn't know oh, which one was which. That was a sympathy question, that. That is sympathy. I feel, I feel <laughs> insulted. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been the grey one, couldn't it? It's, it's certainly like the right and Although left. Although Tebow is technically kind of stripy. Low grey, stripy. Yeah. There's grey ones, there's brown ones, and there's stripy ones. Well, he's brown. If you know your Ewoks, it's easy. If you don't, it's not. Now our last rapid fire question. So we're back through to Richard. Who says the first line in Star Wars? And what is it? Oh, C-3PO says the first line. Yeah. And how come it's a two-part question, this? I reckon he goes, oh, my. Because it's, oh. tr- it's quite tricky. You get a half point if you get C-3PO, a full point if you get the whole thing. No, I don't know. No. Oh, my, R2-D2, you've got us into a right mess is again. Is it something like, did you, you hear something? 
Oh, Pete, carry on. It is Did You Hear Something? Is it to hear you hear, or is it to do you hear? Did you hear that? Did you hear, hear that? that? Yeah. That they That they then? They shut down the main oh, reactor. The main reactor. Yes. Okay, I'll just, I wouldn't have got any of these. I want my half points. Get a half point for that one, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, well, um, you know, no Richard gets a half point, you'd get, it's fine. Now this oh, one is, this there. one's very hard. Sorry, Andy, but if anyone's gonna get this, I think it's gonna be you. Where is it written? In ancient Hebrew, his deeds will not be forgiven until he merits. That is on Darth Vader's chest plate. Oh, that, that's impressive. Hey. That, I'd what never, what? I'd never seen that before. What even is it? It's basically on Darth Vader's chest plate. There's Hebrew writing around it, which just looks like, um, you know, a design on it. And that's, that's translated. That's what it means. Oh, absolutely. This is an educational quiz. It's Jason's question. Yeah. Well, good luck on that one, Jason. We've just got that one. So, Jason, yeah, yeah, these are these are quite well. I wouldn't get any of these. So, Jason, what is the name of the Death Star detention block where Princess Leia was held? Oh, it's a whole load of um, letters and numbers. I can tell you that. You're not you're not getting a half point for that. No. It is letters and numbers. You're on the right track. Does it end in a B? No. Mm. I actually know this one. Does anyone know? I do know. AA23? Oh, well, that's impressive, Pete. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you half a point for that. That's, that's one of those obscure things. I don't know why I know that. AA23? AA23. I don't, I don't know A-A-23. why I know it. Oh, I think... Go. Oh, no. I, uh, maybe I do. I don't know. It's just one of those strange things. Random. Well, Pete, it's now your question. <laughs> It'll be something I don't yeah. know. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got... So this, this seems quite easy, but again, I wouldn't have got Go it. On. What is Luke's call sign on Hoth? Oh... I don't know. Andy will know. Echo 3. Yes, well done, Andy. Echo 3 to Echo 7. How old buddy do you read? Yeah, yeah, because that's the first line in um, Empire Strikes Back. Look at him, he's memorised the whole script. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everyone's doing very well. I'll just run through the scores. We've got Richard on two and a half, Andy on three and a half, Jason on two, and Pete on two and a half. All to play for, but now, pencils and paper out. It's the sum round. So I'm going to give you both. I think we've done this before in a quiz as well. I'm going to give you both a sum. Say both. All a sum. Everybody's got to work out the answer. And then you'll tell me the the answer in turn. And I will tell you who's right and who's wrong and score appropriately. So do you have pens and paper? Oh, yes. The first question is how many droids are there in the first 20 Star Wars figures? So once you have that number, let me let me know. But don't tell me what the number is, otherwise you'll be telling your your competitors. Right, now multiply that number by the episode number of a, a new hope. Now add that sum to the debut card number for four lom. Palatoy or Kenner? Palatoy Kenner, yeah. Kenner. Sorry, I've put, I've put Palatoy down here. Well, you'll be getting the wrong answer. <laughs> Now, I want you to subtract the total number of Luke Skywalker figures in the whole Star Wars Empire Strikes Back to the Jedi range. I don't know why I need to dispel that out. I don't think he's in any other lines of figures, is he? Final bit of the sum, that, that number you have, I want you to multiply by the number of Emperor's Royal Guards on the TIE Interceptor box up. Oh, <laughs> there's only people who know that because you seem to know everything about boxes. 
just going to just check my adding before I tell you all whether you're uh, right or wrong. Right. Richard, what number do you have? The wrong one. <laughs> two, seven, five. Two, seven. Two, two, four. Jason, what number have you got? 232. And Pete? I got 228. No, you're all wrong. Excellent. But uh, Andy gets four points at 224, being the closest. Pete gets three, 228. Jason gets two at 232. And Richard is further the rest of the way with 275. So shall I run through what the the answers are? Yeah, go on. So number of droids in the first 20 figures is five times episode four, A New Hope. Yeah, 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 got that. Debut card for four long is the 47. Oh, 47. 45. I put 48. Yeah, it's a nice nice round numbers, actually, this one. So um, that gets you, what's I get, 67. And then you minus the number of Luke Skywalker figures. Seven. Which which is seven. And then times by three Emperor's Royal Guards. Uh, I guess five. You're all within the... uh, you're all within the ballpark. Now, we'll get, there's one more of these. This is, this is quite a tough one. Uh, but here we go. Here we go. So first of all, another one for you, Pete, really, but everyone's oh. answering again. So don't tell, don't tell me the answers. The first question is how many Ewoks in the Return of the Jedi line? Too many. Return of the Jedi line. Well, in the, in the, in the whole line, there's no Ewoks okay. before Return right. of the Jedi. Not, not including e, not including Ewoks cartoon figures. No, 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 oh, no. We don't go there. Just just the toys that we all had. Okay. All right. You all got that. Yep. What episode number was Return of the Jedi? Because I want you to multiply that by your Ewoks, and I want you to add that sum you have to the card back for the debut of Han Bespin on the Kenner cards. Yeah, so the first number times the second number, get that sum, then add debut card back for Han Vespin, and then I want you to do some subtraction and take away the total number of Han Solos. And then in a similar vein, you're going to multiply that sum by how many stormtroopers there are on the Star Wars Millennium Falcon box art front, because you're multiplying that by the sum you have from all the other numbers. I'm going to give you a random number because I've got a clue what's going on. So <laughs> that's fine. You might you might be right. So Richard, what do you have? Four hundred and ten. Four hundred and ten. Andy. Four three eight. Eight. Jason. Four five six. Four six. And Pete. Random five. number, please. I've just gone for a random number of four two five. Four two five. <laughs> Based no. on the other numbers, I'll wager because you're all some way off. I can tell you that. Jason scores highest that time, followed by Andy, followed by Pete with his random guess. Random guess. And Richard propping up the number game again. Uh, I can tell you there are eight Ewoks multiplied by episode six. Yes. Added to the 41 back. No, it's two back. Uh, I got got that one. Uh, well, you didn't. You just guessed the answer. And minus, I did, I did, but it's the, the last bit. I just had to guess. Minus five Han Solos. Oh, what's the... I, I got four there. Yeah. What, what was I missing? Han Solo. Original. Bespin Hoff. Uh, trench coat. Carbonite. Carbonite. Oh, yeah, Carbonite. A seven Stormtroopers on the Star Wars Falcon box. Oh, I, see. Right. I, I had no idea, so I just had to go. 
I thought it was right. five again. What should the total have been? Five, eight, eight. Uh, <laughs> so you're some some way off. I think yeah, they, that uh, those last two uh, questions were, were skew the numbers quite a bit. It gets, it's going to go a little bit easier now. Um, we're nearly there as well. So we've just got an odd one out. It won't please Pete because this is just my my, my mind. Oh my God. Out. Here we there go. Is, oh there God. is a theme. And unfortunately, because Richard's going first, he he will have to guess the theme. The others Good will luck, Rich. Good luck, Rich. So, Richard, of these, of these, which is the odd one out? Luke Farmboy, Luke Bespin, Luke Jedi, or Luke Endor? Luke Farmboy. Why is that? It's the different saber. Different to Luke Endor's saber. It's not the same saber. Luke Endor hasn't got a saber. Yeah. So he's, he's got one. Out. He's got the one that slides up his arm. The other, the, the others, Luke can hold them all. But Luke, Luke Endor doesn't have one. Yeah, but he can yeah. hold the one. He doesn't have one. Sliding action was what I was referring to. Well, that is that is an else. odd. That is an oddity. He's the only one with a sliding saber. Unfortunately, as I said, this is in my head. This is in my head, and it's Luke Endor because he doesn't have a saber, and all well, the others not do. Not the place I want to go to was in your head. <laughs> it's lovely in there. It's full of uh, King Reese. Andy, don't right. worry. Don't worry. That question made sense apart from Richard. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well. Uh, that's good, Pete, because uh, they're all on a similar vein. So, Andy, which of these is the odd one out? Han original, Han Hoff, Han Bespin, or Han Trenchcoat? I'm going to say Han Bespin, because the others have got the smuggler blaster. You would be correct. Uh, I'm right, Han Trenchcoat, because he's got a coat on. Yeah. Well, that, that, that is an odd one out, but it's not the one in my head. Oh, <laughs> I see where we're going here. Yeah, so, Jason. Yeah. Rebel soldier, rebel commander, yeah. rebel commando, oh. yeah. and prune face. Now, that's going to be a trick question. As long as a uh, prune face doesn't have rebel in the title, and he's not one of the... But it'll be another gun-related thing, won't it? And they have all... Rebel soldiers got... Commander's got a rifle, and the rest have hand blasters. Right line, but wrong answer. So the rebel soldier is the only one without a rifle. Right. Okay. Prunface has got his Wild West rifle. Yeah. Why he's why he's in with that gang? So right. you, you got the idea, but the wrong answer. Right. Uh, you're okay with your with your four points for your sums there. You, I think you might well be in the lead, but we'll go come to that in a minute. So the last one for Pete. This could be fun. Blue Snaggletooth. Oh, crikey. Walrus Man. They're all ugly. Red Snaggletooth. He's short and ugly. And Greedo. He's green. <laughs> oh, I don't know anything about Blue Snaggletooth apart from he's irritating. Blue Snaggletooth, Red Snaggletooth, he's small and irritating, but he's got a gun. You're all on guns, aren't you? Well, not necessarily. Not say. necessarily. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's obvious there's obvious answers to this, and then there's, there's your answers to this. <laughs> well, no, there's, this one is an obvious answer if you know your Star Wars figures. One of these characters is, uh, is is sort of related, but um, um, is it because Red Snaggletooth didn't come in some set together? No, this is not that. Anyone okay. want to have a guess? I mean, I is, is it blue stuff doesn't have a weapon or something? Because I have no idea if he has a weapon or not. It's, it's Greedo. 
Oh, that's very uh, I think actually Walrus Man does have a different gun to the others, but that one, because it's in my head, that isn't the answer for this one. It's Greedo, mm-hmm. not that you got that anyway. It's Greedo, because he's left-handed. Hang on, it's Greedo, because he was the only one who got shot by Han Solo. That would be, well, it'd be the right answer with the wrong reason, but I would have given you the points. Uh, it's Blue Snack. Not- it's Blue Snack, because he's the only one that's going to a disco. Yeah, he's got, he's, got funkier, he's got funkier boots. Well, actually, Andy, that's that's very uh, prescient of you, because we're going to come around to the last round oh, now. Right. I'm just going to run through the scores. We've got Richard on one, two, three, four and a half. We've got Andy on one, two, three, seven, ten, eleven and a half. Jason on one, two, four, eight. And Pete on one, two, Five, seven and a half. Seven and a so, half. So I think Andy's probably won, but we never know. There might be some, uh, there may be some foul play, deduction of points. Who knows what might happen in this last round? So this is the D. Martin Myatt round. Thank you, D. Martin Myatt. So I've quite enjoyed reading Rebel Scum throughout all these figure face-offs. So I've taken little extracts of his descriptions of Star Wars figures, all from the first twenty, I will say. So you don't have to go go beyond those. It's a little snap of a description, and you've got to tell me which figure it is. Now, Richard, you should get this first one if you've been listening to those action figure face-offs. So the first one for you, which character's name was Newspeaked in an Orwellian manner? Newspeaked in an Orwellian manner. Oh, yeah, Rich, you should get this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was part of my figure face-off. Double you see now, Richard. Now, Richard, I'm very upset because Andy's been st- taking his his uh, readings from a website, whereas the rest yes. of us have done it originally. So I think I'm, me, Andy, and Jason should all win. I'm changing my uh, mind now. Then about the yeah, winner. yeah, bidding. Oh, um, in an Orwellian <laughs> manner. Do you know what Newspeak means? Double plus ungood is is Orwellian Newspeak, isn't it? Double plus ungood. <laughs> yeah. What on earth are you talking about? That's from 1984. <laughs> This is to do with Star Wars, though, so it's a Star Wars figure, if it helps. Um, Yeah, now it's a down to 96. First 20, sir. Oh, first 20. All right, I missed that bit, because... Okay, first 20. Which one would you take from the Orwellian figure? Um, You've got a 5% chance of guessing it, Rich. Yeah, half, yeah. (laughs) It's one of 20. I am going to go with Hammerhead. You would be wrong. Is, does anyone know? Uh, uh, Not a clue. Uh, uh, let's look at, well, let's have a guess. Sand people. Greedo. Uh, on the right lines with sand people, but it's Death Squad Commander. Got changed to uh, Star Destroyer Commander. They didn't, they didn't want him being Death Squad. That was part of the action figure's face-off for the uh, Death Squad Commander. Right. <laughs> the rest... How was I close with sand people? Exactly. Well, I couldn't think of anything further well, apart. Well, the sand people, because... Because he, he had two names, Pete. He has two oh. names. That still, made, still makes no sense at all. Right. Well, now, Andy, your mention of, what did you say, disco outfit before... Yeah. You've got... Who had a snazzy jumpsuit and space boots? Oh, you are kidding me. Well, I'm just giving the, the answer. That has got to be the old blue snake, hasn't it? Well, no, his first 20 no. figures. No, well, that's his first answer. That's it, he's got it wrong. He sent his points back to Zero. Yeah. Well, he, he is in the first 20. From a certain point terms. of view. Well, you can say, if you want to say blue snake with teeth, I will accept that as your answer. I think right. he said it twice there, Andy. Okay, so <laughs> a snazzy jumpsuit 
and disco boots. And space boots. Space boots. It's got to be one of the cantina crew, hasn't it? Can't, can't be Hammerhead. Luke Snaggledon? Can't be Red can't Snake. Be other questions you've already answered. It can't be Wally. R5D4. I'm going to go Greedo. You would be right. Uh, Wally. I was hey. going to query on this. Yeah, Smith's going on Wally's got boots, hasn't he? Because he's got flipper boots. He's got the, got long, long black boots. But yeah, it's not, it's not him. So yeah, you're right with Greedo. So it brings us to Jason. I think you like this one, Jason. Jason, have four attempts and you should get it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a, excuse me, the quiz master is always right. Quizmaster is always right. Can I have some order in this quiz? It's going to be unruly as well. The answer, that Darth Vader, what's the question? The, who was a dude hanging out with his pals in a bar? even though it was still the middle of the morning. Oh, that'll be one of the cantina crew. That will be... Who am I going to say? Was that Greedo? Got a Hammerhead or Wally or Snaggletooth? Uh, I'm going to say Walrus Man. Ah, uh, you were close, but no cigar is Hammerhead. Yeah. Do, do appreciate that, that yeah, there was, there's not a lot in that clue. And it leaves oh, the well, final one. Walrus Man was hammered. He was abs- he must have been there all day. He had probably hadn't gone home. And he Final one for arm. Pete. Final one for Pete. Go on. Who is harassed in primary school for his superhero costume and mouth like a monkey's behind? <laughs> what? <laughs> Andy's blues not. It's gotta be Wars Man. That's the only person with a bum face. <laughs> Nothing wrong with my superhero costume, thank you, Richard. It's got to be a Warrus man with a bum face. It looks it like is. A what, a lovely, what a lovely way to end the D. T. Martin Meyer wordsmith ways. I like that one. Well done all. I think Andy Andy was head and shoulders there, he, he, winning that on his number round. I think. But uh, well done all of you. That was that was. Uh, you all scored at least a C in your GCSEs. Okay, brilliant quiz there, Andy, despite, I think, the thoroughly unjustness of it. And I'm guessing that you've been kicked off the VAR from last weekend and you've been given the quiz hosting duties because of that. Is it accurate or no? Kicked off the bar? Kicked off VAR. Oh, kicked off VAR, yes. That is me. Yeah, I've been relegated. Yeah, absolutely. Relegated from VAR to the quiz on uh, the Vintage Rebellion podcast. But let's... It means I don't have to do it again for a while. That's the idea. (laughs) So I'll move over to the NA shout-outs. And so, Andy Preston, we're going to come over to you first. And I love this. We all love hearing stories about this, whether it's true or not. But let's go with your shout-out. Right, Rich. Uh, yeah, my shout out comes from uh, Echo Base uh, Vintage on Facebook, and this is from a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Coombs, and he says possibly reunited with some childhood toys after thirty-four years. So, in 1989-1990, my mum sold my old Star Wars toys. Yes, Luke Stormtrooper went for 25p. Attack was £5, etc., etc. A kid in the village two years older than me came round with his mum and purchased some of my stuff. This kid had a sister who was in my year at school who ended up marrying a guy that I was friends with at secondary school. We stayed in touch off and on as we're both still local. A few years ago, I popped round to my friend's and while I was there, I noticed an ATST. He said he had a load of stuff handed down to his son from his wife's brother, this being the kid who purchased some of my stuff. I got excited. I said to him, I think some of that might be mine. 
and give me a shout if his son ever wanted to part with it. Well, yesterday was that day. 34 years or so after selling, I may just have got some of my original stuff back. Unfortunately, it's not in great condition. I have no way of telling if it actually was mine, but it's nice to think that some of it was. While cleaning it up tonight, I noticed a little J on the back of Squidhead. So I'm patiently waiting to see if this is something my mum would have done. Also, the snowtrooper's skirt is glued on with what I think is araldite, something my dad would have used back in the day. Anyway, thought this is quite a cool little story that some of you might appreciate. I'll probably keep the snowy and the squid. Not sure about the rest yet. More research needed. So a great story and some pictures with it. He's picked up a nice little bundle, actually. He's got a Falcon. He's got an X-Wing, a Rancor, speeder bike, a few mini rigs, and a bundle of figures. Nothing particularly uh, unusual, nothing particularly rare, uh, but a, a nice bundle um, right the way through from first 12 through to, uh, uh, can't see any last 17 in there, but uh, a nice little bundle, probably 20 figures. And uh, yeah, hopefully your research will pay off, Jonathan, and uh, you will realize that more than a few of these are your actual childhood figures. Nice story. Yeah, very, very unlikely to be able to prove anything, but I do like that story, and I really hope that uh, one or two of them are actually his. Yeah, wonderful story, that. Good spot. Jason, coming over to you next. Yes, mine is a uh, a post from uh, the SW. We're still we're still calling all our Facebook groups SW, in case we all get deleted, apparently. Um, the SW Palatoy Collect Group, uh, a post by David Oliver on 22nd of September, and it's the, the original, the toys of the film Palatoy poster. Now, there's a lot of reproductions of this coming out now. Lots of people want this poster, but uh, David Oliver is lucky enough to own an original. And he says, shout out, thanks to Mark, that's Mark Daniels, for checking off one that has been on my wants list for quite some time, the ultra-rare original Palatoy shop display poster, not for sale, love it, Mark. It's just, it's just a thing of beauty. And I'm quite jealous. But yes, well done. Well done, David. It's a, it's a lovely thing. Well, can you dra- describe the poster, Jason, for those who might not have seen it? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm just assuming everybody knows what this poster is. So it's, uh, it's got, uh, it's got the, it's black, black, uh, starry background with uh, the white racetrack going all the way around the edge of the poster. It's got uh, the Star Wars logo in silhouette at the top of the poster, blue, and then it says at the bottom, the toys of the film are here, and there's a big Palatoy logo at the bottom of the card, and then you've got Ben, R2-D2, Luke, Leia, Chewie, and Han uh, from the original first 12 figures, all of them kind of posed there um, in the middle of the poster, and it's just a lovely thing. It is absolutely wonderful poster, that nice, very nice. Good pick up. I'm heading over to Ben Sheehan, um, who obviously is really interested in prototype and pre-production items. And the reason why I picked this one is, is it's possibly unique and possibly the only way that you're actually going to be able to complete um, any kind of vehicle from 1977. So he has a vintage 1977 and 1994 Kenner Trial Short Stroke First Shot Vehicle. Now you may be thinking, oh, hold on a second, you can't put something from 77 and 94 together and then claim it's, uh, you know, it's it's anywhere near original. But it's interesting what he's done here. So it's a piece he's Frankenstein together in two stages. And the story roughly goes like this. 
So a couple of years back, he was lucky enough to find a cockpit first shot for the vehicle. It originated from Kenner's vintage moulds, but actually dated back to the testing around 1994 or earlier when they were assessing what tooling assets they had available at Oakley to use for the modern line. So it was produced from the original vintage moulds before any kind of modification was done. So it's as close as you're going to get to anything that was vintage. Then a few months back, a friend sold me a pair of vintage trial shot wings that differ slightly from production, along with what is believed to be a first shot battery cover and a cockpit cover. So combining them together really brought the piece to life, and I'm pretty psyched to be able to complete a full vehicle first shot from Kenner's vintage moulds, although be a part that dated two different eras. There are currently no known complete vehicle first shots from Kenner's tooling process in 1977. Right guys, so, so what do we think about that initially because I actually think it's it's spot on what he's done there. I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. I mean yes the, the plastic was shot near on what's that 15 years later but it's still the same mould and he's certainly not passing it off as a, as a 1977 first shot. So thoughts? Yeah, which yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what what's the context of this thing. Is that allowed? Well, that Piecing was things together. That that's a question. Is Frankensteining allowed? Oh, well, I don't think it is. You don't like it, Jason? <laughs> uh, uh, no, no. Come on, not that I don't like it. I just said, is that allowed? I don't know. I mean, you know, are we? Oh, no, and I'm being serious. Is it would you know, we get people getting upset about all sorts of things? But surely, if you're Frankensteining things together. Um, is does that not become uh, down the line? You know that person gets run over a bus, his partner sells it. Does that get into the? I, know, I don't know why I'm going down a, a bus can, death. Can you, but, can you fail? Is that is that the question? Yeah, I mean, yes. Got, yeah, I I thought you you could. In which case, that's fine. I could take um, the compartment cover off a of Power of the Force two Falcon and stick it on a vintage Falcon. It's it's essentially the same, isn't it? Not not first shots, but Frankensteining two pieces from different eras that that fit together. As long as you can tell that they're they're not from the same era, and what's what's the issue? I don't know. I'm I'm slightly uncomfortable about it personally. Oh. I can't see why. I can't see why. Jason, what are your thoughts? I mean, it looks pretty nice put together, but as you say, if it gets sold as a, an original, all part of the same thing later down the line, that's that's where the problem kind of comes, doesn't it? So. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure Ben's collection has been thoroughly documented, and uh, I can't really see that mistake being made. But I can understand the concern. But also, what he's put on there is a cockpit sticker below the vehicle is also a screen printed prototype, handmade in house at Kenner before the final design was mass produced. So I think it's absolutely wonderful that he's got all those items together in, in one shot. And you know, the likes of Kim Simmons has posted on there. You know, he knew the, the guy who um, sold the piece and said what a great guy he was. It's a wonderful story, and I think it's a really nice image, and it's not something that you're probably going to ever see again. So, nice one, Ben. Right then, Andy, so let's move on to yours then. So, what have you spotted when you've been browsing? Well, this is this is a one-off, apparently. So, I saw this on the... In fact, actually, I've signed us up as a vintage rebellion to the Star Wars Space Wars bootleg and knockoff collectors group on Facebook because I couldn't go back into it and find that find this picture and i'm sure i'm a member i saw it on this so requested membership again and then realized i was in the vintage rebellion facebook guys rather than my own one so we may well have joined that group now but anyway this was aaron moss majassic majassic 
listed the only known example of a purple Hanhoff first-generation Polish bootleg figure with an even rarer, I think even rarer than a one-off, an equally rare purple blaster. Did any of you see this? It's, uh, it's the, oh, I'm never going to be able to pronounce this, the only Electrospoldzielnia figure, period. Uh, now, as it is newest acquisition, so this was put up for, like, on a deal or no deal uh, kind of auction on the bootleg group. And so Bobby Engels won this in the face-off. And I, I only saw it after it sold. I, I would have chucked my hat in the ring. I don't think it would have gone as high as this. It sold for $1,300. Now, in my head, those Polish first-gen figures are about a 30, 40-pound figure. I think these days they're probably a little bit little bit more than that. So it's probably at least 10 to 20 times the cost of a regular figure. But it's really it's really nice. I don't think you get purple first-gen figures. Anyway, so these are these are essentially articulated. They've all got the the biker scout arms and limbs, faces are a little bit crude as the polish bootlegs go on they become more sort of kenner-esque i'd say in, in the finish um it's got quite a grubby grubby face this there's no attempt to sort of match the the paint scheme of the of the clothing although he's got his his white hood and his uh silver peak on his cap and and, and goggles and a, a silver badge and, and special silver knee pieces actually um but it's a really really lovely looking figure and a and a one-off well done bobby for your purchase I mean, obviously, one off. I've, I've never, he won't have seen it before, but yeah, absolutely wonderful. Love it. Well spotted there. Pete, this is very interesting, and I've read it about 15 times, and I still don't quite get it. Well, well it's, it's just about, it, it's not really anything, it's, it's not really like collectible, but it's, I was one surprise that someone actually had kept this clipping, and it just tickled me. So, this is on, is this your group, Jason, Vintage Star Wars Action Figures, or is that is, the group? That is the original gangster Facebook group, yes. Okay, good time. Right, it's by a guy called Stephen Langdon, and he said, my mom cut this out of a local newspaper back in the early 80s, over 40 years later, and I'm still collecting. And I just thought it was, it just tickled me pink. So I'll read it. It's a, it's a cutting from a newspaper. Someone's written in um, from Pontefract in West Yorkshire. And it says, my younger brother is smitten by one of the latest crazes, and it may prove to be very expensive. He enjoys playing with Star Wars toys and has collected 28 model figures. Well, well done there. He's just bought yet another for his collection. The cardboard backing on which the figure comes says Collector 77. Surely the maker of these toys can't expect the child to collect all the figures. The big I rate there, costing between £1.50 and £2 each, the child will spend up to £154 on a craze that would only last a few years. There were also spaceships to collect. I just thought it was hilarious that that uh, now we wouldn't even think about it. But then here's someone's older brother getting a bit smithy about the fact that <laughs> kids being forced into spending all that money on uh, stupid Star Wars figures. I think and I his guess, brother is obviously just, uh, he's just jealous. <laughs> well, yeah, he's probably spending, uh, he's, so he's his younger brother, so he's probably like, you know, to write to a newspaper as well. It, it was uh, so irate at the fact, he wrote it, you know, whose brother writes into a newspaper to complain about his younger brother being conned almost into spending all this money on Star Wars figures. But um, it just, uh, it was a kind of a thing of its time, isn't it? I mean, like I said, now we're all trying to collect, you know, the whole range. And then as a kid, so someone's just put it all together. How much it's going to cost? Obviously, only 77 at the time. Obviously, there was another 20-odd added. 
a bit later on, so I wonder if he wrote another letter. But just, okay. I just thought it was a wonderful piece of, I don't know, newspaper history, would you call it? Um, I still don't have the last 17, apart from Annie. I can't believe you don't have the last 17, Jess. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, it's just too much money. <laughs> and there's you spending no money at all on stuff. You keep saying that you want to keep, you know, collecting stuff or you lose your... Yeah, I'm going to get to the point where I, 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 there's absolutely nothing in my collecting lines that's coming up. I'm buying absolutely nothing. Then I'll kind of go, oh, I'll just get the last 17, because that'll just keep me going. I can't believe I've got something vintage you don't have. I'm well, quite yeah. surprised by that. Yeah, don't you have them on, like, you know, on car backs? I've got card bags. I just don't have the figures. Now I mean, you know, mint on cards. I'm mint on cards. I only have. I mean, I've got the first twenty Palatoy mint on card, and I've got a two on B focus, but that's about it. I'm monks. Shot by that. Yeah. I, I, I think we need to look at your membership of this of this yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got the, the the range, haven't they? Everyone here's got the, the range of figures. Spoons. Yeah. Spoons definitely Richard. got it. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen yours, Richard. So. Yeah, yeah, full yeah. set, full set, loose and carded. I think, I think, uh, Jason, you need to get on with it and do it. Otherwise, I've got full set carded. Got full no, set. No, 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 no. Obviously, that'd be insane. But I'm um, just surprised that Jason, um, in all that stuff he's got in his room, is collecting den yeah. or tower, should I say? No, we last seventeen. No. no, last. I can't believe that. And some of them are really easy to get hold of as well. Yeah, I've never gone there. I'm saving that as a kind of thing for when I completely run out of other things I can get. I think. Jason, I'd, I'd, a, I'd a cheap Lando General at uh, Echo you could have had. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe we can uh, make, make, make my my, uh, my thing for uh, next year, see if we can put together a last 17 one. Yeah, see if we can swap some more Star Tots yeah. for a last 17 figure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all set Star Tots at Echo Live. It's like, you know, read it and read boys. So, yeah, that, so that newspaper, just, uh, I, I just thought it was wonderful someone saved it. Because obviously their, their brother, or written in, I'm assuming it was that person's brother. But uh, um, I just thought it was lovely to to see that someone was thinking about the cost, not the joy of the child getting these wonderful toys, but the uh, they put it to a monetary cost, and it never really a, a, a kind of appealed to well occurred to me before. Well, and some wonderful items found on the internet. Uh, Rebel Briefing's coming close to two hours, so I'm going to see how uh, how short we can get this edited down. By the time I've cut the quiz down, it'll probably get down to about forty minutes. Yeah. But let's head over to Rebel Briefings. Your true colours are beautiful, like rainbows. Echo 3 to Echo 7. Hello, buddy. Do you copy? Boy in the Bubble. Ahsoka Tar very much, or Ahsoka Tar no thank you? If there's a bright centre of the universe, this is the planet it's... Photography finished. Cosmic action figures. Oldie, but goodie. The Rebel base is on the moon on the far side. We are preparing to orbit the planet. Your true colours are beautiful, like rainbows. 
Preston, what on earth are you on about? What am I on about? This is a current feature over on the Bespin Prime Star Wars Facebook group. Bespin Prime, they like to have seasons, little events every once in a while. And at the moment, they are running a Colours of Star Wars feature. So very simple. The idea basically is they pick a colour for the week and they ask people to showcase items from their collection that are that colour. And there's some incredible stuff thrown up. Weird, wonderful, and themed by colour. So, you know, it's it's a real eclectic mix of items thrown together simply because they all share a common colour. I, I don't know how long they're going to keep this running. I think we're into the fifth week now. So we've had red, blue, white, green. Uh, currently, uh, they're on black. And uh, I'm sure there's a few weeks to go yet. But uh, if you've not looked on that, get yourself over to Best Bin Prime on Facebook and uh, have a look. You know, some very, very nice stuff being shown. Stuff in some cases that I've not heard of before. Some of the big collectors popping out the woodwork, like Gus Lopez, Joe Iglesias, uh, showing some wonderful items. Has to be purely all of that colour? Not purely, but the majority. Okay. The, the main colour. The black one's a... Uh, you could just put any Star Wars in, really, because it's all in black packaging, couldn't you? But most, most people are doing Vader or... Or some character that's black, but when it when it's been the other colours, it might be the sort of backing plate colour on a carded figure or the colour of the figures. Andy Takara has just totally green collection of Takara, you know, Kashigomu erasers, just all green ones. And yeah, Gus's stuff has just been unbelievable for every colour. 30, 40 odd items. Um, from his collection, stuff you've never seen before. It's, it's well worth a look if, if you haven't already been there. And Mr. Preston here seems to be a regular as well. Always, always got something to add. I'm just, I'm just waiting for Tartan to come up. <laughs> See, I haven't seen what Andy brought to Echo. I'm terrified of what he's got in his loft. Take a little look at my website, Pete. I know, I have. But I'm even more scared when I see that. Again. Yeah. What else hasn't he shown yet? <laughs> because like you keep producing stuff you've probably got every color of the rainbow ready to go yes tat tat auras. the moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes right echo three to echo seven han old buddy do you copy this can only be about one thing but shall we start because there's a bit of fun with our gimcrack challenge oh yes let's start with gimcrack so the challenge this time it was up to £10 you could spend. I think it was £5 because you, you well, were consistent trying to beat £5. Well, we did start with that. Then you got silly and then we changed well, it. We, and, then, and you bought it under we, £5. Well, everyone said you can't you can't get anything for under £10. So they got up to £10. Yeah. yeah so, whatever. Up to £10. No problem. Jason was just being, just stirring us all up. So uh, £10, that's all right. £10 is fine. It gives you a bit more range. Um, so you've got to find something which is, you know, a bit tatty, a bit tat, uh, something off the beaten track. I have unfortunately keep getting caught out by nonsense Ewok items because that to me is gim crack. So um, let's start with Jason. Seems you were the first there and you got your item first. So I was I was doing my gim crack shopping on the Friday when people was setting up, and this is one of the few things I could see that was on offer for under a fiver. Cost me four pounds. It's a very nice Turn of the Jedi beaker, uh, and on one side of it, it has Princess Leia and Lando Calrissian, 
in uh, Jabba's palace. So it's Leia Bush and uh, Lando skiff guard disguise. And then on the other side, just, just proving it costs £4, I left the price sticker on. There's Chewbacca and Han Solo in the Endor Forest. And I thought that was a very nice, lovely thing to be able to get for four pounds. And I've I've also pictured it. I'm actually keeping all of my gimcracks. I'm I've got a little focus of gimcrap going on there, so it's pictured with everything else that I've bought in Gimcrap Challenge as well. So uh, there you go. Lovely little beaker. That's all, almost too nice to be considered gimcrap, <laughs> yes. isn't it? Mm. A little bit posh that is, Jason. Huh? Right, let's go with Preston seeing as he's enthusiastically frenzied. Yeah, well, I, I have thrown my my entry up on the photos only chat, and uh, this was from my favourite purveyors of fine gimcrack, Messrs Temple and Potter, uh, on the Toys of Tatooine stand. Now, these two sticker sheets cost me ten pounds, but that works out at five pounds <sighs> each. Oof. Oh, we're bending the rules, Andy. We're bending the rules. So, well, there we are. He, he, he wouldn't split. They were back together. So five five pounds each. But I I think this is absolutely top top gimcrack. So what we have here are two sets of bagged sticker sheets. One is in fairly poor condition and most of the header card ripped off, but the other one's pretty minty. It looks like the Butterfly Originals header card, like on the stationary products, but. I don't think it is. I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's, it, well, it's very obviously bootleg. It says made in Taiwan. But the stickers themselves are just wonderful. So they are from Return of the Jedi era. The left-hand sticker sheet, let's just run through these quickly. So top left, you've got Princess Leia Organa. Now, she's partly with, in her Bespin gown with that, uh, that, that belt that she wears. But her hair is braided like in the Ewok village. Her jumpsuit, it must be a jumpsuit, is bright green, over which she's wearing a purple cloak, and she's got a bright red, bright red? No, bright orange belt buckle and shoes. So lovely attire there. Moving on, we've then got Han Solo. Now, Han has got, uh, well, I, I think you're right. I think this is definitely Han from Return of the Jedi. He emerged from Carbonite, having put on a few pounds after he went into it. And this is definitely the post-Carbonite Han Solo. He's looking a bit chunky porky. face. Absolutely. But all the, all the weight has been transferred from his legs up into his head because he's got tiny chicken little legs. chicken legs. Yes. He, and looked again, like, he looked like a cartoon character. I can't think of what it is. Something like... Ren and Stimpy, or maybe, uh, oh, what's the one with Marty and Thingy in it? The, uh, the, I think it was called new, Newish Cartoon. Space oh, you're on your own there. Time travel. <laughs> the only Marty time travel I know of is Back to the Future. No, the, 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 the <laughs> Rick and Morty, thank you. Rick and Morty. You get something yeah. from that, maybe? It's, uh, it's awful. If you say so. And he's, he's wearing a fetching blue shirt with a mm. purple vest over it, pink trousers. Lovely. Next to him, we've got Lando Calrissian. Not a bad rendition of Lando, I've got to be Aside from say, the wrong race, of course. Ex exactly. Lando is well known for being a very dashing black man, whereas this guy is Caucasian. <laughs> Again, a lovely blue jumpsuit, a purple and red cape. Below that, though, this is where my favourites come in. We have a bright green Rancor, but 
I'm not quite sure what is going on. He looks more like... He, i tell you what he looks like. Look, do you remember those finger monsters that you could get back in the 80s? And you'd set them on your finger and waggle them up and down. That's what he reminds me of. Definitely doesn't look like a rancor monster, but... You can still get those. Can you? Uh, what, what, do they, what do they call them? Can't remember. Finger monsters. Finger monsters. Yeah. There we go. But he's not just called monster. He's not called rancor, is he? He's just monster. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Well, there's monster. a few of these, and you've got, but, you've got shuttle... Tiberium, I guess it is. That, oh no, no, just say Tiberium. The, you got patrol say, for the for the uh, for the Star Destroyer patrol. Yeah. Well, let's come come back come back to the uh, th- the, the left hand sticker sheet. Next yeah, to I'll just try and green, move along, Andy. It could be all night if you keep going. Next to the green rancor, we have got a very grumpy looking wicket. Have you ever seen a more pissed off Ewok than that? Well, you know, he's been he's been made grey or something. He he has a blue and purple Imperial shuttle. And then on the next sticker sheet, we've got Darth Vader. Darth Vader is wearing a lovely pink inner robe beautiful. and beautiful. leather armor with a blue cape and blue shoulder armor, blue belt. And he's got a helmet with nice blue and yellow accents to it. We've got Luke Skywalker in what looks like his best been fatigues, but they're bright orange. And he's got Wolverine hands. He's somehow waving. He is. He's waving four lightsabers. So he can go one better than Kylo Ren, who's got three blades. This guy's got four blades coming out of his lightsaber. We've got a purple and blue Star Destroyer, purple, blue, yellow, and green TIE Fighter, purple, blue, yellow, and green Millennium Falcon. Uh, There's there's a theme on this sticker sheet, isn't there? Purple, blue, yellow, and green Stormtrooper. But my absolute favorite of the lot, bottom left, is the Galactic Emperor. Not Emperor, Emperor. In a beautiful pink colour. Pink robes, bright pink face, jolly little grin on his face. He it, it look, it looks like your nan. It, it probably is. It yeah, there you go. So, yeah, our absolute top game crack. If this doesn't win this month, <laughs> I, I want a steward's inquiry. That's trying to, that's trying to, massage, <laughs> that's trying to massage Richard. He's not like that. Right, Boons. Right, I suppose I need to share my photo. So I, I am impressed by Andy's, but I think I think Gimcrack, you need to not actually know what it is. It's just what I've got. I don't know what it is, and Come I can get it out. Get it out. Well, that's, that's not sounding good already. Yeah, show I us your Gimcrack. Come on, show it. Here we. Oh, I'm nearly putting it in a chat with Christian Sommer instead. He doesn't want to see my Gimcrack. TVR photos only chat. Here we go. Here we go. Here it comes. That'll be good. Look at that beauty. Is it a Tauntaun or is it Bosk? I think it's meant to. I think it's meant to be Bosk. It's a Tops candy head, which inspired me for the uh, the question in the quiz earlier. It's truly horrible. It's truly horrible. If that wasn't uh, Echo. There's another uh, Ben Potter item. If that wasn't an Echo and that was somewhere else, I wouldn't know that that was Star Wars. It's horrible. It's brown. It's full of 40-year-old sweets. You need uh, to eat them. You need to eat them and report back if you live. Tell you what the ingredients are. You might Sugar. get a clue that it's from Star Wars because it says Empire Strikes Back on that little thing at the bottom. Does it? <laughs> Where? <laughs> In, well, in your picture, you've got the hole that the sweets come out of, but I think the other side, it says Empire Strikes Back, doesn't it? Oh, I don't think so. 
I have a look. It's on my shelf. But it's got on the bottom, it says sugar, maltodextrin, fumaric acid, magnesium stearate, artif flavors and colors, tops, ink, Juria, Pennsylvania, 18642, made in Hong Kong. Net weight, uh, five ounces. But I've not. I'll have a quick look, see if it says Empire Strikes Back on the side. Bear with me. See, my problem is in there, a grown boy needs. We've had a candy head before, we see, so Richard obviously will turn into consideration on his judgment. From Mr. Spoons, I believe. <laughs> does he? Oh, my word. That's... Oh, it does say Empire Strikes Back on the side. Well, spotted at Oh, me. he's not putting put attention to this one. Still, it's still pretty horrible. I'm not convinced it is boss. That could be a taunt, Tom. I think the teeth. The teeth are more boss-like. It's got no horns, I suppose, has it? That's uh... But it's not. Yeah, it's well, the... boss. And he's got two nostrils as well. There is a Tauntaun in that same set. So, I'm not Googling uh, Pops Candy Heads. I only came up with the the Jedi ones. Couldn't see any earlier ones. Very gruesome. But so Richard will have to make that judgment call. Well, right, I'm, I'm, you know, my vote's for Andy anyway, so I'm not going to be too upset. Right, well, you haven't got mine yet. You might love this. Right. Mine, I was. I thought, oh, I'm not going to go to the boys of Tatooine, you know what they call themselves, because that's where everyone goes. So I did go there. And uh, so I was wandering around with my Amidala nemesis, and we found a dreadful VHS. And I thought, oh, fantastic. Maybe not gimcrack enough. But then when we opened it up, and the guy said, I reckon this was, because it was an amazing movie, it looks like this was being used as a, a rental <laughs> rental VHS in a shop, because it's got on it, I've got it in my hand here, it's got a video store sticker on it, which says, important, please rewind the tape. So it's not a rental copy, because it's got for home use only, but it does have a tape in there with a label, which I've shown in, in the thing, which was probably being used in a shop. Now, there's a, there is a logo on it. I need to try and see if I can find it or put it out there to see if anyone can in it. But so, yeah. So it also says, please note on the side, tampering with the contents of this cassette will render the user liable to prosecution. Wow. I mean, what? I what do, sort of random sticker is I that? I prove of this game crack because obviously uh, Echo Live, you did actually give me a VHS player. So yeah, I, well, yes. See, I, I, need, I, like I need content now. So it's it's a dreadful film. It's and the fact it's, it was only the fact that it had this rental sticker on it inside, which made me buy it for three pounds. I think I overpaid. Three pounds. That, wow. that, that really does add to the attraction, Pete. Also, exactly. on the cassette tape, you've got a universal sticker, the green triangle. Oh, yes. And you've also got, I assume this is for the video shop's cataloging system, so they know which box to put it in, uh, a, a number. And the mm. uh, what a great number it is. 69, 69. dude. But yeah, it's also got some mould on the tape as well, which is a little bit added extra there. Maybe, you know, I could grow something. But yeah, it was so bad. But it was only the I only bought it because of the fact that it was being used as a rental by a shop. Because obviously no one wanted to rent this amazing film. But yeah, the cassette's a bit broken. Uh, the, uh, the the box a bit broken. But I've got spare boxes and put it in. It's it's truly ghastly. It's truly ghastly and truly gimcrack. So a rental, a shop was renting out a bog standard VHS. And that's my game crap. But it's down to Richard and then the audience. So. Right, okay. Well, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I absolutely love Annie Preston's entry. 
I think those are true Gamecock. Jason's is very quality, and that's the problem. It's probably too good quality, but he's done a, a stellar effort. The video cassette itself, I thought was absolutely diabolical. However, the <laughs> sticker, important, please rewind the tape, is I'll count that sticker and dismiss the rest. And and you know, and I'm not even going there. So I'm going to me guts gonna go with the sticker with Pete. The important yes. please rewind the tape. That is Gimcrack. That sticker there is exactly what this is about. Exactly. Um, so ignore everything else, that sticker. Brilliant. Well spotted, Pete. There we go. Uh, and helped with well my nemesis, the the Amadile collecting nemesis. It was great fun. Echo Base. How did, did anyone know what number this was? Echo Base. Oh, I'm lucky for some 13, I think, wasn't it? 13. I haven't been to that many. It was probably about my fifth or sixth one, I think. But yeah, Jason, you got there earliest, so... Uh, yes, I got there... Uh, I got there... Uh, talk us through it. At lunchtime on the Friday, the day before, because I stayed overnight in Birmingham. Um, I uh, went and... I, I was in Kingfisher, the shopping centre, where they have Echo Live. I was there for the setup day on Friday. Got there about... Probably about half two, three o'clock, and there were loads of people in there setting up. Well, Jason, set, set the scene, it is, it, I mean, the, uh, this is an enormous old, was it, Wilco shop? Yeah. Massive, been, massive supermarket. Shop for, it seems like forever now, but obviously yeah. it used to be in various different locations in the Kingfisher. They've just got, the Wilco shop, they've got down to an absolute T now. It's absolutely full. It's, you know, they have, must be over a hundred tables in there, do you think? Yeah, easy. Yeah, and it's just absolutely full. It's completely crammed with people on the day. Loads and loads. I mean, there's there's more more vintage there than you'd ever see at a a, a London celebration. Now it's just it, it's just if you're into buying vintage Star Wars or Star Wars in general, it's the show to go to. Now. Yeah, it, I mean, it's ten times more, wasn't it? I mean, you think what was a celebration? There was several sellers who were there. Yeah, some were there. And this is this is just you know this is what celebration should have been. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there was like the you know, brim with Star Wars. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let Andy Preston talk about the guests in general. But I was for me, it was really nice seeing um, Bob there with the the Palatoy story, the book, which they had a stand for, and uh, he, he said that it's going into print. It may even come out before Christmas, the Palatoy story. And I saw a. They had a proof copy of it, which I had a good look at. That was fantastic. A good friend of the show, Lee Gregory, was there with his um, vintage-style play sets. He had what he normally does. You normally kind of perch one or two of them on our table, but he's got so many now. He had his own table there with uh, prototypes for all these new play sets. And one of the, the, the second one to be produced called Destruction of Alderaan, and um, you can uh, pre-order that on his website now. So, yeah, well done, well done, Lee, and his, on his play sets and of course there was Giovanni was there and his mate selling the biggest book in um, Star Wars their uh, their Kenner guide and uh, I got a copy of that got them to sign it. it came with posters and had a special as we say we had a special cover on it which uh, was just for Echo Live it's quite fantastic the swag that you get at Echo Live now is getting on a par with uh, Celebration Swag, I would say, or even better in places. And I've got a quick roundup of all the fantastic Echo Swag that was there. So 
there was uh, there was a great pun on uh, it was Lily Leddy tote bag and bookmark, which is a kind of pun on one of our uh, cheapo supermarket chains over here in the UK, which I thought was really good. There was a there was a Yak Fest 23 baseball cap. You get baseball caps there. Hang uh, on, Jason. Jason, just go back to that with that first one because you didn't explain it. Yeah. You said Lily Leddy. It was Little Leddy. Little Leddy. That's it, right? Little. So Little is a German supermarket. It's not British. <laughs> oh, well, they seem to be British because they seem to dominate over here. But anyway, German then, not British. It's but, German. Uh, yes, yeah, so anyway, yeah, it was very good. We had Vader's own dark Sith sauce, which was uh, a rebranded uh, bottle of soya sauce that was made to look at the Darth Vader sauce. It was very nice. A little mini Imperial shuttle box that's wrapped in cellophane, and it rattles. I think there's a shuttle in there, but I haven't, I haven't taken the cellophane off mine to find out, but... That was marvellous. I think it's a repro insert, isn't it? Is it? After an incident at the previous Echo Show. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and the fact that and the fact that it's shrink wrapped as well is even oh, funny. Oh, it's a repro, repro insert. Well, that's um, controversy. And and right. shrink wrapped, which is well, also that's the same. Um, I might have to go and open mine up and have a look now. There was Bounty Hunter Boss Lip Gloss, uh, a Revenge of the Turd Bubblegum card set. Look really nice. A General Medine bookmark on one side, then a Lobot eye test card where it said something uh, quite uh, unsavoury about Lobot, um, which uh, tends to be the way with General Medine fans. There was an R2D2 beer koozie. Hang on a minute. What's, what's General Medine got? To, what's he got a problem with Lobot for? Oh, it's just an odd. You have to be a member of the General. Yeah, Medine but we, we need to, you can't you can't lay that accusation down and then not explain. What, what's, oh. what's what's going on there? Well, General Medine is obviously the, the, our Lord and Savior, the kind of greatest, uh, action figure in the galaxy. And Lobot is his arch enemy and just isn't. So it's just an ongoing joke. Bit of fun. That sounds a bit hard. I, I, well, uh, I think this needs to be addressed, Jason. It has lots of swag though, anyway. So. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start at the Lobot swag. This item was really fun. There was large sized Dairy Lee triangles of Boba Fett and, uh, OOO, which I absolutely loved. Those were great. Then there were little mini roller skates on a little little bubble on a card, and there were a range of characters. Uh, obviously, I picked up a General Medine for one of those, but there were a range of different characters you can pick up. Lobot lip gloss, I think it was, or some kind of um, thing with Lobot and, and, a, and a little white tube. And then there were frisbees and stickers, so these kind of frisbees with kind of characters printed on them, which I thought were fantastic. So uh, we've got frisbees now, and then... There was a little, uh, a little, uh, a little case, pew pew case, it was called from um, Drew Tech, the guy who does does the action figure display cases, so it kind of looked like the front one of his displays that had lots of goodies in it. And then, last but not least, our own very own Andy Preston with uh, a free a free send in offer for for Palatoy Biker Scout in the same style that it would you'd have for one of the other figures. But this was for Palatoy Biker Scout. He's been doing a number of these leaflets. And they Andy, I've sent mine off, so I'd better get that soon. You might Otherwise. want to check check the uh, expiry date on there, Pete. Ah, the expiry date. I'll just take you to court and have it uh, prized out of your dead hands. I mean, that that was just my highlights of what the swag the swag that was there. But I mean, you know, there were loads loads of loads of swag. But, uh, yeah. I, I think it's not not to mention a lovely General Medine badge from Mr. Palatoy. <laughs> oh yeah, fe- featuring the highlight of last year's show where uh, where Dermot. Dermot O'Leary came out and 
Dermot O'Leary? I think it's Dermot. Dermot O'Leary? Not Dermot O'Leary. Dermot... Dermot Crowley. Dermot Crowley. <laughs> I love the fact it's your hero. You don't know his name. Who's O'Leary? You did. I think that was a... I used to be a TV celebrity. Anyway, he came came out and we were all bowing on the ground. Somebody got a picture of him and I turned it into a badge. So. The world's biggest badge, by the way. It was like... It was a very big badge. I wore it to the football, Jason. People looked at me in a very, very strange way. Yes, they will be with a badge that size. It was huge and people thought it was my birthday, so it was good. Right, and I think it's also worth mentioning that, you know, the whole... Well, one of the points I could base, not only for us all to meet up and catch up. I mean, I caught up with an old school friend and seen literally since school, I think, or just after school. We had a good chin wag. I gave his, his lad some crap out of my, I mean, some top quality collectibles out of my bag. Uh, so he went home happy, but it was great. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, that's what, that's what these things are all about. Catching up and meeting people. Met my Amadala nemesis. We had a good chat, good tour around the place, trying to find Amadala tap for places. That was great to catch up with her. But also, you know, you've got a brilliant raffle. I donated a big bag of absolute top level collectibles can i just say um but they raised a lot of money through the meal on the friday night which was a big a big deal i mean those we had a great time meeting you know eating sitting there and eating and meeting greeting with star wars celebrities who came and did signings the next day and i, um, I hear mark, mark hockley sang yeah yeah i mean it just yeah you know, it was a great night I, i'd love to go on said i couldn't, couldn't make it out of the plans but, I mean, they really do put on a show. I mean, it's a real proper Star Wars event now, I think. But it's gone from meeting up and selling your, your crap, and now it's meeting up selling your crap and having a right old Star Wars weekend, which I think is fantastic. And the fundraising is brilliant. I mean, they've raised a lot of money, haven't they? In fact, it's, I think it's almost, it's almost 10 grand they've managed to raise through various things over the weekend, um, which all goes to good causes. They choose various charities. I don't know what the charity was this time, but... It'd be worthwhile, but um, no, it just I think I think all, you know it's become such a huge event. Um, the, I guess the only downside in the future is if that Wilco store or whatever it was called before suddenly gets taken over, they have to find somewhere else because you're trying to cram in, like you say, a hundred tables into a place. That's not going to be easy to to replicate. So I guess we're getting a little bit lucky at the moment with uh, with that setup, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it to me, it's it's you know, it is the premier sized event, Star Wars, that's worth going to at the moment, and and you can see why that people could come from all over the Europe, people are coming in from uh, Germany, Hungary, and all sorts at the moment. Yeah, and it's just yeah, I mean, it's just going to get bigger at the moment, I think. Yeah, it's such a, a super event. It goes from strength to strength, doesn't it? You can get stuff there. You you can find stuff for a pound. You can find stuff for thousands and thousands of pounds. Was that a, a rocket fet I saw on one of the stands? <laughs> was, did someone sure. really have one? There was a rocket fet and there was a prototype Boba Fett, something or other, on that same same display as well. Crikey. What, genuine yeah. things? Genuine the, the, the toilet sculpt um, IG-88 that was from uh, Paul's... Uh, find in America the the, uh, the prototype find that was that was up there for sale on his stall. Yeah, just just bonkers stuff. But uh, like I say, if if you go with a pound, you can come away happy. Uh, if you go with tens of thousands, yeah, you, I mean, I, you can I, buy I, something I, and and everything in between. I think it's such a great social event. I mean, what I love doing is one selling your stuff for for hardly anything, Andy, and giving it away. So oh, absolutely. Fun. Uh, but just just engaging with people. I mean, the amount of people you, you walk around, and I remember you know, forwarding people to a store. I got my Chris packets because I knew Grant was after Chris packets, and uh, someone else there was some because it was at Marvel Comics, 
And you just end up you know, engaging with the, the storeholders. I mean, the amount of conversations I had, I mean, the day went so quickly. I mean, what were we there from? I was there from eight o'clock till about 3.30. And it went so fast. There was not a moment where you're thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm bored. Um, I guess it helps when we're running a stall. Um, it's all action and go and Andy goes off for a cup yeah, of tea. Yeah, the stall was a lot of fun. We had like it's a great uh, lot of fun. We had one table. Uh, rather than two, but we all managed, we all kind of pitched in a little bit, and as I say, uh, people selling our stuff most of the time, and I saw the start thoughts, which I'm still kind of uh, absolutely amazed that I managed. Well, I'm taking the glory there, Jason, because I forwarded that guy on for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for that, because uh, I've only got another two sets to go now, so... I'll tell you what, Jason, that's the most I've seen start Um Several stores had start Yeah. I don't think any of them sold any, but it's the most. So like I said, when I saw someone touching one, I quickly said, no, go and buy Jason's. I even managed to sell quite a lot of car packs as well. You people, sold a lot of car packs. People, people have been through my car packs quite a lot, but now yeah, I've got a lot of those as well. So. But I'm always amazed that, that it, more people aren't collecting car packs because it's an easy thing to collect most yeah. of the time. Um, obviously, you know, the the ones that end up run a little bit harder, but it's, you know, there's always someone with a pile of car backs on. We had, you, you had quite, Andy's. Quite a number of stalls have car backs on them now. Yeah, it was good. Great to see, I thought, to see that sort of thing. Because it's such a thing. I said, I never understand why people sort of like walk past them. So that's a major bit of Star Wars action figure, vintage collecting, which is, and it's easy to get hold of. You know, it's a great thing to collect. Another thing I'd like to mention, the setup outside. Uh, this uh, event was themed all around Jabba's Palace. And in the hallway just outside the event, there was a wonderful life-size Jabba sitting on his dais with salacious crumb. Um, there were a few other bits and pieces around. There was a, a, a full-size Watto dangling from the wall. So you could go and sit on Jabba's throne, have your, phone take, have your photo taken with him. There were cosplayers wandering around all day, Darth Vader, Stormtroopers, Jawas, Rebels, Sand People, you name it, all sorts of cosplayers, and credit to them because that's not easy. And then the guests, again, Jabba's Palace-themed, um, some wonderful guests, lots and lots of autographs sold on the day. Um, you had Simon Williamson, uh, who was uh, Max Rebo, amongst other characters. Paul Brook, the Rancor Keeper, he's somebody that I've been looking to meet for a long, long time, so delighted to get his autograph. Uh, also had an autograph from Paul Weston, who was a Nikto in Jabba's Palace. Femi Taylor, always great to see Femi. Uh, Ula, of course. Um, I don't know how she does it. Just she has not changed in 20 years. She still <laughs> looks gorgeous. <laughs> uh, Toby Philpot, who was one of the Jabba operators. Uh, Sean Crawford, good friend to Echo Base, uh, Yak Face, of course. Uh, and Hugh Spite, who was a Gamorian guard. Uh, and again, that's another autograph that I added to my poster. Sadly, Dave Barkley, um, another Jabber puppeteer, was poorly, couldn't attend. Jason, you've already mentioned Bob Breakin, who was there with his Palatoy book, and Brian Hickey, who's the co-author there uh, and a, a former guest of ours on the show. He came over from Ireland as well, so it was lovely to uh, say hi to Brian. Uh, so, yeah, very, very good quality show. They have announced that there's going to be another Echo Base Live next spring. Uh, no details, no dates yet, but it is a Hoth theme, judging by the photos mm-hmm. that have been released early. Uh, so, yeah, we will look forward to hearing more about that one. So, let's just tie up. Can we go through our best purchase of Echo Base? I'm going to start. Uh, it has to be my light, my <laughs> my Walker's Crisps Lights, you know, family pack 
with Amidala on it. I didn't even know it existed. I never thought I'd ever see one. Got it for two quid. One of those things when you find it, you just, you just light up and go, that was epic. And I'll never see it again, probably. I think the thing I'm most happy with is that uh, character stationery for um, HCF, because I've been after one of those for quite a long time and uh, managed to get one. So I was like, I'm happy with that. Nice. Spoons. That's a really tough one. I mean, the the proof sheet from Celebration was technically a purchase pre-echo. I just, pick, just picked it up there. It wasn't a huge amount of vintage. So in, in all seriousness, it'd probably be, I mean, actually, I didn't mention the hardback book I bought off Andy as well. Jason mentioned his. I've got to mention, got to mention mine, but that, that wasn't it. No disrespect, Andy. But the fact that the, the nice items that both Pete and Andy gave me, you know, that's that's it. Those uh, Shutters of the Empire uh, packets for the for the tops cards. That's really nice. I was just wondering how to display those really. And uh, and Pete's retro Boba Fett. Yeah, yes. I think I think they're there. And and, um, and then Molly's. Well, I, I don't know. I like them all the same. They're Molly's. Uh, that was a nice. That was a very nice thing for to do to you for you. Yeah. Well, so I keep nagging her to get a job. You see, I imagine that's uh, keep keep off her back for a bit. Find <laughs> 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 me that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's probably why. But no, it was it was yeah, it was nice. That's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I don't think I didn't pick up anything in particular for myself that was that was wow. But all those kind of stuff was really nice. And Preston, you, we, we raised your money. You had a big tin of cash, so you must have spent it on something. Yeah, favourite pickup. But I didn't buy all that much. Um, but I mentioned it in my new acquisitions earlier. The vinyl cap sold early in uh, cinemas, early screenings of Star Wars. And, you know, you can still learn new things in this hobby. I was chatting with Darren Simpson. He said, have you ever seen one of these before? No, I hadn't. And, uh, yeah, a nice addition to the collection. The moon with the Rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. Boy in the bubble. What on earth is this? Seriously. Although I have to, I have to admit, I have to admit, I did make one of these out of ice, as we probably all did, and, used, well, and then food colouring. Absolutely, and that's why I thought it might be nice just to have a little chat about this one. So this was a paste that was put up on uh, Echo Base uh, UK Vintage by Paul Flynn, and he simply says, not for sale, this was dad made in 1981, still better than the slave one and the last 17 yeah, version. it's good. So what this is, I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at to start off with. Uh, it's a, a, a black blob. But you look a bit closer and details start to emerge. What they've done, what his dad did back in 1981, he took a bubble off a card back, um, a, a double stem bubble, and put in it a Han Bespin figure and filled it up with, I don't know whether it's polyfiller or plasticine or what it is. It looks like Han's arms have been cut off and uh, placed in this this filler material. So he's got his hands raised like the um, actual carbonite statue. And it's it's really good. It's really effective. Uh, I think I'd have been well pleased with that as a kid. I did ask him uh, um, on the thread, I said, is, is that actually a Han Bespin figure in there? And he said, yeah, it sure is. Uh, it must have been done later than 81. Not sure that uh, those double stem bubbles were around then. Uh, Dad took a bubble, chopped up a beta Han Bespin, set him in a clear resin. There we are. Clear resin is what it was. A bit of black paint and Bob's your uncle. 
and uh, yeah, very good. So, did anybody else on the podcast make their own Han in Carbonite figure? No, well, yeah, I, I just said uh, I did a, an ice version, but you, that was easy to do. But it obviously never looked great because <laughs> it sounds great. Oh, put it in ice, put it in ice bucket. Oh, and a, a, a little, a little square, a little square shelf, you know, a little square tray. Put food colouring into the into the water, so make it really dark. And then it used to come out. It, it was awful. I have to say, we, did, we only did it once. It was like yeah, stuff that. I think the only thing I made was an imperial land speeder out of black and white cardboard. <laughs> I've got I've got a vague memory of having a hand in carbonite, and what I did, I, th- I think I found a box that was about the right size, and again stuck a hand solo figure in. But I wasn't about to chop him up and set him in resin. I, I think I just used tin foil and pressed it over him so you could see the outline of the figure underneath the tin foil. So I think that was my hand in carbonite before I picked up the slave one. Yeah, because putting in ice, you could have him melt, you see, so like like in the film, but it, it never worked like that. It just kind of popped out. <laughs> drips a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of dripping, and then it's... It's hot for playing with as well, I would have thought. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I think in your head as a kid, it sounds great, but actually in reality... It just it just doesn't work, and it just it creates an enormous mess because obviously you've got food coming in the water, and that's just going to go everywhere. But in, in your mind, in mind it's brilliant, but in reality it's rubbish. Yeah, but it's the logical thing to use, isn't it? Because it's carbon Absolutely. freezing, so yeah, you exactly. know if it's freezing. What is it? it must be ice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I guess you could use cake <laughs> <laughs> or icing or something. So it's a bit random. You know, stick them in a cake and bake the crap out of them. And then when he comes out, you can you can just you know you can lick the icing off the cake, and that's you know well just have a cake, stop the figure. <laughs> what about you, spoons? You uh, were you creative as a kid? I was, yes. Yeah. So I think I've mentioned before on the show. So I I would make cardboard Death Stars and like control control decks for. Star Destroyers, that kind of thing. But the, the Death Star, I remember particularly well, sort of the, the long cardboard tubes for kitchen roll as a as a lift going up to various levels and doors cut in and little little panels cut. You know, they look, you know, it's kid colouring in and drawing stuff. There was n- nothing like the real thing, but I'd have a lot of a lot of time and fun making those and then then playing with them. Uh, I never it never even crossed my mind. I don't think to make a a hand in carbonite. I don't know. So why it wasn't? I suppose I never had a slave one. It probably you know wasn't wasn't a big toy in my mind, and I stopped playing with them before the last seventeen came out. So it wasn't wasn't really a, a toy I thought much about. But um, the parents used to make things as well, but not more for Action Man than Star Wars. And Dad made a, a very nice sailing boat for Action Man out of wood. And, uh, and my brother, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the pursuit craft with its pontoons, he made my brother one of those out of washing up liquid bottles as the pontoon. So they, they were quite creative, but no, never, never a hand carbonite. What about yourself, Rich? Did you get the, uh, get the resin out and give Han a bit of a bath? No, definitely not. All I remember doing is using the duvet as Hoth and digging in the garden. Other than that, nothing. I think that was just Rich's normal life, wasn't it? Digging in the garden. Hmm. Oh, son, get out and dig in the garden. I thought we got Yorkshire for. Anyway, right, let's move on. The rebel base is on the moon on the far side. We are preparing to orbit the planet. Ahsoka Tar very much, or Ahsoka Tar no? Thank you. I've got lots to say on this subject, Richard, but you lead it in. 
Yeah, so obviously Ahsoka's finished now. I think generally what I've been seeing online is lots of highs, lots of lows, and a mixture of everything in between. I personally think that as fans we've done what we often do in that we overhype things and nothing will ever meet our expectations of which Andor, which was possibly the one that most people were least looking forward to, has obviously exceeded those expectations and perhaps been the most popular of them all. Gut instinct for me is that I enjoyed it. I did, you know, watch every episode and look forward to the episodes, but already I'm starting to forget about some of it. Characters' names, that just didn't stick in my head at all. For me, it was something that... I watched and I enjoyed, but it was no different from an EU novel. I think I had a lot of expectations for, you know, Dave Filoni being given his own shot at Ahsoka's TV show, and it was summed up well for me, and I think this was on Rebel Force Radio, where Dave Filoni is now a student of JJ and not a student of George Lucas, and he's lost a little bit of that on the way. Um, so how we're going to break this up then so we're talking off a storyline so I'll come to you first Jason, the storyline of Ahsoka generally what do you think of it the the journey from well A to B to whatever the main problem I had it had with it was I didn't watch the, the animated um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the there were a lot of key points where they were referring to things, and you were kind of like, yeah, that's that's something I've not seen, and they made it quite important kind of plot points to, in certain places, and I kind of kind of looked at them and yeah, I kind of know what they're referring to because you kind of pick a lot of the stuff up, but I think it could have been if it had been a bit more stand alone-y and not relying on that stuff, it would have been easier for for casual viewers to kind of follow the plot I think I mean it was it was really nice seeing um, Anakin in there obviously but yeah I mean referring to a lot of the a lot of the characters and what went on in the animated series just bits of it were lost on me so but I enjoyed it and I'd, I'd look forward to seeing another series if they uh, if they get another series that would be nice Pete what about you then so what did you think about the, the storyline yeah, I, I mean, just to touch on what Jason said there, which I, um, my brother hadn't watched any of the, well, he'd watched a little bit of animated stuff. Uh, I'd shown him a, a bits and pieces of it. And he doesn't really engage with it too much. And, um, he, he, you know, there was too much trying to establish characters very quickly. And because you're coming from an animated series with someone who was really invested in the characters, I think it lost that introduction level of characters. I think that what, what they do best um, in Star Wars is just to ignore that and just go, you know, just get on with the story, which there wasn't a great deal of as such. Um, they're obviously setting up something bigger. I think we've taken eight episodes and we could have probably taken, you know, the first three episodes to get to that point and get on with a good bit of story. But there wasn't really a great deal. It was kind of, here's here's some characters you should be familiar with. They're going to have some kind of story development in their characters and we're going to get from this point here to this point here and bring in some more characters. And that was really it. You know, this, this, the, the, the threat of Thrawn should have happened early rather than at the end. And it said it was, it, it, I think it's wasted. I've got to say, I enjoyed it because I think if you know the characters and the animations, then you are 
you're on a bit more of a, you know, you've been filled in more and you can get on with them. If you haven't, like my brother kept saying, he had no relationship with the characters because they, they, they were referring to too much off screen and you it, it got lost. And it's almost like about episode three, they, got, they had to bring that information back in and go, oh, yeah, this is this is why this character was doing this. And uh, I think it was a bit of a mess, really, until it, until about episode five. And then it kind of got going to where we should have been earlier on, maybe. But story-wise, there wasn't really much of a story, Richard, if I'm absolutely honest with you. Uh, what, what was the story? Ahsoka and friends find Thrawn from the end of Rebels and Ezra. And, and then Thrawn escapes. That's it. Well, I said in, a, in another show that I, I do on Panther Tracks in that Dave Filoni, for me, he cannot wrap up a story. He leaves everything open, you know, and just doesn't close anything off, which is why I'm really actually fearful of this movie that he's got planned because I think I said on the Ahsoka could be decapitated, but he'll still find a way of bringing it back. Well, yeah, um, I, mean, you, I mean, the thing is, Rich, you've got... I mean, I think if they if they'd done this show and then they said at the end, right, there'll be an Ahsoka season two and then there'll be a film to finish it all off and tie everything. But we don't know anything, do we? We exactly. don't know whether there's a season two. We we've been told there's a Filoni film, but does that need to have another series of another one of the characters? The see, it's, 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 this whole thing reminds me of my football club. They just they could say very simple things to allay everyone's fears. At the moment. There's not going to be a show for an Ahsoka um, season two, probably for a good three years, even if they started tomorrow. So that's annoying. So are we going to get the conclusion to the the um, the Mandoverse? Because this is this is part of the Mandoverse. Let's face it. Are we going to get conclusion to that at some point? I don't know. We don't have any information, and it's very frustrating to watch a series. And that was going on in my head as watching it. Is we're not going to get whatever happens at the end. And let's face it, nothing's going to be tied up at the end. We're not going to get a conclusion to it for years and years, and that's very frustrating. They've missed a trick there. Something's obviously gone on at Disney, and we know that they're losing money with poor streaming results and, and all sorts. But, I mean, allegedly the skeleton crew is going to fill some gaps in and, and all sorts. But, I mean, I did like the way it finished. I mean, Thrawn is in there. We're going to have a big Thrawn. He's going to be the big baddie. There's going to be witches and all sorts and you know, all sorts of flying around and Ahsoka is, you know, and friends are trapped on this, you know, galaxy far, far away and they're going to have to get back at some stage. And, and yeah, and, you know, I mean, they said it, it set it up okay, but there was too many threads. So the Bale and Skull thread was just a total missed opportunity. And now with the guy's dead, that's going to lead to another Lucasfilm bit of nonsense, isn't it? You know? Yeah. It's just another Crimson Dawn. It's just another Akiva. It's just like the ending of uh, Solo, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what they should do is, is just, again, say, we will recast him because there's no point in trying to do CGI on this guy. You know, you get, there's some great actors out there who could just as easily pull off that character. You know, we've got Gravitas and uh, got Presence. That's what you need. Let's not go down the route of CGI in his head on things. I mean, just... Uh, just also, be also really if, it is, if it is three years' time, it's like what they did in um, the Harry Potters, isn't it, when they... Um... Richard Harris died after the first one, the second one, and Michael Gambon took over. The, the, there's quite a big gap between them. But actually coming to them fresh, you know, unless you're sort of watching it regularly, as long as they get someone good to replace him, you needn't, yeah, you needn't use CGI. A new actor will be just just as good. It's different if it's sort of mid-season and, and suddenly you're replacing someone for the second half. It's a bit jarring. I think as a new series... 
as long as they get the right person, recasting would be absolutely fine. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I mean that final scene again irritating because he's standing on the statue from the character in the Mortis arc. Now, unless you're a real geek and have watched you know Clone Wars many times, you won't have a clue what that's referring to. So that whole I, build up with I him have going off Clone Wars and still yeah. yeah. can't quite remember what was what <laughs> exactly. Was what. So, so I mean, again, that was that was a very irritating thing to do to to leave a character that was very well respected in the, in that show and actually was one of the highlights. I thought him and the, his relationship with his kind of like, you know, apprentice. And then we, we're left with this scene. You're thinking, it could have just been solved with him walking up to something, touching something, going, hmm, you know, oh, my goodness, this is the origins of the Force, or you know, this is the something or other, and just making reference to something. So we've got, but instead, it's just standing on a statue and going, well, what's all that about? And looking off into some lighty thing in the, in the distance. It's like, oh, well, uh, you know. Well, I, it's, it's, I, enjoy, I enjoyed the whole thing, but they all had had the feel that actually that would have been two or three episodes of the rebel series done and dusted. And I'm not sure what um, live action actually added to that storyline. Really? I mean, the theater, there are some highlights and um, Ray Stevens have been, um, being that being the biggest of those highlights, but Thrawn <laughs> worked far better as an animated character. He was exactly the same in live action as the animation equally annoying equally all part of my plan when everything goes wrong it's yeah it was, it was a bit silly but yeah i enjoyed it and um, i've got friends who who hadn't watched any of the cartoons who found it very slow stuck with it weren't particularly enamored i really liked it as, as finishing off that well not finishing off that that story art but looking like it was going to finish off the ezra story art and that was another highlight for me i thought the actor who played ezra was unbelievable that that was animation come to life that was you know that, that really was a perfect casting that rest of them less so i do want to just defend the thrawn thing very quick because some people lots of people said this online is the whole point of him using ezra you know, having ezra alive is that you know that yeah this is what these yeah and they do this in all sorts of shows and books and stuff where someone is very cunning and very wily they'll have several things going on which they can use to their advantage. And having Ezra out there in the wilderness was always going to draw, you know, if they're always going to come from at some stage, that's what he was expecting. So for him to lead the Jedi out there into the wilderness while he's loading up these whatever the earth he was loading up bodies, I expect, onto the ship was a good move because it kept them occupied on a mission doing something completely ridiculous. So it was oh, always no, a, he was no, obviously no, terrified yes. of them getting on back on the ship. So I, I did like, I, I thought it was quite good and cunning that, that so he, yes, he was, he was, he was going to lose Pete. He's going to lose a few troopers, but the point was he wants to get off there with the with the with the mothers and whatever you want to call them, and just keep the Jedi occupied because that's what they do, and he knows full well that's what they do. The they go and do the thing. I know because I know him so well from Rebels, where every every episode he was in ended like that he was defeated, but it was all part of his plan. Yeah. He just became a little bit of a joke, and they. And it continue, you know, in isolation, it kind of works, I guess. But I, he, he, he's going to be this all sort of all conquering supervillain. He just doesn't come across like that for me. I, I, he's not. I, I wouldn't say he's an all conquering supervillain, even in the books, because you know he is a military person. So he only, he, you know, he only has, he doesn't have powers. He only has intelligence and using whole, his wit. 
He's got a bunch of witches to come and. Uh, well, he has now. Well, he has now. But I mean, the books. I mean, I think some people make him out to be some super god, but he's just a very good tactical. You know, and if he is losing, then you just gather up and regroup. You know, and that's what you should do as a good military thing. You know, sometimes you have to realise you are going to lose this round, but you know, you can come back and use that intelligence. So I think the books. Sometimes he's built up to be by people who maybe have read one or two books or a half a book or have seen a, a couple of comic strips of him. That he's not infallible, he, but he just he normally comes out, you know, fighting another day. Whereas most Imperials and Star Wars get killed, <laughs> so he is someone who appears more than a couple of times. A lot of times in Star Wars, you know, generals don't last too many books. You know, maybe a book and a half or a comic strip and a half before they either get strangled or die. So um, yeah, I, th- I think um, I think I thought he was portrayed okay. Just the the fat thing was a bit weird because that, that's obviously deliberate. Making him fat because that is not the actor at all. That's not he's not fat. No. So they're obviously going to do something with that. I.e., when they cut the next series and he's like, you know, gathering his troops or whatever, he's obviously going to be fit and ready to go, kind of thing. You know, like it'll all be a bit different. I would imagine. I would imagine that's still, but you know, he probably die as well. He probably die of old age. Well, that's <laughs> him as well. I've heard this discussed on um, another other podcasts and, and things it's where do they take it because if it's such a threat to the galaxy you've got it's a major storyline isn't it and it's not not one to deal with in a uh, a tv series that a lot of people aren't really that bothered about so yeah well interesting, uh, to see, interesting to see where they go with it i mean i'll, I'll be watching it. So i enjoyed it and i didn't mind the slow pace um very well very film, well made it? looked good it just it yeah, it didn't really. I didn't really understand why it was made and why it wasn't just another series of of rebels. Well, it was. A, it was. I mean, even they've said it's Rebels season five or whatever. But I, I mean, the, the, the original plan when they started all this was was Mando, Ahsoka, Rebels, the uh, Range of the New Republic, or what they call it, Boba Fett. And that was all, that was all. These shows would all come together and have, and they said an event finished off with a big event i.e. a film or two films or whatever but obviously they made a real mess with that Cara June character Rangers New Republic disappeared they shoved a few of those storylines or excerpts into two or three of the shows which I think made it a bit weird I think that's what didn't really make this show flow very well I think they were trying to again insert elements in there I guess every time they, we had they trying to do stuff. Marvel are they trying to do Avengers Assemble here yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. It was supposed to be four shows or five shows, all, all culminating in a big event. So obviously the big battle of Thrawn and bringing in, you know, uh, something to do with Palpatine and, and you know, probably Resurrection all this. I mean, that, that every show they've done has been building up with cloning, Resurrections, you know, spirits, Jedis, you know, whatever. So it's all all that information. At least at least that's been a constant throughout the show. Even, that even featured in Kenobi as well, I remember. We better. know that they're building up towards a Filoni movie, don't we? Yeah, and no, no, absolutely. this series really was nothing but a big setup. Yeah. There's, the rumour is that they're going to do a take on Heir to the Empire, the original Timothy Zahn novels that introduced Thrawn and the, and the other characters, yeah. which could be interesting. Like you say, I don't quite know where he's going by bringing in the stuff from Rebels, the world between worlds and the Mortis and the father and the son and the sister and whatever it was, because that would, wouldn't really tie in with the Well, that is, that is, um, movie, there, is but... there, there are two films in development, though. there's 
there's this Filoni film that finishes it all off, and there's the Origins of the Force movie by that that director, I can't remember his name is, uh, Mangold. So yep. that that I think is going to tie in with that. So I think we're going to have something look, looking back little, rather than forward. Yeah, so it's supposed to be Origins of the Force, isn't it? So I'm sure they're going to make this Mortis arc and those characters into something in a film that starts yeah. it all off. So at least I, I, I can understand that that they're, they're doing that. The only thing is, no one outside of a, you know, Star Wars fans like us have any idea what's going on. No, quite. what? What's all that? But it, Why? In terms of a Filoni movie, if they're going to do Air to the Empire, I mean, one movie, two movies, three movies, it'd be great to really make that into a huge event. We're at a perfect place in the timeline. You've got Luke Skywalker, you've got Princess Leia, you've got Han Solo to play with. Okay, Carrie's dead, the others are older, but hey, recast them. You know, let's let's bring back a bit of that original trilogy magic, some of those characters that we all know and love so much. Yeah, that's what I'd love to see. Re- link, I mean, link them in with the Rebels the characters. There's well, no I, there's no problem in recasting someone as long as you you capture the essence and the storyline. You, you know, people are getting too carried away sometimes with this. Has to be CGI. Has to be. You know, it's like it doesn't matter as long as they they they're wearing the right clothes, the right attitude, the right speech. It's not that hard. You know. They've already done Star Wars. They've already done Han Solo. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I thought he did a decent job. Didn't mind him as Han. Yeah, just just be brave with it. It's just a story. So I don't never understand it. It's just a story. Yeah, but there's nothing saying there's nothing in the established canon that says that there couldn't have been an event. You know, the the Empire rising again between Jedi and uh, the sequel trilogy. Well, it's always it's it's obviously the rise of the First Order in some ways because it would explain that huge set of <laughs> ships that are going around that Palpatine was kind of hiding somewhere but uh, and also who were those people in the Rise of, Rise of Skywalker temple I mean who were they some sort of acolytes but yeah. I think I, I mean they're, they're obviously set, yeah, they're obviously trying to fill in these gaps because that's what they did with Clone Wars we had films which weren't very weren't very well received after the Clone Wars episodes suddenly the, the prequels are suddenly you know oh my goodness these are the best things ever because of they filled in gaps, they gave characters more depth. Um, I mean, Anakin Skywalker, let's face it, he was not liked. And then now, as we as we saw firsthand, Hayden Christensen is like some demigod. Because as as we heard when that, when he came into the room at celebration, the place went into meltdown. So that that series has made him far more popular than than before. Agreed, and I think his appearance in Ahsoka was helped very much by the cartoon as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, again, I, I didn't mind those scenes. I thought I thought that wrapped up. You know, if anyone wants to go back and watch the the animations now, then they'll actually that that flashback scene, which I'm never quite happy with flashback scenes and that sort of stuff. I'm always a bit like, ooh. Actually, in context of the whole thing with Ahsoka, that actually wraps up her story and pushes her on to to let go. I thought that was really well done, actually. I thought, okay, fine. Anakin, in her head, has told her to move on and get on with life. And I thought, yeah, okay, finally, we've got a resolution to that story. Yeah. I thought some of the new characters in uh, Ahsoka were great. Balan Skull and Shin Hati were excellent, really interesting characters, and it's such a shame they didn't do more with them. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, didn't really have much of an arc at all. Morgan Elspeth, I thought, was wonderful. Um, a, a really good antagonist. Uh, I thought it was very interesting to see her become one of the night sisters or night mothers or whatever they were. 
in the last episode, and then they killed her. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, best, that's, that's all right, isn't it? Get one the killer of the best, off. Yeah, but one of the best characters in it. I know, but she had a, as, as people keep saying, she had a beginning. We saw her in Mando, where she was a warlord and yeah. was put together. I mean, she'd been used by the night mothers or night whatevers. And uh, she had a purpose, and she sacrificed herself and to keep Ahsoka there, which was the plan. So I thought, oh, that's all right, that's all right. She was she was used, utilised, and killed off. Yeah, but great character, very very well portrayed. I thought Hu Yang was wonderful, really yeah, really good. good. I, I know he's not a new character, but uh, superbly brought to life on the on the screen. David Tennant just wonderful, such a good actor generally, but he did a really really good job there. The look of it, I thought, was fantastic. A few occasions where it was pretty obvious that they were in the volume, but otherwise, you know, some really, really good effects, really good, uh, really sort of Star Wars-y. Space whales were, I thought were, they, were great. I, I, yeah. I, I was fearing that. I thought they're going to use Pergirls and it's going to be naff. But in the end, I thought they were in the highlights. that were brilliant. I thought that was such a Star Wars-y thing, even though people go, Space whales. Actually, they were brilliant. They were they were so well done, and you believed it, didn't you? Believe that these things exist in the Star Wars universe, rather than when they were in Rebels. I actually didn't like them that much, but in this, I thought, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they they worked. They worked. It, it was nice to see some old familiar shots. It was nice to see the briefing room on Home One. Uh, it was nice to see shots of the you know the spacecraft swooping through the Rebel fleet. You know, uh, it was nice to see three PO pop up in a cameo. That was that was great. Uh, which apparently was actually Anthony, Anthony Daniels in the suit. Yeah, apparently so. Good in places, I think, is my. Summary. Yeah, there was a few. I mean, like but, you know, a few little nitpicks. Things like I thought it was very flat, or the stuff with Mon Mothma and stuff. That was all really painful to watch. Uh, didn't add a great deal. I didn't really. There was no reason to have Hera disobeying orders and obeying orders and all that stuff. I mean, you you could have done that in a 10 second mention uh, oh I'll be in trouble to get back probably get court martialed but hey here we go which she kind of did but we didn't need to see it and no one really cared or found you know I mean that's just obviously building up to we're going to get our asses smacked in a few months when Thrawn comes here oh how silly are we but you had like Adam Rackbar I think it was him sitting there and there was no life to the characters in that room you'd, you'd have thought if he sat there in a room and he'd go oh, you know, he would have said something but he just sat there looking like a puppet or a CGI puppet or whatever. Little yeah. things like that. I just did. There was no life to it. Yeah, agreed. The Death Troopers I really enjoyed. Oh. Uh, it was great to see the, the, the zombie troopers. They're not Death Troopers, are they? What they're Death Night Troopers? Well, the Death Troopers, who were zombified Death Troopers, they were, I mean, they'd, they'd been decaying for a while. so They were proper zombies, weren't they? Yeah, so they'd been going for a while like that. So there was no way that happened in like 10 minutes. Yeah, so but those guys have been wandering around as dead as the dead for quite some time. <laughs> I really enjoyed the the book Death Troopers, um, the EU book way back when, but uh, that 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 was that was really good. And to see zombie troopers come to life on the on the screen, that that was really good. I'd like to see zombie some troopers. more of them. Can't be yeah. a zombie. <laughs> well, you, you literally can't. I think it come out to life. Yeah, no, they they, they were really good. But yeah, um, I think uh, overall six out of ten for me. No, it's all right. Six out of ten. I, th- I think it was badly let down by some poor acting, though. I was oh, yeah, disappointed with Resolve yeah. Your Dawson, especially. I didn't mind her because I thought that I thought she betrayed, frustrated, annoyed Ahsoka with life and world. And then when she became, she came out of the, the water. 
I thought she was a lot livelier. I thought that was deliberate, but maybe maybe not very well done. But I like the transition from slightly, you know, morose. Oh my goodness, she's always miffed off at everyone. Anakin, in her brain or wherever, Anakin telling her, "Look, you got to get on with life." And then she's a completely different character when she comes out. I, I didn't mind that, but I thought like um, Obi Wan Kenobi's wife was really poor, so yeah. flat. Oh my crikey, that she was awful. Um, so I didn't, I didn't have an is- issue with Ahsoka. Actually, I listened to your um, Panther Traps podcast, Rich, where you uh, mentioned my liking of Ahsoka as a character. This was a series to test that a little bit because I did find her initially what on earth is about. But yeah, that that kind of transition clearly was part, it's part of the plot. And I, yeah, I didn't didn't mind uh, Zoro Dawson's acting at all. What I did mind was the the fact that Sabine had jeopardize the entire galaxy <laughs> resulted in death of a load of X-Wing pilots and it was everything was fun and games when they, when they met each other I think there would be maybe a little bit of a word but um, but yeah no, I, 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 the acting didn't bother me at all I kind of like the fact that Sabine was a complete idiot I thought it was great that um, is someone who's been you know slightly privileged and stuff in life she's going around being a right tit about it <laughs> and then it not really making much sense in her head it's like you are an absolute goose like. but my problem with her was the whole force thing that was just painful all the way through painful you know constantly being reminded of it and it was just by then oh I've got the force suddenly yeah I'm alright which I can understand but I just found it painful but I, I guess it would lead to her being some kind of you know leader of Mandalorians or something at some stage you know going back to the original you know now that now the Darksaber is gone how are we going to choose a leader you know probably her because she's got the force and she's got you know Mandalorian heritage the moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes if there's a bright center of the universe Richard this is the planet it's father's from Yes, Father's Form. So, Father's Form dates are announced. The Generation Skywalker crew have teamed together with Father's Form to offer, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure what the discount is, something like 10% or something like an early bird entry. But, yeah, dates are announced. So, I think probably all four of you guys, maybe not 100% certain, and you, Pete, will be looking to go down Father's Form. Is that correct, Andy Spoons? I mean, yeah, Tim, I'm quite, I'm quite tempted. I didn't go last year, and I do enjoy Fathers From, so I'll, I'll be looking to go again uh, this year, but I'm not absolutely committed just yet. It'll be last minute for me. Yeah, I thought it, it would if be. If it happens. Jason, are you booked up, and uh, what, yeah, what weekend yeah. is it again? I managed to find Saturday night accommodation in the in Fording Bridge, which is a very tricky thing to do. And, uh, yeah, I've uh, booked a table for the Sunday show, and my new girlfriend is coming with me uh, to uh, uh, follow this from, so uh, please be gentle with her. <laughs> what, what are you going to be doing, Adrian? Please be gentle with her. <laughs> have you got plans? Don't, 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 go, don't go full Star Wars on her. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> are we not to tell her of your misdemeanours, Jason, and the fact that she must leave with cardboard? <laughs> yeah, I mean we're going to be all bringing special cardboard down that we're seeing. We're going to do it for a special rate for Jason. You buy this for Christmas. It's only it's only five hundred quid, but it's worth about four grand. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to absolutely. Lots of <laughs> uh, lots lots of nice Nisa stuff. 
Anyway, yeah, Generation Skywalker seemed to be full of full of uh, ideas to uh, re- revitalize the show to a certain extent, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. Um, one of the things we've uh, we've been told is there's going to be room sales on uh, after the the meal on the Saturday. We've been told so mm-hmm. yeah, room sales. We've seen a room sales at Father's Jason, we're not mentioned the weekend. Yeah, what dates are these? It's the the end of the first week of December, which is going to be the, the meal's going to be on Saturday the 9th of December, and um, that'll be the family fun day that they do, and then the, the actual Father's From is on Sunday the 10th of December. Uh, well, in, in terms of me personally, I'm waiting on confirmation on when my daughter's dance show is going to be, but I'm, i I got to... It's on Thursday. I've got a sneaky feeling it is going to be the Sunday. <laughs> so whether or not I can uh, get away from that, I don't know. Yeah, farthest from it, it, it's it has possibly lost its way just a little bit the last little while. So it would be good to see a shot in the arm. It's always been a good event. It's always been worth attending. Uh, you always get a really good caliber of traders there. Um, some really good vintage for sale. But uh, you know, it'd be nice to see a little bit more around it and the, 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 the sort of things that are being talked about all sound good. They've also got Lucasfilm's Pablo Hidalgo. I think I've got that right. Coming over um, with his new book, um, which is a source book based on the, uh, the the sort of Andor era. Is that right? Andor Rogue One, that era before Star Wars, I believe. So that would be good. It'd be very interesting to meet him. He, he's their sort of continuity guy, isn't he? The, the keeper of the holocron, I think they call him. Um, so he, uh, he he's in, sort of in charge of the timeline. Is that right, Rich? Yes. Um, obviously, him and Leland Chi uh, work together on it. Death Star approaching. Estimated time to firing range, 15 minutes. Photo finished. Finally. Right, let's get on with this, Andy. Competition has been going for ages. Yeah, so we, we've got some good entries in, haven't we? This, this was a competition to win a copy of the uh, Death Star playset by Pally Toys. Uh, Lee Gregory mentioned him earlier from uh, Echo Live. And he's very kindly given us one of his uh, sets as a competition prize. So what we did, we asked our listeners to take their action figures outside, go and set them up, pose them, take photos of them. They could be silly. They could be serious. One figure, a whole army, anything that people liked to, to do. So we've got our top five entries narrowed down. These are all... Uh, pictures of action figures in the wild submitted by our wonderful listeners uh pete do you want to go through these okay so um well the first one i've got here is ryan gatterell i hope i pronounced your name right i have probably ruined your name but um <laughs> this is quite simple i see when i first saw it and then i read his comments i thought it was quite severe i thought it was a bunch of uh, rogue people now this guy has used some modern uh, this is the was it the next seventeen? I call it. Is it figures from that? Or yeah, that's right. that's right. Yeah. So he's he's he's, he's taken out into the, into the desert. Uh, so I don't know where Ryan lives in the desert, but he's it looks like a desert. Tell you exactly where it is because he Go said on. it was taken with many strange looks on a beach in Zakynthos. Oh, so is that Greece or something or, or somewhere it, it, flowering? It is, yeah. So he's got um, Efont Mon. Um, I can't see the other one. 
Uh, some of, he's got a bunch of characters from the from the next. Yeah, episode. you got an Elom yeah. Mole Man. Uh, there's a Mini Wumper. There's what looks like an R five D four variant with an orange head, and there's a Death Star droid. Yeah, uh, and then in a in a cage being pulled <laughs> by the Wumper. Uh, sorry, being pulled by the Bantha, you have a baby black Wumper. Well, exactly in a in a horrible cage, and it looks like they're a slave trading uh, unit who are going off to sell these this Wumper to droids. Who are probably going to take it to Luke Skywalker and have his arm chopped off? Because that's also the things he's doing. So it's got a storyline somewhere in there. Don't know what Ifontmon's doing, uh, loitering around. He's looking a little bit sinister. Like it. It's got a storyline. Don't know what the storyline is, but it's sinister. And I like that. All Ryan has said is, I present the sale of the black baby. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's calling it. But I think it's far, far more sinister than that. There's There's probably a trade for baby Wumper fur. And they're going to have him chopped up and skinned. So uh, I like in that. Got a bit of imagination to it. Right. Next one. James. Oh, why have we got. Why can't we have Steve Smith? James Verispege. Verispege? Verispege? I butchered the name again. Sorry, but uh, we need to change the names. And this is a beautifully taken uh, picture. This is um, in, actually at the Redwood Forest. So uh, he's gone legit with this. And this is um, the speederbike chase. It's in the early stages of the speederbike chase. They're just about to start up. So it's underneath the uh, canopy of the Redwoods. So we have got some authenticity there. Like it. Beautiful picture, actually. Um, obviously got a very good camera. Yeah, he's got two speeder bikes in the foreground. Uh, so you've got uh, the one in front has got a biker scout sat on it. The one behind has got Leia sat on it. And the speeder bikes are perched on a log. In the background, you've got the redwood trees looming up into the distance. Very atmospheric. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lots of green foliage, lots of ferns. And, uh, yeah, it, it does look very authentic, doesn't it? Uh, I would have I would have suggested just throwing them in the air and trying to ca- catch a shot just for a bit, a bit of extra authenticity. So a little bit of a downgrade there for me. Right. Who's done this? Who's done the lighty wampa one? Who's that? Bob Smith. That'd be a good name. I think that yeah. I think that was Mark Catley. Oh yeah. Because Mark Mark sent us a load of photos of action figures. There were scout walkers and Ewok villages and things, but none of them were outside. <laughs> so and for, very sadly, Mark, we can't count those. The one that is outside <laughs> is a huge wamper. Yeah, is this under a bridge or something? Under a road? It looks like it. Yeah. Now this is. A, I don't know, strictly speaking, that this is action figure photography. Well, I, he's taken the words action figure photography and he's taken those words slightly so, but I like it. I do like it. I, I do like yeah, the fact that, I mean, that is some effort. So, so he's that, basically put it on an underpass, a huge, I mean, he's got his kid next to it and she's towering beneath it. Oh, she's not towering beneath it, it's towering over her. We had Mark Catley on. Yeah, this is artist, what he mate. does. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he prints yeah. these huge things and sticks them up all over Australia. Yeah, this this is obviously what he's done. Love it. It's it's engaging with its its community. It's engaging with the the people of his area. Um, I'm liking it. It's going to be well. I hope he's left it up. Because <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. I'm sure it's been. I've got a feeling. Again, if you go through the photographs, so someone. Hang on, it's like the same photograph as he did it in several. Oh no, it is. So someone's already put a bit of graffiti over top of it because normally how the graffiti is, someone would just come and graffiti all over it at some stage, which is just a natural order of things. But yeah, I like it. I like it. It's out there in the open, and it's uh, it's really part of thing. Not not specifically what we asked for, but I like, it's a bit of left field choice. 
definitely a bit of left field like that. Right. Who's next? Next one is Ray Goolsby. Uh, and Ray sent in a, a a bit of a bit of a diorama again, bit mm-hmm. of a scene going on. So we've got two spacecraft parked up on a a, a, a dirt floor. On the right hand side, we've got I'm, I'm not quite sure what that is. What's yeah, what is that? I know. Is that like a a tentative thing going on? A tentative place sets it looks combined. Yeah, I don't think it's a Star Wars ship, but it fits in. It looks Star Warsy. It was very Star Wars. So you, you've got a ship, you've got a boarding ramp down in the doorway. You've got uh, four LOM. Uh, you've got Zuckus. What was uh, that ship standing... called? It had some name, didn't it? Is that is he built when they one of is he built their ship and taken outside? Could be, could be a no. custom, could be from another toy line, but it it looks good. It fits. It does in. look good. And they are pointing their blasters at the Slave One. Uh, and the Slave One has got a couple of droids around it. There's a power droid. There's a red R2 unit. And you've got Boba Fett stood by the hatch, and he's pointing his blaster back at them. So what I think this is, is uh, the aftermath of the Empire Strikes Back, as Boba Fett is trying to get his bounty back to Jabba the Hutt for his reward. And I think you've got Zuckus and Forlom trying to steal Han in Carbonite from Boba Fett. You see, that could have been a film. That should have been the film. That should be Solo 2, shouldn't it? The film. It's, he's created there in one scene more than Lucasfilm has done to make a sequel to the Han Solo movie. And all about, you know, about bounty hunters stitching each other up. And you to be even... fair, there wouldn't be much for Han Solo to do in that Solo movie. No, but that'd be good because we don't have to have that, well, in my opinion, that dreadful actor back. He could just be in Carbonite. And you could have Harrison Ford back in Carbonite. And he could just be there all the time in Carbonite. And so you could still have Harrison Ford's Han Solo, but you wouldn't have to have that drift on your actor. So I'm all, I'm up for this film. I'm up for this film that he's created. So that, I'm happy with that one. He's just created. Their ship, Pete, was called the Mist Hunter. Oh, yeah. And I've just had a look at a couple of photographs. I think it was done in the Lego set or something like that. It's, I don't think it is that, but it's not entirely too, too dissimilar. It does really fit in the Star Wars universe, this yeah, uh, shit that he's got there. I'm like, well, I like the fact he's created a storyline there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got me thinking about Harrison Ford being back as Han Solo without actually having to move. Well, you can play it when he's dead. Yeah, exactly. Just, I mean, we don't even have to worry about him. He's there. Just bring out the old cast. And then we can have new casts of the of the, um, the Carbonite block and have Carbonite block parties and all sorts. Right, so I'm liking that. That's good. And our last one... Last one is Dean Rind. Dean Rind, that's a good name. It is. And Dean has sent us all sorts of different oh. photographs. You see, uh, Dean has done what I've, I've suggested, which is throwing figures in the air and uh, taking pictures of them. He is. So we've we've got we've got vintage, we've got modern, we've got all sorts going on here. We've got a nice image of uh, Boba Fett. Not sure whether that one's outdoors. Several sort of outdoors. Lit, he's lit, got quite a few outdoors. Lit, lit, lit. Being a little bit naughty there, he's got plenty of outdoors yeah. for us cons- oh, we, to contend we have, with. We have got vintage Boba Fett outdoors, haven't we? On a yeah. stood on a table or a decking or something, looking a bit sort of sci-fi landing pad, something like that. Uh, so that's a nice one. We've got uh, modern Boba Fett from Book of Boba Fett. Where that be from? Yeah, that's it. Looks like it. So he's in various poses in uh, some long grass, and uh, there's another one where he's climbing on top of an ATST, and he's uh, he, he's commanding that. He's taking taking over the uh, the ATST driver. What else have we got? 
Got a couple more indoor ones, which we'll gloss over because these are outdoor shots. But uh, there's another one with Mando stepping out of the TARDIS. I'm not quite sure what's no. going on there. Well, why That'd not? Be, be an interesting crossover. Season four, Mandalorian. You hear, heard it here first. And a couple of action shots. Yeah, we've got yeah. Um, we've got Boba Fett flying with his jetpack. Yeah, I do like from his photos. I do like that that second one where he's recreated the poster, the Boba Fett figure poster. I can't remember what it was. Palatoy one. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that's really well done. But it's not outside, so I'm afraid vintage. No, because there's only one shot outside of the vintage figure. So I'm going to say I do like this stuff, Dean, but I'm going to disqualify you. Because it's not enough. Oh, if he'd thrown that Boba Fett in the air and taken the picture, he'd have got it. But it's not a vintage figure. So that's, that's one that's one disqualifying one. Liking the ships one uh, from Ray. I do like that. It's very uh, tough. Yeah. I, it's I very tough. Offer, but does it really count? Really exactly well, we good. we did say, didn't we? Take your action figures outside and photograph them. Well, he's taking it in the loosest it. terms, doesn't he? Loosest I like, terms. like the one in the in the redwood forest with the the bikers guys because it's just it's a, it's just a very well constructed photo with the the trees towering in the background. I think that's really well composed. It is. I'm I'm going to say I'm going with Ryan because he set me a storyline there of all sorts of skullduggery. Uh, using uh, just just he just got in one vintage figure, <laughs> a Death Star drawing, probably painted. So he's just hanging in there with actual vintage figures. Um, but I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with him. So one vote for Ryan, one vote for James. What else we got? I'm actually going to go for Ray. I really Ray. like that one with the, this uh, strange non-Star Wars but very Star Warsy spaceship and the bounty hunters having a face-off. Okay, that's good. I, I, um, I really, really like that. Tells spoons. a whole story. I think I'm going to have to go another one for James. The James. It's exactly... So it's all vintage. It's definitely in the wild. It's in a uh, movie location, and it's a lovely photo. So that, that ticks all the boxes for me. Okay, and if, Richard... Um, I did like some of the uh, the modern photos too, but if we're going purely vintage, that's the uh, that's the winner for me. And Richard, your your final vote. I'm going for the first one. I think the first one's oh, quite interesting, a... and I'd really like to see that played out in some kind of story. We've got a tie then. There's more in that. Two for Ryan, two for James. Okay, Jason, you got to make your choice. Is it Ryan or is it James? Well, I've already. Um... I've I know you have, but we've discounted your vote. I've already voted for the Redwood Forest. Uh, whoever oh, hasn't yeah. voted for either of them should uh, vote again. Yeah, yeah well, I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't vote for either of them. I, I went with Ray. So of those two, casting vote, I am going to go with James, the speeder bikes James. of the Redwood Forest. Why don't James? And he'll be paying for all the postage, uh, seeing as he did the voting. <laughs> <laughs> so yes congratulations James uh, yes, well the, the Pally Toys Death Star Detention Block playset will be winging its way to you uh, we'll get in touch and get your details and send that on yeah well done well done Death Star will be in range in five minutes Cosmic Action Figures Richard Yes, indeed, Pete. Cosmic action figures. Um, so first of all, I've got to say that our sympathy goes with Stephen Forcourt, who, if you're not aware, has had his Facebook account banned 
uh, for copyright infringement because he's been promoting and trying to sell his own book. So he has appealed to the Facebook gods, uh, went through every single hoop. Uh, they weren't interested and he's had something like 15 years worth of posts deleted. Um, everything he's had on Facebook's completely disappeared. So he set up a new account, only been active maybe two or three days and got that one banned as well for selling copies of his own book. So obviously people were saying, well, what, what was the problem? Did he have Star Wars in the title of his book? Was there some kind of copyright in there? We're not really clear. There's nothing really obvious. I say the book's called Cosmic Action Figures. Maybe it's because it's got the Miro Meccano logo on there. I've got no idea. Maybe the Facebook algorithms have just picked up some kind of Star Wars reference to it. I've got a bit more insight because I've actually been chatting with uh, ah. about this. So he's, well, on his third, he's on his third account. He's on his third account, yeah, but they're all genuine. So if you... If you... What, what it is, the people who manage Facebook, they can just look at something and go, I don't like that. Your your band and all your posts are removed, and there's there's very little comeback on that. They make a decision, and it's done, and everyone and that's it. Yeah, so they can pretty much do that, and you, you know, there's the appeal system and all the rest of it. it, it you know, it, it's very hard to appeal these things because you know it's in your kind of terms and conditions of Facebook, so they can just turn around and go, oh, we don't like that. We're not going to say why, and all, all your your account and all your posts are gone. So, you know, it's quite unfair, but, you know, he's taken it, he's taken it well and he's, you know, he's, um, strive on with it. I mean, I don't think he's done anything wrong, particularly he's a lovely guy. So it's just a really, really bad luck, I would say. Yeah, I mean, what what can you do? You've got to suck up to move it on. So if anybody's had Stefan Forco, who I think is now going by Steph Forco, um, trying to add them on Facebook, then it is genuine. So his book, Cosmic Action Figures. So if you pre-order it, um, there is a exclusive limited edition coaster set. So you've got two coasters um, with Star Wars figures on there. They're taken from the card backs of, uh, I don't know which card back it is. You know, two lovely coasters on the pre-orders. So tracked and signed shipping in Europe is €66. Euros. For the UK, it's £64. And for USA and other countries, it's $78. So he's pushing that well as much as he can obviously with these multiple band accounts so what does this book look like he's taking a lot of the callback images that were in other publications you know the the pocket book um remind me what that's called again guys the the pocket the trilogo to McConnell collector's handbook or something like that he's taken a lot of those images and he's you know reshot them or reproduced them in much higher full-size pages now so um, you've, you've got far, far better quality on those pages but there's also a lot of new interviews in there there's a lot of new photographs there's a lot of new detail it covers a lot of baggies and collector cases that have been found um, there's lots and lots of new information in there. We have full McConnell Trilogo Mint Accord pictures with pro one-to-one scale, um, and he has lots of new information in there from recent interviews. So it it really is a wonderful book, and especially if you didn't get your hands on the the, the smaller pocket guide, the Trilogo, the McConnell handbook, um, this probably is the guide for you. It also features um, you know the desktop rating system. Um, just remember what I said the last time I interviewed Stefan that if even something is rated it is uh, one desktop which sounds like it's still easy to get it usually isn't it's still incredibly hard to find um it's just obviously it's easier to find than some of the stuff that's rated as three four or even five desktop 
Um, so I've seen a lot of pages in the book, there's a lot of text in there, um, a lot of key differences between callbacks and what I look for. You know, it, it does look a really, really nice book. So if you're interested in that, then hit up Steph Forcourt and check out the French um, Meccano pages. And I'm sure at some point it'll appear on Amazon, which is where he's been hosting his other books. So, yeah, very, very, very nice, colourful book, and I, I think it'll be a worthwhile addition for everybody's shelves. Yeah, I've, got, I've got one on pre-order, so I will, uh, I will have a look and review it in a, in a future show. Rebel Base, one minute and closing. Oldie but goodie. Uh, so we have another competition. Uh, Mr. Spoons, is this for you? Yes, it is indeed. So this is uh, Mark Sinclair, friend of the show, Oldie Yoda on um, on Instagram. It's been most of He's got a good following there. In fact, uh, he left some of these wonderful display stands with us. So these are based on the original 1978 Star Wars action display stands. You know, the cardboard backdrop, great base sticker on the front saying the figures and you, you get your little stands and you put your figures there on, on display, the first 12 figures. He's sort of done an updated version of this. There's no confusing it with an, an original. It's kind of foam board on the back, quite quite sturdy and key, green LED lights along the front of it. So it, light, it lights up and, sh- and shows. So Mark had to disappear relatively early and we had one of his stands on our table at Echo and had a lot of people coming up to me at first asking if I was oldie yoda uh, i'd say no um but yeah really in looking to buy these so so mark's planning on making you know if there's demand he'll make these and sell them but we he's kind of given one display stand to us to give away as a prize uh, and so something a little less adventurous i think for this um this prize giveaway uh, in the in the style of many a quiz Saturday live whatever the Saturday morning shows quite a simple question so we will uh, we will pull names out of a hat the first first name out of the hat will win this prize if you can answer the following question so in this show's gimcrack challenge what was Jason's item so if you uh, message us on I know. On, uh, I, I know that one. Well, you, you're, uh, yeah, hosts of the show can't enter, Jason. I'm very sorry. Uh, but if you, uh, yeah, if you message us on Facebook, contact us on Instagram, uh, we will put all those entries into a hat and pull out, pull out a winner on next month's show and we'll post this item to you anywhere in the world. How about that? Yeah, there was a lot of interest in that. Lots of people were trying to buy it. <laughs> and we, we went, we don't know how much it is, <laughs> so we can't sell it. Yeah, Mark, Mark needs to sort of gauge interest, and then he can come up with a price once he knows yeah, how yeah. many he can make. You know, clearly there's only five people that want one, and it's going to be very expensive. If but there's hundreds was, of you, it will be much cheaper. Yeah, there was lots of people be interested. I think, I think it was the LED lights that people liked. It was pretty groovy. It's, it's very nice. A few people said it's, it's great for putting the... Uh, retro collection figures on yeah, uh, yeah. Modern, modern take I think uh, you should yeah, get some of those interesting look good too I think you should get some of those retro stickers and stick it on just stick it on yeah, and, and then it'll be like idea. and then people go oh it's the retro stand I think I think uh, idea, I yeah. think Hasbro are missing a trick there they should steal his idea just as long as he doesn't try and sell it on Facebook he'll be alright oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
I just knew you as the guy who was giving out some of the coolest items at Celebration. I mean, if you just want to introduce yourself and your your company, I think it's I guess it's a company. Is it is it just you or is it is it? It is just else? me, but it's I like to you. pretend it's a company. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> that it it's sounds more big. than just me. Yeah, yeah. Um, my name is Dave. Yeah, I have a company called Nerd Matters. It's uh, we're going on five years now. Been around. It's just me. But I do have helpers, people that help me. My wife helps with ideas and, you know, and uh, inspiration and other people help me with inspiration. But it is a one man operation as far as like design and creation of the of the stuff. And um, I, I, I uh, create pins and patches and sometimes art pieces, other art pieces, you know, uh, but I like to I like to call patches and pins, especially pins, wearable art. It's a photo that I, or a picture that I've drawn that doesn't sit in a drawer. It could actually sit on someone's jacket or or, or a bag. I mean, over here we call pins badges. So I, I don't know why why that has become a thing. Like why we call them badges and you call them pins? I mean, I know they they pin to your chest, but it's, it's always fascinated me why why we call well, we them badges call, and pins. I remember growing up, the term badges is also synonymous with buttons. So it's the thing with the like the the, the circle badges yes. or buttons. We call those badges growing up. Um, okay. So a badge is always the buttons, and then the pins were always the pins. But yeah, you know, yeah, lapel pin, you know. Because for us, a button is something that you do your clothes up with. Sure, it's us so. that too. You know, the the the, the American English language is very confusing. <laughs> so we'll have the same word for five. I love things. it. I love. It. I don't want to ever change. I love those kind of inconsistencies and, and yeah. slight contradictions and the the fact that the language does differ rather than it all being the same. So it's quite fun. A celebration, as you know, there's some amazing swag that gets given. I mean, even today, at our, I went to Echo Live. Some of the swag that was coming out was just ridiculous you know the level that people come to i mean we we've done it ourselves as a podcast team uh we've done we did a vhs uh which was a big hit you know, we actually recorded a vhs tape and i sat here in my bedroom uh recording and copying uh one and a half hours of content that we'd created and stolen and borrowed off youtube and actually made vhs cassettes put them in a put them in an actual box made a uh an actual design for the the vhs tape i did a label as well hand printed them and uh, stuck them on and gave them out. We're, I think we've caused a small epidemic of VHS player purchasing because I was going to say that's the year I should have made the Nerd Matters VHS player. Oh man! And we could have partnered up. I, oh. I would have had the rough end of the stick on that one, gathering <laughs> two hundred VHS players to Star Wars Celebration, but still <laughs> would have been worth it for the for the oh, sight yeah. on people's faces when when we did their VHS tapes. Just seeing people going, I can't believe you've made a VHS tape. And since then, which has been, I guess it's been almost, uh, it's probably been the best part of a year, I guess, since we did that. The amount of people have come to me, oh, I've actually bought a VHS player because you gave me a VHS. Get <laughs> <laughs> some kickbacks from the good folks at JVC. <laughs> so it's, it's just you, it's Nerd Matters. You've been going for, what do you say, about five years. And I noticed, because I've been on your Etsy site to have a look what was going on. And I have to say, fair play to you, you've got... 99% five out of five stars and 1% four. Who was that? Have you tracked him down and beat him up? That's what I looked at that. And I thought, what, what do I, what do I, what can I do for this person? What can I do? Uh, yeah. To try and push them over that half, half star. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I try to, you know, you know, when people buy stuff, it's it's a big deal. They're giving me their money. Their money is hard earned. I, I I work hard for my money, so I try to you know, 
um, not not just make cool stuff that people want, but when they get it, when they purchase it, I get that stuff out usually the day of. Sometimes. Um, but you've sold a lot of items, and that's that is. I mean, I mean, like I've been running online businesses for a while, and you know, I mean, every now and again you get some lunatic who gives you a negative for no reason or gives you a bad feedback, even if it's perfect. Oh yeah, thank you very much for the item. Here's four out of five. Thank you very much. You know, oh yeah, cheers. But like that is impressive. That is very impressive that you've got a ninety-nine percent record across the board. I mean, that what is that literally one person who's who said? Eh. I, I believe it's. Uh a couple of people that have a four and a half it, it can't be one right because that would average out oh, no, yeah, 100 exactly. yeah, I, I don't know but I, yeah I, i've i've seen that and i'm like oh it's so close it's you know um yeah it's 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 a uh, it's the the re- you mentioned that and it, it does stick with me so i appreciate you bringing it up and picking that scab thanks so much for that <laughs> it was just it was just surprised because normally you get you'll get someone putting you one star because of something oh i don't like the design suddenly but to mm-hmm. actually to actually have a four and a half star. Oh yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks. Thanks yeah, the, for that. The half. Yeah. What was it for? Do you not like the design after you bought yeah. it or something? Did it turn up slightly late? I don't know. But uh, I believe that four and a half star didn't have any explanation either, so that makes it even more difficult to well, chew maybe, on. So yeah, maybe it's just one of those people who just doesn't give out fives. Yeah. You know, you, you've literally got to go and hand deliver it to him. And say, here we are, sir, on a golden cushion. Oh, I'll do it. <laughs> well, it, it does seem like you have that reputation because I said, I mean, across your social media, I mean, your Instagram account is a constant feed of like, uh, you know, wonderment of Star Wars. I mean, I said, your celebration pins um, were just, you know, a glory to, to behold. I mean, what was it? The but you, you did a red bus pin and you did four character pins, didn't you? Yeah, I did the. It was a double decker, uh, the double decker bus that they have yeah. over there. And see, I'm, you know, I'm in the east coast of the United States, so e- every uh, cliche, oh yeah, of the uh, British life and British uh, world is, I think, is everyday life. So it's like I think everybody rides on double decker buses every day of the year. Yeah, because I'm American, <laughs> and so yeah, the double de- it was a double decker red. It was a red bus. that was double decker with the at at. Or ATAT, if you will, yep. head and the legs on there, and then it had some uh, printing on the side about it being Celebration London, which is I know it's Celebration Europe, but I like to call it Celebration London because when they have it here, it's not Celebration Orlando, it's, it's Celebration Orlando or Celebration Anaheim, yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebration Chicago, it's not Celebration America, you know. So I like to give London its due props, and it was Celebration London to me. Oh, yeah. And then we had the four character pins. It was uh, I partnered with another maker. It's called Fuzzball Flare, a good friend of mine. She's actually lives in London. And, oh, nice. uh, yeah, so she was, and she's like 20 minutes from celebration this past time. It was pretty funny. And uh, yeah, we did each did two, and we've done that before where we've, uh, it's a good way to give it a set yeah. one per day and, uh, and be able to, you know, spread it, spread across the fun. How much of a Star Wars fan are you? Are you are you a vintage Star Wars fan? Are you a modern fan? Are you, do, do you even like Star Wars? I mean, you might hate it, I don't know. Yeah, that's it would be quite a thing if, I'm, <laughs> if I didn't like it. I, I no, I'm a I'm a fan. I, you know, I I call myself as I get older more of a fan than a collector. Even um, I'm old enough to have seen the original movies in the theater when they came out in 1977 and 80 and 83. Yeah, it's uh, I'm a, I'm a fan, and I would consider myself an a real original trilogy fan. I think only because that's the one when I was a kid. 
You know what I mean? So you have the people that were 10 years old in 1999. They're a prequel because you cannot fight that. It's built in. If, you know, Christmas is never, I love Christmas every year. Last year was fun. This year will be great, but it's never as good as when you're eight years old. So (laughs) absolutely ripping open those car backs and you, and then you get to an old age, you go, wish I hadn't. <laughs> yeah, and I, I got a couple of those. So yeah, I and I was one of the kids that I mean, I look over in my collection. I have like you know a twelve-inch R two D two in the box, and I have the Droid Factory in the box, and I have my Jabba the Hut set vintage in the box. And because I was an I was a weird kid where I would keep boxes and packaging. So yeah, I I, uh, I am a bit of a collector, but mostly uh, um, I'm focusing on I focus on the vintage stuff, and most of my vintage stuff is that I've had from when I was young. Uh, almost all of the 90 what 96 figures most of them i'm missing some of the last 17 i guess and then i do like hot toys and stuff like that but not a lot of them but i like to create my own collectibles now so that's fun anyone listening hopefully there's several um please go onto your instagram page and just nerd matters because it is just it's a i mean i was trying to get to the start of your items to go i wonder why you did it right at the start oh my goodness i'd go through the rest of my life trying to flick through you've just got You've got thousands of things on there. Well, I think total, I'm trying to remember how many, I've never even thought about that, uh, how many items I've actually made. But it's been a couple of hundred now. I could attest from the the stacks of them. I'm, look, I'm looking across at my workbench that has all my pins on there, the ones that are current ones and a couple of old ones that I've kept. Your themes, I mean, you don't just stick to like one thing. You, you're across the board, modern, vintage, holiday special. All these some of the holiday special is is because I mean, there's not a ton of holiday special collect, collecting items out there. So to actually have something in your in your remit of that is is you know a lovely appreciation of mad times. I have to say, yeah, the holiday special has a special place in my heart. It's kind of a a a, a weird uh, a smelly place in my heart. That's not you know nobody likes to visit but i do love the holiday special it's i consider it part of the original trilogy world you know it's um i remember watching when i was a kid so yeah i like to make a few things that i've made a you know some ba- some like a, a a badge set or like a like a attendee badge to wear on your neck on a, on, on a you know on the lanyard i made a set of those i made a Gormanda pin, which is the, yeah. the, the 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 chef with the forearms, and <laughs> I like to make the things that wouldn't be made otherwise. Yeah, because I mean, talking about holy special, I mean, it, I do find it a bit sad that Disney or whoever you want to say owns uh, those sort of rights. They seem to. It, it's almost as if they lack a sense of humour. I mean, no one's taken it seriously, right? It's all a bit cheesy and a bit silly, and there's a few, you know, questionable elements in holy special, which. You know, maybe, you know, especially, was it named Itchy or Lump, whoever it is, doing strange things. But overall, it's <laughs> it's it's kitsch. So why don't they cash in? Because it's just such a wonderful piece of nonsense. And you think if they just redid it, you know, tied it up a little bit and stick it out on DVD, sure. I think they'd be, be surprised at how many people would go, you know what, I love that. It's so awful. It's but a time capsule, time. isn't it? It's, it's it a is. version of Star Wars that exists. 
So it should be out there. And by the way, lumpy or itchy doing strange things. That could, that's how you describe that show, by the way. That's exactly what's that? What's that Star Wars holiday special about? That's lumpy and itchy and lumpy doing strange things. All right, cool. That sounds like an hour and a half long, by the way. It's not some 22 minute, you know, go, you know done in one and done special. I think that thing was on for two hours with commercials back in 1978. It's wild to me. Yeah, because I, I don't know if it got shown in Britain. I don't even think it, I don't have any recollection of it. Because it's, I mean, I would have definitely watched it, but it might have you know, been somewhere. But I, I don't think it did. I think it was just an American thing. It probably got binned quite quickly. But I, yeah, I just think Disney are missing a trick here. I mean, it's it, yeah, we have a sense of humour. We can laugh at ourselves. It's it's silly Star Wars. You know, I still love Princess Leia singing. You know, Carrie Fisher singing. I mean, that that should be a record. I want it. it, it you know, it is a record. Is it Steve Sansweet? This is like weird stuff that I know. He made a, a, a there was a book, kind of a boxed book set that had a bunch of tat, as you would say, in yeah. in there with it, like little pieces of this and that, and stickers and stuff called the Star Wars Archives. I think it was called, and in that included a a, a record, like an actual forty five vinyl record, seven inch of that song, and I have it. It's it, you can get that set on eBay. It's really cheap. It's only twenty bucks or something like that. But it's really cool. It actually includes a record of that song, which is wild. So, see, that's so weird. Is Lucasfilm before and now Disney? They do dip into the holiday special well quite often, just not all the way. You know, they've done the 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 Wookie cartoon, right? They've had that. They've they've really gone all in on Life Day with the Star yeah, with, the, yeah, exactly. with the parks, the Disney parks, and they've the figure just, as well. The, the yeah, there you the go. Figure, That's yeah. right. They're having that new Chewbacca. They just won't go all the way and just be like all that stuff that we're making. This is what it's from. They won't do it, and I don't. I don't know why. I mean, I know why, but you're right. I think we have a sense of humor, and it's it is a time capsule. It's really strange, but a lot of fun. And but I think a lot of people don't realize who watch it now is that it's very indicative of the time. If you watch any uh, variety show from 1978, you you would then that the Star Wars holiday special instantly doesn't look as strange anymore because it's all wild and weird and. You know, it's basically, uh, you know, 70s cocaine binge induced, I think. <laughs> but it was part of, a, part of a certain childhood or an age. I mean, you know, variety shows, you know, it was all, you know, singing, dancing, jokes, sketches. Yeah. You know, that was that was our childhood. Until you remember, like over here, we had the, your Osmond show. That was a huge thing over here. I yeah, mean, our own versions of it. Yeah, the Osmond one, yeah, it was very yeah. close to the Star Wars. It was a, I had an, a live audience, supposedly. But yeah, there's a fun audience, but it's very similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so go go back to your your stuff, your gang. So you said your your wife uh, partner helps you with designs. I mean, some of the things I have to say, one of the simplest designs you've done is my favourite, and I use it quite often just for fun. Is the the patch, which is a trading card kind of outline with obviously the middle cut out, and you use it as a frame <laughs> to put badges and stuff in. I think that's just just brilliant. It's so simple. And so, like, you know, stupidly simple, but yet is wonderful because it's like even adult, you you start playing with it and start putting but, things into that into that patch. Um, yeah, that's area. A, that's a line of little of patches I have called patchbacks, where there are things you pe- put patches on your stuff, and then you can put the pins on the patch to sort of you know enhance your pins and buttons. But yeah, that one has a hole cut in the middle, so it's essentially the 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 the, the blue original series one tops cards without the picture so it's just the blue yeah. frame stars exactly. 
it's just it's genius you don't just do star wars i know you you do other sort of like uh, cheesy stuff i've seen simpsons stuff on your feed but you do tend to get into that kind of uh, i don't know how to say it really kind of get into the, the humorous side a little bit of star wars uh, you know things like the you know, you, you've got sigma items that you've got the uh, 3po tape dispenser from sigma things like that things that are really right. really do hit and uh, um, you know for for us who cover all sorts of star wars items I go through your stuff and it is, it's just, oh, yeah, he's always gone down that way and that route. Have you got a theme? Was it just anything that sort of, you know, you find amusing that you use? Yeah, no no theme, uh, but I, it really is. It's the stuff that wouldn't be made otherwise is sort of how I think about it. And we, one of my little catchphrases I made for the, for the company is the fine line between stupid and clever. So it is, <laughs> which is a thing from a, a movie called Spinal Tap, which I love as well. But yeah, yeah it's a, uh, it's. It's it's stupid. No, I have no problem with most of the stuff being called stupid. I think it's a compliment. I have like a, I think maybe the stupidest thing, one pin that is the missing punch from the vintage Paltoy Kenner card backs. Okay. So the punch that they would punch out to hang the cards on, it's a pin of that little punch that came out. And yes. it's it's that's just stupid. But I people look at it and they smile, so that's good. And the other thing is you know, something more modern is the uh, just the 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 emitter of Ray's Ray Skywalker, her yellow lightsaber, because when that came out and then the toy came out and they showed the emitter, it looks like fa- I'll say family friendly. It looks like a, a it looks like a butthole. It just does. And I thought that was hilarious. So I made a pin of it. It's got a hole in the middle. And it's just silly. And I've, you know, and some of these things have sold in the ones of amounts. So, but, you know, I'd still do them for fun. So. Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, you, know, you seem to produce a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I don't know how much, you several hundred items, but I mean, are you producing these yourself? Are you actually, yeah, have you got a little, like a little badge or a pin? Maker oh, no, 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 no. It's a really toxic uh uh, I don't mean that in the 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 new age version of the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's literally toxic uh, to yeah. create these things with the hard enamel, soft enamel, and the metals and things like that. And um, I have one or two manufacturers that do them, and I have one that I work with more closely. And I'm you know that I uh, so when I create a design and a lot of, some of them that are more complicated, complicated that are multiple pieces or moving parts, things like that. I'll I get really specific about the size and the shape and how much they'll move in the beginning. Uh, Position in the end position, for example, the Tuscan Raider pin is two pieces, got a back piece and a front piece, and the front piece is the arms and the, the uh, of the, the Raider, and they move up and down like the famous yeah. shot, right? And, uh, you know, something like that is very, very specific. I get real specific about how much I want the arms to move up and how much I want them to move down, where the little pinholes go so they're steady. But, yeah, I, I work with manufacturers for all that kind of stuff, <laughs> and uh, they create them for me and send them to me, and I, you know. And uh, for, and then I will do a, a quality check and see which ones are sellable, see which ones either have to be remade or I'll sell as B-grades, things like that. This might be an insulting question, but is this a full-time business for you or is it this kind of a hobby? It's both a full-time and a hobby. Uh, oh, no, that's no, good. It, it, no, it's it's. I, I do have a day job, so yeah. It's and it's not insulting to ask, not at all. You know, I, I do have a day job, and, and depending how engaged I am with it. So this month has been busy. By the time by Christmas time, I should have four or five new things out, which is you know I try to do 
for a while there was doing one a month, which is a lot. Yeah. Some mad pin makers out there, because I'm not the only one. There are lots of great pin makers out there that have been really ins- inspirational, and I've learned a lot from, and I've befriended, and have got me, you know, into things and taught me a lot. Um, they'll do one a week, two a month, and I, you know, I, I just don't have, I don't make the the sales they do, frankly. Some of them, you know, they'll put something up and it'll sell out in a week. I don't got that, but I, most of my stuff does usually sell out. Just it'll take a little while, but yeah, it, it's it's a part-time thing um but i do it a lot and i you know, <laughs> day and night sometimes yeah because it, it's it's funny it's got a bit of a renaissance really i mean i mean over here i guess in in sort of uh, you know collecting hobbyists and stuff that people make sort of you know pins and badges and stuff but it has kind of come back a little bit people have gone all through that uh, sort of technical and and digital age and and again almost coming back and saying actually i do like actually having something in my hand and being given something because I think I think probably sports is the big thing for badges so um, someone I mean at the the football club football club I support uh, in London there's they they produce a badge for every game for example so a new pin for every game so the the two teams are meeting they'll they'll have a little date on it you know it'll be a a badge and both sides will probably buy it if they're into that so you do get a number of collectors and it's not a massive thing but it's like you know a little niche industry, a bit like yours. There'll be a certain amount of people who, and and you'll see them at games. They've got pins all over their head, sure, and on their hats and on their jackets and stuff. But I think the thing that really kicked it off and made it huge was the Disney pin trading that hit real big, maybe even ten years ago or more. Yeah, um, and that's what hit uh, with people, especially when it comes to fandom type pins. You know, because Disney yeah. was even then was doing um, Star Wars pins and things like that. But yeah, it's. Like I said before, I look at it as a little piece of art that you can. I went to art school. I, that's my forte, you know, drawing and illustration and painting and things. So, being able to create a piece of art that's on that's on a piece of paper or even a print. Because I've done a few prints, you know, and yeah. uh, they hang up on a wall or they don't. But why not shrink them down to an inch and a half and make them metal? And you can now you have your art print anywhere you want to go. And that's that's what I like about it, you know. And it becomes a talking point. I mean, I mean even today, right? I'm after after the after the after Echo Live, my my foot my other football team, my local one, they were playing actually in the same town as we had this convention. So I popped along, I uh, didn't change anything, left the badges that I'd, I'd pinned on myself. And uh, people ask me, what the hell are you wearing? Because yeah, it's, it's a football thing. They're looking at me going, nerd. Right, and you're the nerd with the, uh, you know, the Stormtrooper pin on your... Exactly. But yeah, I've got... Um, I've, what am I wearing at the moment? I've still got it on. It is the guy who played General Medine. Uh, there's a bunch of fans from a previous Echo Live. And they're all kneeling down and praying to him as if he were the... Well, as the general. It says, all hail the general. Echo Base Live. Uh, I can't quite see what the date was. But it's 2023. I think it was the last one we did, and it's a massive badge. It's about what, what two and a half inches across, huge thing. Yeah. And I walked into the football ground. People looking at me the weirdest stares, like who's this weirdo with a badge on? But people did ask me, "What are you wearing? What is on your badge?" Sure. It does. It does become. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've seen people wearing lots of football pins and all sorts. People do like. They just start a conversation. Up. You know, what is that? You know, yeah. Especially at, at you know. Uh, it's like Star Wars Celebration, for example. I've been to most of them. Yeah, that's it's it's great. It's a way to start. You know, you see something that's unusual, and all of a sudden they become your best friend if, if it's your thing too. Like if somebody likes general mating, 
and they had that pin on, those two people are now best friends for life. Oh, yeah. And that's, again, one of the things I like doing with my stuff is creating the niche ideas and characters. Like, you know, there's not a lot of Claude stuff out there, Claude from <laughs> <laughs> Right really? Discover, but I made a Claude's Fix-It patch, Claude's <laughs> Fix-It shop, because I think that is a funny character. It's really stupid, but really awesome, and it's fun. And, you know, and oh, yeah. anybody that likes Claude, I am probably, you know, I'm their best friend now if I see them at celebration, you know, or like I have a zero the hut pin. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any zero the hut anything out there. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not even the hugest fan of, of the Clone Wars, but I love that character. It is ridiculous, you know. I've got a bit of a thing for Wall Cabashite, the thing that hangs off Jabba's palace ceiling. Oh, that weird, uh, like a sluggish thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was played, because I mean, at, at Celebration, we did our when we did our, our panel you came to uh, on the last day. And we were trying to get Mike Quinn, you know, the guy who played Nine Numb, because he played, he actually puppeteered that thing. And I was going to, you know, we, we were going to promote the fact that we had him, but I was just going to completely ignore everything about Nine Numb and just and talk just about... just go for... Wall Cabashite. <laughs> His name is Wall. Wall, W-O-L. And he's, and he's on the wall. Indeed. See, that's how they came up with names, by the way, back then, wasn't it? You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. he looks he looks like a walrus. Well, he's walrus man. All right. That's what he is. Like, oh, OK. See, now this brings me to what I one of the, my newest pins I just came out with. It's the Glup Shitto pin. Have you ever heard the term Glup Shitto? I have. I have. Just explain it because I'm not 100 percent sure. And I keep, I keep seeing it written everywhere by is, trendy nerds. And I'm going, what, yes. what's that all about? And I figure, why not get some of those trendy nerds money too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Glup Shitto is a, a name that somebody on a post somewhere gave, probably in a snarky way. Like everybody has their own Glup Shitto, their own favorite character that has absolutely no consequence at all with Star Wars. And somebody like you with that guy in the corner in Jabba's Palace or me with... Claude, maybe uh, it's the Glup Shittos because they all have weird names, right? So that's just a generic proper noun given to all the characters in Star Wars that don't have any consequence at all. But there are some people out there that love the hell out of them. Oh. Case in point, you're making your Glup Shitto. You're creating yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Walt Cabashai, when I was reading the the uh, Wikipedia entry, I mean, there's like a Jedi version of him. It's like it's like what? But all, all he was all he was doing with Jedi is he's trying to lick C-3PO. He's, that's all he's trying to do. Because in one scene, it cuts from him actually his tongue is just about to lick him, and then it cuts back to the scene, and they've just left it there, and it's not moving at all. And they cut back again, and he's and he's going for him again. So they must have been thinking, right? What are we doing this thing? I'll just have him lick C-3PO. Just because uh, he had he had the green jello, maybe I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. No, no, it was before that. So I think he yeah. just. Uh, I think he was just wanted. I think that's how he. I think I, think, I believe that's how his character interacts. It licks you. <laughs> it's just so. Well, there's perverse. an entire series of books for you. Now you have to be the one that writes them. An entire series that goes deep, was, down, deep into that guy. Oh, that's your next pin. Well, it came. It just recently. I. I. I, I yeah. It's. It's up. It's up on 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 my Etsy shop now. It's. I made a. A couple of a small series of the name pills from the vintage figures, you know, the yeah. name pills. Yeah. And I made a Glup Shitto name pill. And there's a Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver. I'll be making some more. I'm going to do a Lucas one probably. And just I, I like the idea of doing the name, the vintage name pills of things that shouldn't be on a name pill. 
like, but also, you know, fandom people love Carrie Fisher, love her, uh, and who doesn't, right? So that's that's a good way to to show your support. Yeah, because your your presentation is really nice. I mean, you've got, I mean, those those pins that you talk about there. They've got you've got your backing cards because I mean. I mean, one one of the ones I got off you, which I absolutely love, and when I showed it to everyone, they go, "Oh my god, I want one." Was the the badge with the two Ewoks blacked out, and it was just okay. again just simple, but the card and the badge work so well together. It looks like a it looks like a vintage piece, you know. Something you you immediately because because you you you've got into people's heads. I mean, that's something we all we're all familiar with. Any any vintage collector or any anyone from that era. You know, that brings about all those, oh, my God, what is the Madison man? He's going to be amazing. Oh, my right, God. Right. I remember and sitting there drawing it, what, yeah. what he's going to be. And it was the, the, the black blobs, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. The, the the amount of speculation and the amount of talk of those things. What if they were just black blobs in the movie? Yeah, I know. That would have been awesome. Walking around just... <laughs> <laughs> like the light guy, the light bulb guy that got cut out of Jabba's palace. That guy. <laughs> Maybe they missed a trick. Maybe they should have just been black blobs rather than bears. I, I think other. I think there's a lot of people that would have appreciated that. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and you know, I damn well be making pins of it. Actually, hell, I already did, right? So there well, exactly. <laughs> but it is you, you. I think think you've got a knack of getting into the psyche of people, like say the, the, these these little ideas and stuff, which are just hilarious. I mean, there's, there was something about that that badge with the, the Ewoks on. It just, you know, I said you've got you've suddenly got forty plus years of <laughs> from your or, or a slice of your brain has been smeared it's, onto a piece of card. It scratched an itch for me. <laughs> it definitely scratched an itch, but it is. <laughs> so, I mean, again, rude question: Do you sell out of these things? Do you do you have a bunch of badges sitting there piling up, or do these things? I mean, I, I see you do have things that say sold out on your on your Instagram yeah. page. I have so, both. It depends on how many I order, uh, but yeah, they, usually they run between fifty and hundred, sometimes two hundred pins, and they'll, they'll sell out. Some of them don't because they're so niche, and I know that they're niche. But eventually they will. Sometimes they sell in a matter of weeks or months, and sometimes it'll take a year or two. But um, usually I don't. Or, or sometimes if they sell out quickly enough, then I'll 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 do another another run of them, and just sort of keep them always in the sh- shop because I know those are the things that people like. Like for example, I don't know, there was a baby Yoda with a little frog, and the frog was a separate piece that moved. It's a little pin with a with a pin frog t- leg sticking out of his mouth, and the frog swing the frog leg swing back and forth. It's a separate piece, and I've made those. A, I've had you know a couple of runs of those because those are pretty good sellers. Who doesn't like yeah. Baby Yoda? Grogu, well, right. exactly. Yeah, everyone loves that. But yeah, I mean, you, you're pro- I mean, again, your prices. I mean, I I was thinking it was going to be when, when I when you gave us those badges at celebration. I thought, oh my god, it's going to be like forty. Fifty dollars a badge, oh, but it's not. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, it's 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 cheap stuff. It's collectible stuff. I mean, you. I'm assuming you have a lot of repeat buyers on this. Yeah, I would say most of the people, most of the business I have are from repeat buyers. A couple hundred yeah. people that are pretty um, consistently. Each each one that comes out, I have a couple of folks that I just know when I put it out. I just make sure I set them aside anyway because I know they're going to want them, and it's very kind of them, and I really appreciate it. But yeah, they're usually ten bucks a piece, you know, American dollars, and then some of them go up to thirteen or twenty depending on the size. There's like a, I have this legacy line of pins, which are the three versions of a character, kind of uh, triptych almost. Uh, there's a couple of those. There's a Vader or a Anakin Vader one. There's uh, one of the three different versions of three PO from each. 
episode. Yeah, those are a little bit more, $13, $14, just because they have a little more deluxe element to them. They're large, yeah, yeah. over two inches. They have screen printing and things like that. But I'm I'm not in it to make a lot of money, which is good because I don't make a lot, but I'm in it <laughs> to get them out there. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Celebration where I'll walk by somebody and they'll be wearing one. I mean, there's thousands of people there. And I walk by somebody, you know, in London of all places, and here I am in Baltimore, Maryland, and they're wearing a pin of mine, and I have to stop them and go, "I don't like your pin." And they go, "Thanks," and I just keep going, and it makes me feel good. <laughs> well, I wore I wore your Ewok badge all day, and and for the next oh. day, <laughs> I just kept it on because people every every time, and that was when I got back back here, back to my hometown in the middle of the country, I just wore it, but going. Yeah, you know, obviously the people, most people just went, "What on earth are you wearing, you weirdo?" But the people who knew, knew. they know, right? Yeah, they know, they know. Like, they know. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. I know that thing. But I said I had several offers to get rid of it. You know, for people to buy it off. I said, "No, no, no, no. No one's having that badge. That is mine, and it's it, it, it's it's actually on my collecting shelf. I haven't got many badges on my collecting shelf, but that one was just. I said, just just hit a nerve. So um, th- th- there's a question I've got to ask you, which, which it's it always with these sort of things uh, amazes me, is how do you get away with it? When you met us on that panel on the last day of celebration, now that poster I gave out, we got banned. We were told we can't get that poster out, right? You're not allowed to, so don't. Because we had done uh, our Vintage Rebellion logo, we had to get approved by Lucasfilm. And even though okay. we'd had a previous approval at previous celebrations, it suddenly was an issue. I said, no, you can't give that. And the poster doesn't give a positive representation of Star Wars. Wow. And it's like, are you what? But we just gave out anyway, because it's just like, you know what? I, we don't care. It's the last day of celebration. What are you going to do? Throw us out. But how are you getting away with it? I mean, have they pounced on you or have, have they threatened you? How do you get around copyright issues and things like that? Because you're using, you know, their their intellectual property rights. I well, I think with you guys, you were at an official event yeah yeah exactly approved to be and representatives of the brand through your podcast so there's yeah. there's the the sin right oh yeah <laughs> so sin. i uh, you know i it, a lot of people like me who make pins and things we ride this line where we're ju- we're not a threat and we're not damaging the brand i would imagine you know with lewdness or 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 you know anything like that and we're not making enough money to pull money out of their needy mouths of, of disney and lucasfilm I've had a few taps on my shoulders for really? through Etsy. Mostly what they don't like, uh, to peel back the curtain here, is they don't like the names being used, I've noticed. So if you put Darth Vader in a title of something, that's their name. If you say Evil Lord or Evil Dark Lord, that's maybe okay. I found, yeah. um, and I don't know how much they know about me. I'm not, you know, or there's, you know, there are pin makers out there. I just go by the Instagram measurement who have tens of thousands of followers, thirty, forty thousand followers. They gotta know about them, and I don't have that many. But um, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, they could shut me down at any second. But I'm not real. I'm kind of breaking even on a lot of this stuff, which is the point. Yeah, and. Um, I do it out of the, you know, out of the joy and the fun and the love of Star Wars and fans. So, you know, and again, my stuff is you'll never find it hanging on a a peg at Disney World or at a, you know, at a Disney event. You, You won't. They don't make things like I make, like my patch and pin sets, things that are my ideas, concepts like I have, you know, that it's a patch and pin sets. For example, I have the 
the emperor's throne room with the with the window with the star field is a patch and then the pin is the emperor in his throne that sticks on the pat it's a pin that sticks on the patch so things like that you know i have a, a refrigerated hero pin that's indiana jones in the refrigerator it's a refrigerator pin with a hinge on it you open it up and there's indiana jones sitting inside of the refrigerator like they're never going to make that stuff <laughs> but i think that helps um but i think just being small enough to go under the radar just hey just like in star wars with the attack on the death star right they uh, they didn't they didn't expect uh, something so small that's me i'm the rebellion What's your future plans then? So you're 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 doing patches. Sorry, you're doing badges and the odd patch and stuff. Have you got have you got like a, a an empire to conquer on anything else? Just out of interest. I'm getting more and more into like movable pins and things like that. Things that move. But I you know, I, I don't. I enjoy just doing the things that aren't found on the shelves. So I, I yeah. love doing that. My next couple of ones are things that are outside of Star Wars. I, I love old 80s and 90s uh, sci-fi stuff like everybody else does who's my age or, or older, you know. So like a- Alien and Predator and Gremlins, I have some. And these are just original drawings that I've turned into pins. And that's the other part of it is, you know, you go to a lot of these shows and conventions and stuff and you have a lot of um, the artist alley and they just they'll, they'll draw a picture of the Predator, for example, and put it on a, a lithograph and you buy it and every, that's great, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. But all of a sudden, if that same image was on a pin, it seems like it's a weird copyright violation kind of conversation. It's, it's an odd thing that it's if it's odd. on a piece of paper, it's one thing. If it's on a piece of metal, it's something else. So that's the way I look at it. They're, like I said a couple of times on this kind of conversation, is they're basically drawings on metal, you know, art on metal. So I'm doing some things that are outside of the Star Wars. I dip out. I have some Simpsons stuff, like you said, and I'll have some... Uh, Monsters stuff coming out, and I even I even have planes, trains, and automobiles, which is one of my favorite movies. Bob's Burgers, I, I I do, and again, these are all original drawings. They're my interpretations of uh, some of my favorite characters and themes. So it's you know, you know, graffiti artists, things like that. They've always done that. It's sampling and uh, music, parody and films, uh, cover songs for musicians. You know, musicians will just straight up do another song but in their version. So it's it's kind of the same thing in the art world, I think, where you can create versions of the things that you love, not because you want to copy it, but because it's the best of its kind. So why not interpret it or reinterpret it? I was wondering whether the pin side of the copyright stuff was because you can wear it and display it around the place and they don't like it. Yeah, that. that's true. I never thought of it like that, but that could, could very well. I'm always surprised by Redbubble. Uh, do t-shirts and then if they have the same company over there so you yep. can just put put a design on there and sell it i don't know whether no actually no i do know that sometimes they do clamp down it because there was a computer show i went to not too long ago where someone who owned the rights to a computer game had clamped down on things being produced and then he suddenly <laughs> he took the designs of the designs of his thing and then just relaunched uh. it as he said well that's mine i designed it He's basically made this 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 football manager game, which was enormous over here. So soccer, and uh, it was you know in the eighties it was oh god Christ he's still getting money from it now, um, and he's lived lived off the back of it for all his life. Um, but it was, it was his design. He had a picture of it, literally his face on the front of the cover of the computer game, and um, someone was selling t-shirts of his face. Well, that's my face. And I thought, yeah, you got a point there. Uh, someone, was, someone was making money out of Redbubble and he just went to Redbubble and said, hey, that's me. I want my money. So uh, they had to turn it all over to him, which I thought oh, that's fair enough. I mean, it's a 
it, you know, no one had drawn it. It was just his face. But yeah, T, yeah. T, we have Redbubble here. We have a place called T Public. I've had a few shirts yeah, on there, and I've had a few shirts get you know get the SWAT you know because of that. So yeah, sure. Um, you know, and and it's all it's all it's fair. I don't ever fight things. It's not it's not my intellectual property. While the yeah. drawing may be mine, just like you know the interpretation yeah. of their design may be mine. It's still their thing, and that's cool. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Just out of interest, have, have you done anything that this is not, that is literally your creation? Yeah, I've had a couple of, on there. Um, you know, I, I had a, this little um, uh, monkey love pin. It's a little monkey and a girl. I, it's from a design I did back when I was in art school. I've had it, right. uh, you know, in my, uh, you know, that design stuck away for many years. And I turned that into a pin. I've had... Um, you know, a few, a few things, uh, I, you know, uh, those things don't sell as well as Star Wars stuff yeah, does, yeah. but also, uh, it's not as fun for me. You know, I'm, I'm drawing my childhood when I draw the Star Wars stuff and I like that, but yeah. I guess if you've got an audience, you know, it's fun to sure. yeah, yeah. You know, give it a go. I mean, people are following you They're They're going to like you as well as the stuff you produce. So you never know what you could, what you could fling out there. Yeah, I just found your monkey love badge actually. That's pretty cool. You've got you've got a really nice art style, actually. Right, I think that's probably it. I think we've probably covered everything. And tell us where we can find you, what your websites are, can people in Britain buy your pins, um, and all that sort of stuff, really. Yes, people in Britain can buy my pins. I do have international shipping. I'm sorry that it's 17 US dollars, but that's the what they charge. That's not know. too bad, you know. Nah, I mean, that's going from bad. there to here, it's cheaper, but the yeah. US Postal Service, they, uh, you know, they, they like to really gouge a bit but it's flat fee so you can order yeah. as many as much as you like for that yeah. one that one price um uh it's at nerd matters n-e-r-d-m-a-t-t-e-r-s at nerd matters on instagram i stopped using twitter but it's there for archival purposes uh there is also uh, nerd matters on etsy this is my name it's etsy.com slash nerd matters i think it is but you can just search the name I'm actually doing a live event. I do a couple of, I've done some patch and pin shows. They've had my, on the East Coast here in New York. I've been a couple of those where I've had at a booth. And I'm doing the Designer Con in Anaheim, California, which is this big three-day convention of makers and designers. Everybody from little people like myself to big companies. Yeah. And it's going to be at the Anaheim Convention Center on december 15th 16th and 17th and i will be there i don't have my booth number yet but i'll be there with all my stuff come by there and say hi and i'll give you something free how about that fantastic to talk to you i mean we've been talking about getting you on for ages because i said celebration we were all over those pins we just couldn't believe when we got back david i really appreciate that that's fantastic right i'm gonna go i'm gonna bed so all right (laughs) have a good night good talking thank you very much And now, the licensee section. This month is Stuart Hall Company Incorporated. No, not the controversial Stuart Hall. I think he's still in prison somewhere. I don't know. I don't care. But uh, another part of my childhood destroyed. Stuart Hall was in Kansas City, apparently. That's where they were knocking out their uh, stationery. Without going into too much detail, if you go and have a look at the Stuart Hall building, which you've got its own Wikipedia page, that was uh, a major employer in kansas for many many years i think they ended around about 2000 or maybe a little bit before that i managed to track down a few ex-employees have left messages about their time there but uh, they just were just churning out 
school office supplies. But they were supplying places like Walmart. And they just disappeared, as these companies do. Right, let's talk about stationery. I just want to know very quickly your most precious stationery item as a kid. Now, I remember having a wooden pen box thing. I think there was a Star Wars one at some point, but I definitely have a Star Wars one. And I remember having that for years and years. I think I only threw it away not too long ago. I think we found it in the loft and it all got a bit weird. But um, it had a sliding sort of door and then it opened out. And it was great. And I loved that thing. And I kept it for years and years and years and years until into my adulthood. And until we threw it away when it probably got waterworm or something. But that was my, my favourite ever stationery item. So... I think stationery items, I think it'll be like a pencil case for spoons. It'll probably be some gadgety thing for Preston. Probably something that you could show off to other kids and they're going, oh, how you get that? Maybe his dad made it or something. Or maybe that spoon's his dad made it and gave it to Preston. Uh, Richard, it would have been a pencil. And I think maybe Jason, it would have been a compass you used to stab people with. So let's start with Richard, get him out of the way quickly. Richard, what was your favourite stationary item as a kid? Oh, that's a good question, not Pete. Um, oh, that's a trophy as well. I certainly remember making a pencil case with holes in it and wood with the acrylic bottom that swung round, so I think I'll go with that. Oh, nice. So Jason, compass stabbing people? I Several different pencil cases. I had you know, kind of traditional zip-up ones. I had, uh, I obviously had the Helix, uh, the Helix math set, um, that came, came with a tin. And I did use the compass from that to, um, stab C2PO to death. Um, yes. Completely killed the case. I just went completely nuts. I don't know what c 2 I'm not after cases. I don't know what he's done wrong, but he, he certainly got it. Um, I'm after items, Jason. So anything, anything stationary. It doesn't have to be a pencil case. Yeah, but those, the, you know, the pencil cases were, you know, the, the stuff inside it, less so. It was all about the pencil case. And the other one I remember having was um, the, the double deck. Again, it didn't have Helix kind of branding on it, but the, 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 the double decker one that slid. So you had two, the top compartment and the bottom compartment. I, yeah. I had one of those as well. So. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's what I, that's what I remember, that, that that thing made of wood, which slid yeah. and kind of folded out. Yeah, they were great. It was made of plastic. The, the no, mine, mine was wood. Ooh. Yeah, very, yeah. very rubbish. But well, it lasted for years. I remember writing on it and covering it in stickers and, and all well, sorts of things. I mean, other, other treasured kind of things. I've still got, and I'm just looking for it in the cupboard here, I've still got my Paddington Bear uh, ruler <laughs> somewhere. Oh, there we go. Uh, it was the official um, the <clears throat> weights and measures measuring stick when we had... Um, Palatoy Logo Gate um, a couple of uh, years ago. Do you remember that? Yes. Well, there was a kind of discrepancy in the Palatoy Logo, and I used the official measuring stick to uh, figure out what the actual size of it was. And that was that was done with my Paddington Bear ruler. Which well, there we go. I can't find it at the moment. Who would have thought that Paddington Bear ruler made in 1970-something would still be doing the rounds today? Being, being actually involved in pop culture. Right, uh, Spoons. Was well, I correct? You're, you're sort of clear. Well, I don't think you are correct. Oh. You, you could, you, so I, I also had one of those wooden pencil cases. I think it was uh, second-hand from a pretty charity shop from a grandma. It was maybe sort of like some uh, Eastern European writing on it. Or something. I do quite like it. It's quite <laughs> a communist clever. one, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's a go, go with the set. But I got a... Um, Harley Davidson number one, just rectangular sort of 
PVC thing with a zip on top. I did that. I've still got that. Uh, had it from quite a young age, all the way through school. Um, got all Tipex over it. John Wigglesworth and Co. You know, we all used to graffiti each other's pencil cases with uh, oh, yeah. cock and balls, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, that, and I think I just scratched all that off later because it's, it's back to its pristine conditions. I do like that, but they're, well, they're my favourite items. The uh, bit like Jason, I've still got my Mr. Men writing set. Came in like a cardboard box with Mr. Tickle's eyes, I think it's the carrying handle, envelopes, you know, a bit like the, the letter set stationery, envelopes and writing pads and things that I like, I might well be letter set actually, but I've still got that somewhere. That, that's a big favour. But I think actually if it's any item of stationery, it has to be the pencil toppers. So you used to have, you know, the Superman, Kermit the Frog, um, who's the, the ones that used to advertise Smash? I've still got that. Uh, Martians. Z? What were they called? Oh, they were just Martians, weren't they? Yeah, but they, well, they, they had a name. Oh, I don't know. Just the Martians. Um, it was something like Z, but I've still, I, they used to, and then when I stopped putting things like that on pencils, they were on my, uh, the vowels of my BMX for a while, so I lost <laughs> one of them, but I've still, I've still got one somewhere. Uh, so, that, yeah, they, it'll be, it'll be my pencil toppers, I think. They will be my favourite items. Okay. And then, uh, Mr. Preston, you definitely had something that no one else did. No, I don't know about that. Um, oh. My favourite stationary item would have been, uh, I mean, sorry to be boring here, but it would be another one of those wooden box pencil cases. Yes. And I had the Helix Star Wars version. Um, oh, you would have had that one. Se- second hand, because um, I'm sure it didn't come with the sleeve and with the bits inside it, but uh, I liked I loved that pencil case yeah. until it got defaced by a, uh, a, a, some, a, a little scrote in the class. So I peeled the sticker off and I drew my own sticker to go back on it. And it had the Star Wars logo, a bright red and yellow Star Wars logo, and it had a space battle. X-Wings and TIE Fighters and red lasers and green lasers and a Death Star in the background. And uh, yeah, I was very, very proud of that. Uh, well, I mean, lo- I mean the, long the, gone, beauty I... of, the beauty of those was that if, you, if someone did scribble on it, you could get your dad to sand it off because they were wooden. Well, they're, they're, they're not wooden. They're, it's, it's a well, the one I had was definitely wooden. It was very wood. Yeah, well, they, these, these aren't the Helix ones, aren't they? It's a, it's a no. wood effect plastic. Yeah. Mine, mine was wood, and it definitely got shaved a few times when penises appeared on these things. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what? It's my pencil case. I've had as a kid. And you've just put a big cock and balls on it. Yeah. Yeah, there must be there must be somewhere a museum with just, like, pictures of cock and balls that people have done on things, because it must be a thing. You know, it's just blokes. And it just must be a thing that would be celebrated. There's probably a book about it somewhere. Things that have had cock and balls drawn on them. Must be. Because it was like, you know, staple of school, wasn't it? Right, let's get into the stuff. Let's get into <laughs> now. I've I've got some of this stuff. I have to say, um, how, where do we start, Andy? That's the thing. I'm blaming you for this again. No Star Wars. No. Straight, Empire Strikes Back. So it, it's all sort of office supplies, stroke stationery, isn't it? It's all that their whole lot seems to be uh, things to write on or in. Indeed. So it's notebooks, notepads, uh, all sorts of different things of that ilk. 
And it's got a, it's got a flurry design as well. The design is consistent amongst these these things, um, the, and it, and they've used some great pitch as well. So, let's, well, let's start on let's start on the book on the uh, on the well, the, the notebooks because there's lots of them, slightly different sizes to them, don't they? So they're the they same do. thing, but just more pages. Yeah. So we we've got I mean with with all their products we've got um, uh, an Empire Strikes Back range and a Return of the Jedi range very different the Empire Strikes Back range has on the whole photo art it's great photo art let's let's have this because we can't just you know skim over this the photos are great they've picked some really really yeah. good images haven't they because see the one that I, we've have covered before and it's one of my favourites I remember getting a notepad uh, so I've got a little tiny notebook on this one it was like a brand new one that someone had found some new old stock and it's I think it's the only time it's been used or we've seen anything in the world of collecting it's Luke in the Dagobah cave and it just you know it's such evocative of an amazing scene in Empire Strikes Back and they haven't just stopped there so that's a great scene Luke's got his lightsaber lit he's something's going to go wrong in a minute but what I would really like to talk about as a 2-1-B focus collector <laughs> is there's one, there's 2-1-B on it. It's got like... Uh, Which one's that? It's called Bounty Hunters 2-1-B Probat, except, and it comes in a different formats, but it's basically got a picture of Probot bottom left. Can't be uh, Probot. Top left is just like Snaggletooth with his mate, and then there's <laughs> top right, 2-1-B is there. 2-1-B. Yeah. And he's... He's looking, he's looking a little bit worried about something. Yeah, so I've, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm eyeing one up on eBay at the moment, but it's quite Well, you see, Jason, you, you went straight to 2 and B, but you did mention very briefly the king of the images here, which is, uh, I don't know where this is in Star Wars, but it's, it's two, I think they're Snivians, aren't they? Are they Snivians? Or no, they, they are. Mate. And, I don't know what's going on there. Is that husband and wife? I mean, she does seem, the smaller one does seem to have well, a, some kind of chest. It looks like Snaggletooth. Yeah. yeah, 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 a Snivian. Yeah, I'm and, not sure uh, what the backstory is, but these guys were on Bespin. Uh, well, I yeah, I'm assuming so. They're repurposed cantina masks from the first yeah. Star Wars. Um, so you've got, uh, yeah, you, you've got the Snaggletooth mask, and then you've got, I think the other one is the character that ended up in the comics as Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, it's a very... face Jabba. Yeah. Monkey face jabber. That's, that, that's the two, one. And 2-1-B does not like the look of them at all, does he? No, he doesn't. He's giving them like, who are you? Because you shouldn't be around here looking at my, you know, Luke's got it's his hardly, pants on. Hardly the most um, memorable characters from the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> you see, well, I wonder why they chose that. So, you, I mean, the consistency through all the images, right? So all the rest of the books, uh, you've got you know, Boba Fett, you've got Darth Vader and the... Although when Darth Vader is in the the freezing chamber, his hand is a rather odd. But we'll come to that. Uh, your hand Solo, Princess Leia, Luke on Hoth. You've got great scenes. That lovely publicity shot, the three of them facing the camera. So they've obviously got lots of uh, publicity shots to put on there. But they've all great. But that that is the weirdest image. I think it features on anything in Star Wars. But they're aliens and droids, aren't they? And aliens and droids always sold well. Yeah, 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 but they, no, Andy, no, 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 no. Empire Strikes Back, you've got a lot of images that they've used, right? They could have used anything, they could have reused an image. But no, they've gone for these two weird characters. Why? We've got to work that out. That makes no sense. Well, I, I think it is just because they are otherworldly aliens. 
they're alien. Said, they're weird. They're ugly. They're. I know, but they're not in the film, are they? The big question is, what's it worth? I'm just looking at one on eBay. I've seen these reasonably priced, uh, depending on what size they are. You should have to pick these up. Jason, you didn't go through my tat well enough. Yeah, exactly. On Saturday, because I've got I've got a folder, a, a ring binder, with that image on. I'm sure I have. I'll see if I can dig it out. Send yeah. you a photo. But also, that picture appears. They've got their own notepad together. So these these lovers with their well, I'm assuming they're lovers because, like I said, she definitely looks the smaller one definitely looks a little bit female. She is female because I'll tell you who that is. That oh. is Kathy Munro, who also played for LOM. They could have just had fall on there rather than these two Burks. They look like very Burks. What are they doing on Cloud City? It's Snaggletooth and a shaved yak face. <laughs> but that is what that is the highlight, I think, of the of the whole of the brand of this brand. It's just brilliant. Uh, but you've got, I mean, it's a decent. I mean, it, it, it's it's nice design. So it's black. It's a black background. And everything is surrounding this kind of like, I guess it's kind of trying to be a little bit neon, a neon kind of blue border. Um, the logo is always prominent. You know, it's, it's one of the things we've seen with Empire Strikes Back. This is really Empire Strikes Back. They're not holding back here, are they? They're not pretending to be Star Wars. This is Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, they the are, lo- they are logo on, ev- on everything. The logo, yeah. it's, it's, it's on the slant, isn't it? Like the, the classic yeah, Empire logo. Proper. It's bottom right. White text against the black background, and yeah, it stands out really, really beautiful. Yeah, it's nicely designed. Uh, some interesting products. Learn, learn to letter and write. Is that the ones where inside you've got like the the letters in dotted form? So you 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 draw your pen over them, and so you're, you're you're writing the letters, but you're following the dotted outline. Maybe not sure. Let's talk about some of the other but, images on the front, Andy. Um, yeah, there's there's some more multiple image ones, aren't there? So there's one version where you've got um, the four heroes. So you've got Luke, Han, Leia, and Lando, uh, and then Darth Vader in the middle. Yeah, bit of an odd composition, but uh, <laughs> well, there, there we go. go. There's another that. one with another one with spacecraft. Uh, you've got the Falcon. You've got two different shots of Star Destroyers. One of which is from Star Wars, not Empire, but uh, won't go there. And another one also from Star Wars of three X-wings flying past. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, so yeah, a spaceship theme there. And there's another one which is three images. Uh, top one is Leia in the Bespin hallway firing her blaster at a couple of stormtroopers down the hall. Below that, you have three snowtroopers setting up the cannon in Echo Base, ready to try and blast the Falcon. And in between them, insert, you've got Luke in Cloud City pulling his blaster and about to shoot at... Uh, it, was, it was Boba Fett he was shooting at, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, some nice little composite images. But you've also got, I think, my, one of my favourite stories here. We need to create a story. The RCG and C3PO one, which is featured on all sorts of things, you've got a memo pad, college rule, spiral notebook, um, some wide wide rule. You see, there's a story there because you've got R2D2 and C3PO as per normal. C3PO is looking at something, not quite sure, he's looking a bit worried, but R2 has got a very worrying splash of something on him. It's a little bit suspicious what's going on. Maybe it's soup, maybe it's something else, but it's definitely worrying. You thought it might just like remove that. But yeah, he's definitely got so something has happened. Maybe that's why uh, C3PO is looking a little bit perturbed. Like, what have you done there? 
Yeah, could be. Is is this a post Dagobah R2? No, it looks too clean for that. It's just a big splodge of dripping sludge stuff. Yeah, which is hit him on the front. Have a look at the bottom of his body, the skirt area and the feet. They're they're a little bit dirty, aren't they? Or is that just the red background reflecting? I think that's just red. Black, black, well, the red. Yeah, it's a bit strange. Red background. So they must have set up this shot. But why have they chosen an R2 who's got, which has got a soup stain on him? Good question. Uh, very, very strange. Again, need to find that out. Just after Kenny's lunch break. <laughs> well, it might have been. He might have spilled his tea. Um, there is another image on the spiral note bundle, the smaller pad. Um, but yeah, it, it does look like he's having a cup, he was having a cup of tea and he spilt it because it's not relevant to anything because C3O looks reasonably clean. They've obviously taken this picture. It's not from the film, is it? Because you wouldn't have that major red reflection on the legs. No, you, you've got the that red background in a few publicity yeah. photos, Empire era, because um, there's yeah. another book in this series um, that's got Vader with two troopers with a red background. Someone needs to tell us what that stain is, because it's not all over him. It's just on his front body. Someone has dropped yeah. a cup of tea or soup. I think it's soup. I think it might be a well-drained minestrone soup on top of R2-D2's body, and it's gone all the way down because it looks like it's fallen from someone who might have been sitting in the costume, maybe, Kenny Baker. Or perhaps it was taken at Elstree Studios in one of the big sound stages where we heard that there were pigeons in the rafters. <laughs> it's a little bit it's a little bit too and... splashy for pigeons. Oh, I don't know. Unless they, were, unless they were drinking his soup for him. It know. looks a little bit like some of the marks I get on my car occasionally. <laughs> Definitely, we need we need an explanation for that one. There's other ones. There's a nice Yoda one, nice picture. Uh, is there anything particularly majorly unique in those notepads? It's all a bit kind of nice pictures. I think you've picked out the main one that's unique, which is the one with uh, Snaggletooth and his mate. Well, no, I think they're married. Let's be let's be kind. I think they're they're interspecies relationship there going on, and they probably had some little blue snags as kids. Yep. What do these images appear on then? Let's just run through. So we, we've got um, binders, three ring binders, and there's four or five different ones of yep. those. Uh, we've got folders, portfolios. Uh, we've got pocket memos. Yeah. Spiral notebook. Uh, you've already mentioned learn to letter and write. Uh, pencil tablets, different sizes of ruled notebooks. Pencil tablet. What's a pencil tablet? I don't know. Pencil tablet? Let's have a look. Well, we'll have a look. I don't know. Why is it called a pencil tablet? Anyone know? know? 50 Not pages. Sure pencil oh, tablet. S- scribble pad. That's a different one. That's probably just plain paper, then. You've probably got about half a dozen different types of product, haven't you? And then uh, in, those are broken down by the number of sheets inside and the, the size yeah. of them and so on. So a really wide variety of stuff on offer. Yeah, I mean it's not. I mean it's not the most amazing collection of stuff in the world, but the, when, when you see them, they do look really nice. Because they do that, that I think it's made by the blue border that goes around the and blue the consi- neon border. That consistency of design, they they yeah, really so. hang together very well. And there's a lot to collect. To be fair, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of the same thing, but they're slightly different. You know, sheet numbers. You know, I mean, they all look pretty much the same um, throughout, but they've just got you know slightly different sizes and stuff. So they. they I mean, they were so they must have been churning these out by the millions because you see them all over the place. I've never not been to celebration or a Star Wars event and not seen these somewhere. Normally, yours, you and Dave got them. But uh, yeah, I was really chuffed to get that Luke Skywalker one. 
um, a, little, a little tiny handheld little hand notepad sealed which was quite chuffed i got hardly anything about 10 about 10 pound i think it cost me ages ago but they're certainly not ridiculously expensive i don't know how much you were charged andy but uh, they're certainly not usually expensive i don't, don't think anybody asked about them to be honest yeah it's just it's just one of those things you see all the time to take for granted i guess yeah but it's a really so, nice empire a line i think yeah and then return of the jedi they've gone a different way haven't they yeah, which I, I don't mind actually. I don't mind the fact that they've they've, but they have. Well, no, you say that, but there is a slight consistency because they do have the red, sort of like neon, kind of border. Not quite as neony as that one, but they they do have a little bit of a, a little bit of a consistency. The fact that they've kept the same lines, so they've they've gone with a red border, which meets up with the logo. So yeah, you got the Return of the Jedi logo in red at the top. But uh, the big difference is that the artwork is is just that it's artwork. It's yeah, not it's photos. Artwork, yeah. yeah, but at least it's consistent. Um, it's not you know it's not switching between the two. Yeah, it's actually I, you know same thing. And I don't believe this is artwork that's used anywhere else. I mean, I, it looks rather like Stuart Hall have commissioned these pieces yeah. specifically for this range. Yeah, the throne room scene is really really cool actually. You know, you've got the emperor in the background. You've got Luke and Darth having a right go at each other. I like that. You know, it's not amazing art, but it's action art and it's good. You know, and it's consistent because it's, you know, the, the, the Jabba the Hutt scene is lovely. Um, actually, when you, again, you see those quite often as well, the, that Jabba the Hutt portfolio one. I see that, I've seen that quite a few times. Yeah, interesting. It's just Jabba and, uh, is that Salacious with him? Uh, it's a rather small image I'm looking at. Is that yeah, Salacious yeah, or is, yeah, it, or is it Slave Layer? He's no, no, Slave, no, slave Layer, crikey. And uh, uh, yeah, Slash comes playing with his tail. So playing got, with Jabba's tail. He's got his lunch roasting on the barbecue yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. But You've no, got, no, no other characters. No Bib Fortuna. No C three PO. No Jawas. Just, just Jabba and Slashus. They could have stuck a slave layer there somewhere. Or even my favourite, Wal Cabashite, could have been hanging from the ceiling trying to nip well, the food. It is a bit bare, isn't it? That top part of the image. A little bit bare, but you know, it's 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 a nice, nice little image. And then there's a couple of spaceships, there's a B Wing and I think that's Darth Vader's interceptor y kind of TIE fighter thing. There's a bit of a battle going on, neither are shooting at each other, kind of just, you know, there. But it's nice. It said again, it's 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 the artwork that's really nice. Again, those things easy to display. You can stick them in a you know, a, you know, a frame or something. And they're nice images that are very the, the heart back to the those innocent days of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, we, um, there's another one uh, um, very similar, actually, to the winner of our photography competition. A couple of speeder yep. bikes yeah, yeah. in front of the trees, and they've, they've gone for a bit of a motion blur, haven't they? Give the... well, well, yeah. The, well, yeah, it's... that That's one of the most sort of creative ones, really. They've really gone to say these things move fast. And they've used a, a little airbrushing technique there, and it's quite cool. But it's not really. Is there anything else like that on any of their? I don't think there is, is there? I don't think there is on any any other of these. No, yeah. there is another speeder bike image, um, yeah. which is a, a little bit more crudely drawn, actually. This one. So you've got a, a biker sat on his bike, glancing off to one side. I don't think he's actually moving, is he? I think he's probably parked up. No, no, he's parked. He's having a cup of tea. He's taking his helmet. Well, I don't, well, yeah, maybe he's just about. To, well, no, there is a little bit of movement actually. There's a kind of like a a drag of the image behind him. So I think he is moving and he's just, just about to take off. He's yeah, hiding behind could, a stump. Yeah, could be, could be. Construction this, this paper. Is, yeah. yeah, construction paper, which we didn't mention before, did we? 
that's that's a slightly different one. But uh, and then we've got a nice three uh, PO and R two in Jabba's palace um, having a conversation about something or other. I think I think we might even have R two revealing how he got that mess on him, and three uh, PO looks a little bit in shock of how that mess happened. He does. He's like, I uh, can't believe you just done that. Three PO and R two again with Wicket in the Ewok village. Yeah, three PO sitting sitting in his throne. Got the Rebo band. Yeah, that's nice. Cy Max and uh, the other one, Droopy, with yeah, Han but... in carbonite in his alcove behind. And then we got Wicket from the Wicket, the Ewok kind of stuff. So I don't think that was that. They didn't do any Wicket Ewok stuff, did they? Well, I'm wondering whether this one might have come a little bit later. Return of the Jedi pencil tablet. And yeah, you've got a more cartoony version of Wicket. Yeah. That's a... uh, oh yeah, no, no, yeah, no. It appears on a le- another learn to letter one. Having a little check with R2. Yeah, so yeah, so there actually looks like on the learn to letter, you've got some information in the front suggesting that, yes, there'll be somewhere where you can write letters yep. uh, and imitate the, the design, which is on the front cover, demonstrates what it actually is. So, uh, so I'm assuming that's what was in the other learn to letter. So it's got places where you can imitate the letters, I'm assuming, on certain pads. But yeah, um, uh, I'm liking the art. There's some good art. There's a, I think there's a few artists there because that Rebo band, Doodle Pad, that looks a lot better quality art than some of the other ones. They've got someone else to do that. Yeah, it does. The construction paper and the pencil tablet with the cartoony image, those are not as good as the other no. images, are they? No, they've really gone to town on that one. So whether we use a couple of artists, but yeah, like it, like like the range, like the range of uh, art. That, and you've got, you know, if you do collect this stuff, you've got distinctive look to Empire Strikes Back. Distinctive looks of Return of the Jedi, but they do operate in the same field of the the black background, the sort of you know the the coloured surround, coloured framing. So at least it you know if you had that on the wall, for example, you'd go, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. So I like that. I like the fact they've been consistent with both. Although when it gets a bit Ewoky, then it's then it slightly goes off kilter, which is you know no one's collecting like Ewoks. Yeah, but yeah, it's a nice collectible range, uh, a finite number of items to pick up, and most of them can be got fairly readily and fairly cheaply. Uh, As with all things Star Wars, I'm sure there's going to be one or two that you absolutely can't find for love nor money. Have you gnashing your teeth and crying into your pillow at night? But otherwise, yeah, lovely little line. It is, it's a good little line. Do you have any of this, anyone? I said I've just got the one Luke's got a notepad. Yeah, I've got a couple of those portfolios that I'm looking to offload. Because they're not British. I haven't got any, but I do want that one with two and B on the. Oh yeah, there's loads of two and B on it, Jason. You're gonna have to buy all of them. Carl Dennis once sent me the Ewok Hang Gliders Learn to Letter <laughs> book for. Uh, I just I bought something off them, and then you just chuck that in as well because it was a talented <laughs> one. Uh, so yeah, I've got that. I've got. Are you that sure he well. wasn't trying to trying to suggest something to you, Andy? My poor writing. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually I've talked about that on the show as well. First day at school and putting like one of those big A4 exercise books and putting a letter per page, filling the whole thing up. So what, well. what is the learn to letter then? If you've got one, you must have seen it. So what is it? Is it pages full of letters that you can copy? Or Yeah, you trace round. Essentially, it's, uh, it's lined pages with with the letters on each page, and you essentially trace round them to... Oh. so that you can you can do them yourself as you, uh, as you get more skilled. Okay. And Richard B doesn't have any of this sort of nonsense. No, not a thing. It's all nonsense. <laughs> well, I thought so. Right, I think that's it. Isn't That'll it? do. Right, brilliant. Right, we'll do another one next month. Bye. 
Right, guys, it's been a brilliant show this month, and last month's was, you know, super, super well received. So I thank you for everybody who reached out and commented on the show. I've got a handful of comments here next year on Facebook. Another great episode, guys. Unfortunately, the main thing I've taken away from this is the thought of apple pie and milk. I'm actually really pleased with that, Nick. I'm actually, you know... I do query my culinary skills, but I'm really glad that you're taking that and you're actually putting some, you know, thought into it. But then he then puts, what is Richard thinking? I just don't get it. I'm now wondering if the milk was hot or cold. Nick, you are sick. Sick, I tell you. Who's going to have hot milk on pudding? Of course it's cold. And as it happens, I actually only had it the previous night on sticky toffee pudding. So then response saying, no, it just gets worse. This is a northern thing or it's just you. Um, I honestly thought I was the only person who had, you know, hot apple pie and, cust- uh, and milk. But I think it's either Craig Spivey or Christian Summer from GW Acrylic. Uh, one of those two were actually... Uh, posted on Facebook about a year ago now that they agreed uh, and they, they have it like that as well so yep I'm not the only one Jeff Tilly on Facebook regarding action figure face off poor Jason I looked on the Star Wars wiki and the only thing there is Warwick was created for Star Wars Episode 6 Return of the Jedi they were first identified through one of the variant covers for Star Wars 20 that's it nothing more poor Jason Clint Gardner's on Facebook, another great episode. It was a pleasure to hear John, Lavi and Brian's panel discussion again as it was hearing them live in Oakville. It was also nice to catch up with Jason for a few days. He has a quick picture of the show exclusive that he was discussing along with a few of the cardbacks and other custom figures that he mentioned. I'm glad those custom figures are now appearing all over Facebook. Amazing, amazing jobs. And then we've got Scott Bradley. Scott Bradley went all Scott Bradley on us. And so on Facebook, literally at the party, but a great episode, everyone. Great to meet Jason Smith in person. Interesting discussion on the kind of action figure I find. Richard Hutchinson saw Frank Muse. That 14 pack set was from Sears USA 1981. The catalogue number on the box 49591182. And action figure contents match perfectly. See here and scroll down to the catalogue number. And he points us to an SWCA article. You should contact Ron uh, at the Star Wars Collectors Archive and provide a photo of the set since they don't have a photo listed. The 9294216A pack was a JC Penny set. Keep up the great work. Um, awesome, Scott. Thank you for that. I sent all that information on to Paul Smith and uh, Tom um, so that they can tidy things up. Well, if anybody else would like to leave us any feedback, you can email swtvrpodcast at gmail.com or you can search for Vintage Rebellion on all social media platforms. Uh, don't forget, we are also on YouTube where Andy Spoons Norton has uploaded, I think it's been two, possibly even a third video since we last recorded. Um, so it's great to see them going. A huge thank you to everybody who went to the competition. I mean, we had a lot of entries towards the end. Uh, it seemed as though the competition was going on for quite a while, but I'm glad all our listeners pulled through. So the top five were picked were absolutely fantastic. So thanks for that. And as ever, a huge shout out to Nerd Matters, David Jackson, for his awesome interview with Pete. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. And certainly go and check out Nerd Matters, as you've heard in the interview. Well, guys, it's been another quite long show, but I think our listeners deserve it after the last, you know, it's been a good six, seven weeks since we last released an episode. Um, so hopefully we can get this turned around pretty quick, but it's been a wonderful show. I think we've covered a lot of different things. Star Wars toys, Star Wars in the community, Star Wars events, it just goes on and on. And this show shows no signs of stopping. So without much further waffle from me, it's goodbye from Pete. Uh, good night there. It's goodbye from Jason Smith. Goodbye, everyone, and I look forward to seeing some of your collectors uh, next May for Rogue Fun, uh, flying into Atlanta for that one, so I'm really looking forward to that. 
and it's sold out now. So um, yeah, should be good. See you later. So jealous of that one, Jason. I'm going to love to see the report back on that one. I've always said the New York annual was better than the celebration. It was awesome. It's a bye 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 from Andy Preston. Cheers, everybody. May the force be with you. And it's a tie your shoelaces up very tight, Andy Spoons Norton. Tie your shoelaces up? I don't know what you're going on about there. Uh, goodbye, everyone. I'm very tired. Andy Norton, make sure you get on Rebel Scum and read those D. Martin Myatt figure reviews. And it's a later, guys, from me. And remember, only you can decide with Star Wars toys. This podcast is not endorsed by Disney, Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or anybody who cares about the Star Wars franchise. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. All names and sounds of Star Wars are registered trademarks of Lucasfilm Limited and other associated copyright holders. All of the original content of this podcast are the intellectual property rights of the Vintage Rebellion. If you enjoyed this podcast, then feel free to email swtvrpodcast at gmail.com. If you don't enjoy this podcast, tough. Are Star Wars products going to have the durability of, say, that old favourite, the teddy bear? <coughs> echo 3 to Echo... Oh, I should have read the show notes. I'd have got it. I'd have got that early question, shouldn't I? The question I got wrong. What was Luke's call sign? Andy, if I had looked at the show notes, I'd have got that right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely got a, a, a yeah, because of the the cheesiness of the stickers. Goodness knows what is going on with Han Solo. Is he? He's had a few pies. He's, 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 a, he's a little bit porky. He's a little bit porky. Look at his face and his little tiny chicken legs. Yeah, he's got his uh, he's got he's got his hand on his hip. He's got his uh, his legs at a jaunty angle, legs spread a little bit. Hand behind Chewie. I'm wondering what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, he's on the uh, photos only chat, Richard. Yeah, okay. I'm reading. I thought I thought you put it. Um, I thought you put it on um, Skype chat. Yeah, so, I mean, there's some really odd. We'll look at the stickers, yeah. yeah like no, that. no, no, no. Like no, look at no, looking at the cup. Oh, the cup. cup. Oh, the stickers are far better. Yeah. Because unfortunately, they're not what Jason's talking about. Oh, though. crikey! Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just come up. Oh, yeah. That's that's too good, Jason. That's going to fail. I think Richard's not even going to vote for that. Ed, um, fortunately, park and ride was just around the corner, so into the car park. Tried to get the wheel off. And one of the nuts, I got four off, the fifth one stuck. Ah. I was jumping up and down on the wrench. Oh, God, it just would not move. So RAC out. Fortunately, he came within about 20 minutes. He couldn't get it off. Yeah. Well, he, well, he, he did eventually, but he, God, he had to fight with it. Um, and we put the spare on, and he's just finishing up. And he says, hang on a minute. He says, I think your valve on your spare is gone. So the spare is leaking air. So he says you can't drive on that. He says, get, well, he says you can, but you've got to go straight to a tyre place.
So phoned round, got somewhere that could do it immediately. Drove over there, had a look. He says, uh, oh, he said, you, your other front tyre's getting near the mark as well. Do you want us to do that as well? Okay, yeah, go on then. Then they had a devil of a job getting that tyre off. He said, uh, you need you need new um, wheel nuts all round. So that's to order. It's in there. It sounds expensive. It, he, they, they did a deal. They, they did it all for 350 which I thought was pretty good. And then they got it up on the ramp, got the new nuts on, and he said, uh, we've just checked your other tyres. He said, you've got a puncture in your back. <laughs> so it ended up being three tyres. You might have four tyres if you're having three tyres. Yeah, well, the, the, the two back ones were all right, but uh, they, they found a nail or something in one of the back ones. So that needed sorting. So uh, I'm supposed to be in work at half past eight. I actually eventually got in there at half past twelve. Fair shot. So Andy Preston, thoughts? Uh, sorry, Rich, I wasn't expecting you to come to me. Then. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's a nice, but uh, uh, somebody else <laughs> wasn't ready. Spoons. Uh I'm very similar to, to Randy. I wasn't really listening. This is going to be the best out here. It, look, it, looks, really, it looks really nice. Yeah, okay, lovely it looks really nice. Lovely TIE fighter. Um, no, I, I, um, I don't know, let's, uh, let's rewind. No, I, I don't see any issue adding those pieces together either. Um, you know, it, it, it looks good. They're not. You can't, can't be mistaken. Nice job. Pete? Yeah, Rich. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what's what's the context of this thing. Is that allowed? Right, you all there? Yes. Yep. So I've just done my adding, and I've got the wrong answer. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got <laughs> Amadala crisp packets. I've got or chip packets, as you call it. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Just endless food packaging today. I mean, all for hardly anything. I, hard, I don't think I even spent twenty pounds. Um, well, that's the way to do it. Well, basically, n- no offense, but you were buying garbage. Which, oh, you know, absolutely, you know, oh, it, uh, yeah, a, a chip package. You know, that's. But it's strange. You you let it like you know like in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when uh, when uh, Belloc said you know that with the watch you buried in the sand for a thousand years. So you take those crisp packets with Star Wars on them and you set them in a garage for. 20 years and all of a sudden they become uh, something they were, they yeah I mean they were almost worth a pound I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing they've, I think they've gone down in value in fact yeah. but, uh, but I tell you what they, I mean I got this it, it's like a multi-pack wrapper uh, so you'd have like 12 bags of crisps in there yeah, very sort of a, a big thing over here and ugh, the joy in my face when I found it yeah. I couldn't I, you know, oh my goodness he's, he, yeah, he's gonna what 20 quid no two pounds that's what we nice. came to it's like wow Wow, Jeez. that made oh my goodness, that made my day. I, I, I was, I think I was never going to find that. Ever. And now you have something to have with your lunch for the next oh week. Oh my word! Oh my word! If there's, if there was only crisps in there. Oh, they're in. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's episode one. Episode one yeah. crisps. So, you know, I think a twenty-year-old packet of crisps. Oh my goodness, it's longer than that, isn't it? Really? 